0: Joke
1: Tom and you're listening to sunglasses at night podcast the year is 2017 it sure is Uh, this is the podcast where
2: we look back at a year in musical history and social cultural stuff via the lens of the aria charts australian recording industry association charts and see what was at the top of the list uh, for in this case 2017.
1: 2017 correct only five years ago so mm. a lot of the material in this podcast it's <laughs> fresh in my mind we're able to say what's <laughs> aged well what hasn't aged as well yes. um you know it's sort of mm. when it's when it's you know i don't want to say that there'll be recency bias in in the sense that we're <laughs> going to treat these songs better than we otherwise would have because they're quite near because um as you find out, um, there's a few shitters on the list, Tom, that it yeah, wouldn't matter whether sure. we're doing this podcast this year or in <laughs> 10 years' time. We could safely, even if we had have done it in, you know, the minute after these songs came out, I think we could have safely yeah. said that they were, they were garbage and I would stand by that <laughs> to this very day. I think I might be suffering from the opposite, from recency bias, e.g.
2: that. <laughs> yeah. I think I... <laughs> felt a certain fondness for some of the weird shit from the 80s that I was listening to and you can forgive its yep. many problems by just going well it was 1987 what yep. did they know whereas stuff that came out five years
1: ago yeah I find myself thinking mm, there's but not a got... lot of excuses for this no 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 exactly but as you said Tom the word that you just said then weirdness in the 80s you did get the weirdness that, that broke through. Yeah. And now the algorithm seems to have stripped out the yeah. sort of, the, well, you know, the tails on the... At the number one spot. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. at the number one spot. Yeah, you're right. There's still people doing some weird stuff, but I think, I yeah. I know what
2: you mean. Looking, when we went through the 90s, I did find myself thinking, because yeah. I lived through that, I have very strong memories of that because I was very into music back then. Mm. And my main impression from looking back, other than just reminiscing, was thinking there was a lot more strange stuff than I remembered. There were a lot more just weird outliers and odd little musical things that were popular
1: that I'd completely forgotten about, you know. and Of course, of and course. And strange, the diversity yeah. of the charts where, mm. hey, it might be a rap song, might be a rock yeah. song, might, might, be, be, mm, might, mm, might mm, be the, the, the Crash Test Dust on it, might be Here's Johnny, we don't know. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, it's a rarity for us to talk about anything yeah. that's not sort of pop or trap pop or rap pop or... But look, the Eurodance Renaissance is coming in 2022. <laughs> yes, I hope that's look forward going to that. shake things up. So, what can you tell me? Uh, Just jog my memory about 2017. Sure. Is there anything that you can tell me, Tom? Just to paint a picture of what was going on in the greater world around sure. us. All
2: right. Well, yeah, in the greater world. Uh, a lot of things happened in 2017, which, uh, disturbing in themselves, set the stage for even more depressing things to immediately follow that we weren't aware of right at the time, like it being the hottest year on record again, Ah. Mugabe getting hounded from office, the UK picking up a divorce bill of €50 billion, neo-fascist murder rallies in America, mass shootings at rock concerts, Harvey Weinstein accusations, etc., etc. Yep. On the plus side... Warren Beatty read out the wrong best picture Oscar. winner, <laughs> was good. Creating a truly Zoolander-esque moment that would only be bettered five years later when Will Smith showed up with a hangover and a extremely sandy vagina.
1: Now, what... At the time, did they say, oh, shit, That the people that keep the envelopes, KPMG <laughs> or whoever the fuck it was, is like, oh, they just mixed it up, they gave us the wrong envelope? Was that the... That was what they were running with, or...? Uh, no, I... Oh, can't I remember. It was something think. like that. We got the wrong envelope or, we, or they wrote the wrong thing in the envelope. We just fucked it up. They blamed each other initially. Yep. yep. But um, that's actually a good question. Oh, look, it doesn't matter now. All that matters is that someone got up on stage and they had to tell them to fuck <laughs> off right back to where they came from.
2: Yeah. All right. I'm
1: curious. No, look, it's sort uh, of... Um, that was definitely a weird moment, something I hadn't seen before. But is it... Uh, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but... Are oh, we sort of getting to the point where the Oscars need something crazy to people for people to even remember that they're on or exist or relevant? Because last year, I couldn't tell you what the best picture was, but everyone knows that Will Smith got <laughs> up and true. slapped Chris Rock. And it was the same situation with this. It's like, oh, what actually was the best picture? I can't remember, but what? I remember they wrote, read out the wrong one. Yeah, so. he... The Beattie claimed that
2: the card he'd been given did say Emma Stone, La La Land, so either he was handed the wrong card or it was the fault of the KPMG okay. thing. So they were trying to pass but it off on f- each other. For years and years and years, there was a uh, rumour that uh, Marissa Tomei had accidentally been awarded Best Actress for My Cousin Vinny by a fairly pissed looking Jack Nicholson and people had said because she was up against some like Meryl Streep and stuff that year I can't remember the details, but, you know, much more lauded actresses. And that was kind of a weird... That was like a comedy role. They don't usually win Oscars and stuff. And also, what was Jack Nicholson being? Jack Nicholson, people just thought, oh, he read the wrong thing out, then nobody wanted to correct him, so they just gave it to him. Okay. But I don't think that was true. It was just one of those things. I didn't think I would ever actually see the real thing taking place.
1: Absolutely, but it has, Especially
2: with this sort of you know it's everything's all different. I think it right happened
1: there. again this year Tom because um, I believe that um, at the Arias uh, Tones and I won a song for <laughs> best song of the year which had to have been a mistake there's absolutely no way yeah. that that could have been the best song of any year but um, so yeah sorry
2: oh you're right. Um, what else uh the acceptable face of blackface, Kendall Jenner, started a Pepsi ad mm. set at a Black Lives Matter rally, and it turned out that there are still some areas of the cultural psyche that millennials would prefer remain uncolonized by multinational conglomerates, uh, so people got fairly annoyed about that, and yeah. the ad got <laughs> cancelled. <laughs> uh, Beyonce had twins, and oh. then immediately started rehearsing for her Coachella appearance. Good. Quote, in the beginning, it was so many muscle spasms and just internally, my body was not connected. My mind was not there. My mind wanted to be with my children. What people don't see is the sacrifice. Yep. Uh, now, I think people do see the sacrifice. They're more interested in the questions, why the fuck wouldn't you just wait a year before you did Coachella Yeah, Coachella's
1: on every year, to the best of my <laughs> knowledge, Tom. So yes. you could just say, I'm having... Twins, I'll just do it mm. the year after. If your uh, body's screaming at you,
2: uh, lie down, stop doing crunches and hang out with your fucking babies that you just gave birth to, maybe you should do that yeah. instead of going on a crash everything diet for six months and taking mystery diet pills yep. that rich people seem to be able to get down
1: the corner shop. I don't know, Tom, but I don't assume that her and Jay-Z are desperate for the cash. <laughs> I, I think they probably have the bills covered. Um, so I'm not... It's like, got to do this Coachella thing. We've got a mortgage yeah, payment next week. Like- Beyonce's not the kind of artist
2: you know the kind of up and coming tones and i style, style artist, where your agent might be going, look, if this you take is gonna, a year yeah. off, you're gonna go off the boil yeah, and exactly. everyone's gonna forget you Yeah, exactly. It's fucking Beyonce. Yep. you know that actually happens later on this year too. There's a, but yep. I'll, yeah, good we'll talk about that. with you. oh, and one last good bit of news. Uh, Andrew WK finally won back the rights to release music under his own name. Oh, good. Which is uh, Andrew Winifred Krampus.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he lose it in the first place? Was it? I own- don't know. Owned by some other manager.
2: I'm not entirely... I don't know the whole story, but we've discussed this before, oh, it's, remember? It's a he, wild story, he yep. lost He lost the rights to his own name somehow yep. through some patent troll-type thing. I remember he, my brother bought tickets to see him in Perth about... Yep. That would have been about 2012? Okay. 2010. Yep. And he came to Australia, and then when he arrived, when he landed, he wasn't allowed to perform. Okay. So he just... Showed up at bars and you know hang out with people and stuff. He wasn't able to perform. just as sick
1: as sort of. Um, oh yeah, totally. How it, you would? Yeah. You know. Oh, you wouldn't turn that down for sure. But that's that's pretty odd. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I guess yeah, that sort of probably feeds back into the stories that you know is is fake. And, you know, yeah. other people own his, you know, the yeah. image is owned by someone else and he's a paid actor to do it. I so think he, you're yeah. right. I so think it's all, I mean, that that's weakness. why, that's how these stories start because of all these very probably complicated legal <laughs> arrangements that he has with like, you know, songwriters or co-writers or various other yeah. things like that. So it's like, well, you can't perform because you don't own certain rights or whatever. But...
2: But yeah, look. that's true. Maybe it wasn't anything to do with his specific name, and maybe it was just a record company thing. Man, Some I should bullshit. have that up. Oh, look, it's all good. Don't uh, worry look, about yeah, it. biggest movies of the year globally yep. were uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The yep. Last Jedi, Beauty and the Beast, The Fate of the Furious, mm. Despicable Me Three.
0: Uh, my <laughs> personal
2: favorite, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Yep. Spider-Man: colon, Homecoming. Yep. Wolf Warrior Two. That's a Chinese action movie.
3: Okay. okay.
2: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Thor. Colon, Ragnarok. And Wonder Woman.
1: <laughs> so that's, uh, that's
2: almost, Is that all
1: sequels? Or? It's
2: seven sequels, seven. two remakes, and a film about a bondage fantasy superheroine from 1941 yep. who was already in a TV show yeah, 40 yep. years
1: ago. Fair enough. Look, Tom... Yeah, look,
2: on the bright side, yep. one thing, uh, Jumanji colon Welcome to the Jungle yep. did at least feature the song... Welcome to the Did Jungle it. on the soundtrack. Fantastic. Which marked it for mine above the 2008 The Rock slash Stifler <laughs> vehicle Welcome to the Jungle, aka The Rundown, which doesn't. No, no. The 2013 Van Damme slash Adam Broody vehicle Welcome to the Jungle, oh. which doesn't either. The 2020 Catherine Deneuve vehicle, Welcome to the Jungle, which doesn't either. And the 2007 absolutely no one vehicle, Welcome to the Jungle, a horror movie so low budget that they might as well have used the fucking original song because nobody would ever have noticed the
1: suit. because the whole budget of the film is probably a hundred bucks. Definitely. Yeah quite a common title for a film it's, I'm glad that they did use it because I remember seeing um, the Rock Stifler vehicle Welcome to the Jungle <laughs> I quite and enjoyed that. yeah I didn't mind it to be honest um, Christopher Walken gives low expectations of his... and, yeah. and it exceeded them And but yeah it didn't feature Welcome to the Jungle now
2: what a wasted opportunity yeah it
1: is Look, we, we do shit on Hollywood a bit when we talk about these films um, the biggest films of the year because they are often sequels mm. or superhero or whatever but I think you know, occasionally there's a diamond in the rough, and for me, 2017 did demonstrate that Hollywood does have some original ideas sometimes. Oh, okay. They are prepared to think outside the box. They are prepared to take risks and do some things that you might not expect, because um, certainly one of the better films that I've seen in recent years did come out in 2017, one that did sort of break all of those expectations of what you might expect from Hollywood. And, of course, I'm referring to the Emoji film, Tom, <laughs> which... Um, Mm. really took the idea of what if we took (laughs) emojis from a phone, um, because you know how people are too lazy to write these days and Mm. and the English language is out the fucking window, so instead of typing to someone how you feel about something, you just do like a thumbs up or a crying face or some horse shit like that. (laughs) Um, Well, what if you took those... And turn them into a feature length God. Hollywood film. That um, fucking
2: Lego movie's got
1: a lot to answer. It for. does. It does. If so, that had
2: just been the pile of shit that everyone assumed that it would be, then and yes. failed, then none of this would have happened. But finally.
1: yeah, definitely. I was I was in a car um, in Launceston uh, a couple of years ago, probably with my mum. I think. Going to visit her, and she said, you want to watch your film tonight? And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And she said, I've got the emo- emoji movie on DVD. I just jumped out the window. Um, so I've not seen it, Tom. Yeah, but...
2: I think it, you weren't the only one. I think most of the audiences jumped out the t- yeah. exit door oh, exactly. halfway through the film, and then the rest of the, you know, after the post-theatre sales jumped out the window after the star, TJ Miller, was revealed to be something of an abusive piece Yeah, shit that's true. Didn't well. help
1: either. But they're coming out with new emojis every year, Tom, so there is a sequel potentially somewhere mm. down the line, I guess, as we get the more emojis, so um, can't wait for that. Now, song time? Yeah, good? let's get on with it. Fantastic. All right, so Tom, 2017, first two weeks of the year, more of Rockaby mm. as we talked about Clean last Bandit. time with Clean Bandit. Yeah. Got anything else you want to say about this? Uh,
2: just to reiterate, in case anyone didn't hear last time, this is not Lullaby by Sean no, Rollins, no. which features the word "rockaby" in it 23 yep. times. Yep. This is the one about pole dancing in a forest next to a pub where your kid plays Call of Duty at home with the babysitter. Correct, yeah, yeah. That was uh, the searing social indictment. Yeah, exactly. The song Rockabye. Yep,
1: and it does feature that sort of uh, all rockabye, rocka, 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 like off brown, shaggy it rockabye, goes. which I do enjoy very, very much. But um, It's a real what you would call a dog's yep. breakfast. Absolutely. So <laughs> two weeks of that, but then um, Rockabye by Clean Bandit could have been number one for maybe another month or two months, mm. as is the strength of yes. that song. I think it's a very high-caliber song. Could have been number one for probably almost the whole year, I would predict, given how good it is. But it couldn't be because something came along, Tom, that, that sort of mm. knocked it off its perch. Uh, and I'm, of course, referring to Ed Sheeran, The Shape of You, Tom, oh, which uh, 15, was weeks. <laughs> 15 weeks, um, yeah. which for those that are counting is more than one quarter of a calendar year. Mm. Um, it's It's a significant period of time. And this was the, the song that the Australian public streamed into oblivion, let's face yeah. it. They just couldn't get enough of it. Um, 15 weeks is far too long. It topped the charts in 34 countries. Wow. Wow probably doesn't surprise you, and 15 weeks, um, look, congratulations to Ed Sheeran, (laughs) it is a record, it is an ARIA charts record, knocking Coolio's Gangster's Paradise, which stood atop the ARIA listening sort of charts Mm -hmm. as the longest period of time for 13 weeks back in 1995. So, a couple of questions out of this, one, will Ed be able to hold this record until 2035? Shaggy, um, you know, he had a couple of big runs with, you know, it wasn't me and that sort of mm-hmm. shit. But he couldn't, could never beat, you know, no matter no. how long Shaggy had, or probably the <laughs> Black Eyed Peas had some bullshit. None of those guys could get close to uh, Coolio, who had a, a full twenty years. Can Ed do the same?
0: Well, can Can he
1: last for twenty years? I was uh, secretly hoping for
2: some sort of drive-by Ed Sheeran Coolio beef that yeah. might lead to, you know. Uh, you know, something I don't want to say, you know, getting shot in the street, no, but no. you know, I don't want to not say it. Unfortunately then I remembered that Coolio's already passed away. He has passed and away. So yep. yeah, Unfortunately. the likelihoods of him drive buying Edge here and yeah and you know, and even then that would he would still have to release a better song. I'm sure he could do a twenty twenty four he could have done a twenty-four re- remix oh, of Gangster's Paradox. Exactly
1: paradise. right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so no, no, I probably right. shouldn't
2: be adv- advocating the murder of it. No, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't, be. you but, shouldn't uh, be. But no, I reckon. I think the way things move, that much more quickly these He's days. He's probably not going
1: to last twenty years I, for the record. I'm yep, I think he probably. And not. also, do you think that somehow this song was responsible for Coolio's death? I don't know how Do you think? Ugh. Coolio <sighs> said Wouldn't he woke. Me. Coolio woke up every morning and said. I've got the longest running number one song on the ARIA charts. <laughs> that sure. gets me through the day. I'm feeling mm. good about that. And then once he'd lost that, he'd lost the will to live. Yeah. In many ways. I mean,
2: it's possible.
1: I... I mean, can we blame Australia
2: for making this song so popular? Yeah, no, we, can. we oh, can't. We can't? <laughs> not, not in this instance, because this song was a global phenomenon, oh, yeah. provided that we also define COVID-19, Ebola and World War Two as phenomena phenomenon no, we do, yeah, that exactly. occurred globally. Yep. As of August 2017, it set a new musical record for staying in the Billboard Top 10 for 33 weeks. Oh, Jesus. And yet spineless politicians refused to shut down the country
1: in order to deal with the problem, Ben. I can't believe Blaming it. The bloody I can't Brigade believe it. Yeah, personally. I mean what you know what they do in Iran? They just pull the plug on the internet, Tom. They just say yeah. What's that? You you're talking shit on the government on Twitter? We'll just shut down the whole internet. And yeah. that's what the Australian government should be doing. That's they right. They should say 12 weeks at number one, Ed, that's too much. Let's just yes. shut down the internet, shut down Spotify, shut it all that's down. Right. Um, if you want to listen to that, you're going to have to go to Brashes and buy the CD single. Of course, no one has done that, and then we don't have to listen to it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I like those countries that just go yes. internet down. We're pulling well, it down.
2: I spent two years in lockdown for a good cause. I would yep. have, you know, they couldn't, while I was doing that, they could have at least, you know, taken Spotify offline to prevent... 12 year olds oh, From making this The most
1: popular song Of No the doubt time. No doubt Yeah <laughs> So on 2nd of December Sorry 22nd of December 2001 So roughly A year ago From mm-hmm. where we were today Tom um, Ed announced That Shape of You Had become the first song To reach 3 billion streams On Spotify mm. And this song uh, is currently the most streamed song on the platform. Yeah. I so see. that was a year ago. It might be, I don't know, it might be up to 4 billion by now. I'm not sure. But yeah. all I know is that um, out of any song that has ever been released in the history of time, this song, The Shape <laughs> of You by Ed Sheeran, is the most streamed on the Spotify platform. So sure. Now, this raises a few issues. <laughs> Number <sure> one. <laughs> Firstly, we've talked about this before. How many of these streams are active? Do you think? Do you think people yeah. go, I need to listen to the shape of you and putting it on. Um, you know, or is it just people that you know putting on the playlist and it comes on? I think there's been a bit of debate recently whether you know, the, there should be a difference in how streams are counted. Yeah. So, i.e., if you've got a free Spotify account, should that be equal weight to a paid account? Yes. Should an active stream where someone goes and types in the artist or song and presses play, yeah. should that have the same weight as a song that's just added to a playlist that no one really yeah. cares about?
2: And who even knows who's making the playlists? Like, yeah. the playlist could be just randomly
1: generated by
2: the algorithm in Spotify exactly. to create, you know, the listener-targeted, Playlists and shit
1: like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I don't know whether... Yeah, it should be given equal weight if I'm... Because sometimes, you know, I might be listening to, say, the 24-7 hit Slave to the Music, Tom. (laughs) um, And then they might say, hey, if you love the 24-7 hit Slave to the Music, um, by that time, Captain Hollywood had left the group, Tom, as you're aware, (laughs) but we do love that. You know, they might say if you love that, you'll also love Ed Sheeran in the shape of you and they'll just play that and it's like I don't love, you know, I love 24/7 so the music but I mm. don't love that. No. So, but then it's another stream that's added to Ed's account because yeah. the algorithm have said these two things are loosely pop music on your way. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, it creates other problems as well, such as what Well, I remember reading someone recently um, saying that, and, and I think this is a very fair point and something that, you know, after reading this, I, I sort of took to heart because I went, it could happen to anyone. I did read someone saying that their worst nightmare is um, listening to a song on Spotify, say the new Beyonce Eurodance track in the car. And then the algorithm, the Spotify algorithm, suggests you know Ed Sheeran mm-hmm. because they're, they're both, as we mentioned, loosely under that pop umbrella. Yeah. So then they're in a fatal car accident. Their mum gets hold of their phone and sees that the last song they were listening to before they died was Ed Sheeran, and they end up getting buried to the shape of you. Oh, God. Now, and of course, the ultimate tragedy is that they were in the accident because they...
2: We to to took both the, hands off the
1: wheel to, to try, try and, and stop. And Rip yep. the stereo out of the dashboard in order to. And that's fair enough. <sighs> yeah. And that the person that, that wrote about that, I said, yeah, that that's ac- absolutely right. What that's if your sure. parents just go? He was listening to Ed when he dies. Let's make sure we <laughs> throw that on the funeral playlist, and then the next thing you know. I That's mean, what happens, I and totally no one wants agree. that. So, Look, uh, Ben, you're the musical expert
2: here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what is it exactly that makes this fucking song so successful? I mean, we know Tropical House and Hall were having a moment at yep. this point, as we talked about quite a lot last year, mm-hmm. uh, supporting not just actual Caribbeans, but also a bunch of vampire-coloured dorks like Ed Sheeran, Mo and whatever the fuck are Clean clean is. Yep. But is this enough to explain fucking seventy five percent of the Earth's population watching the video?
1: Yeah, look it's it's a fair point, Tom. Um, I guess what makes it so popular, A, um, is that interpolates TLC's no scrubs. Mm, so Well, if you have to rip off something I can think of <laughs> I can think of uh, worse things to rip off. So, um, interpolates is an interesting word because um, when you listen to this song, there's a bit in the chorus where he says, uh, you know, um,
3: I don't want your
1: And it's got the same phrasing yeah. as TLC's No Scrubs. But to say that it borrows from it at all is very, mm. very loose. But Ed gave them songwriting credits. So I'm at yeah. least happy to know that the large sums of cash that were derived from this song some of it went yeah. to the people that wrote No Scrubs, which is a superior song no, I mean,
2: I'm not rushing to defend Ed Sheeran, no. but I do think, as we have previously mentioned, almost every time he's got a big hit, someone comes out of the woodwork and says, that sounds a bit like my song. So either he's the world's most successful musical plagiarist, yep. or, as he himself said, when he had that first... When the first time it happened, he settled out of court... And he said, I was young, and I didn't know what I was doing, and looking back, I wish I hadn't done that, yeah, because yeah. now... Everyone comes for me. It's fucking open season, and they all think they're going to get a taste, so it just keeps happening. Yep. And if you... Stretching the term interpolation, as we've mentioned, you can it can just uh, justify just about anything. Oh, absolutely. And you might not get anything, but if the jury's in a weird mood that day, you might get $100 million, you know, so that's worth a bit of a
1: gamble. Yeah." Yep. Yeah. yeah, look, the song itself though, what makes it so popular is it because it it sounds like it's using like a weird instrument in there, like it sounds like a xylophone or some shit like that. Do people love that? The song itself, it's pretty. It's just kind of bland. Like yeah, it's just sort of. It's sort of vaguely catchy, not hor- but it's yeah. it's no more catchy than you know the rest of the
2: songs yeah. this year. I to think. say
1: the song is bad is not um, something that I would suggest. I, is just, I mean, it's I I just don't see. Bland, boring.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see what puts this above any of his other songs, you no. know, for instance. Like, they that sort of, sort of you know, kind of acoustic, uh, what's it called, syncopated acoustic kind yeah. of percussive thing and dodgy white boy raps and stuff, you know. I mean, that's that's half of his songs sound like that. That one he did with Pharrell, Pharrell mm-hmm. the first number one he had on the Arias, that was, I thought that was... Similar sounding to this, but I thought it was vaguely better than this. But absolutely, you know, but somehow this becomes the most successful song in the world. You know. So what uh, makes uh, it so man.
1: successful? I guess it's hard to know. I can't really put my finger. It's, uh, on it. it's not
2: even a particular like like we said. It's dance hall, which is a popular style at the time. But it's not like dance hall took over the whole world.
1: No, no, no. You know. I, yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Look. um... I never need to hear this song ever again for the rest of my life. I haven't even heard it that much, but the amount um, that I have heard it is... Yeah, (laughs) and speaking of songs I never Mm. have to hear for the rest (laughs) of my life, um, this song, The Shape of You, is off his album Divide. You Mm. may have noticed that his album's follow a. I think one's called Plus, one's called Minus, one's called Multiply, so I'm not sure what's gonna he's gone through maybe <laughs> long you know sort of um, square root or something like that for, he's done know. it
2: once and then the next time he's thought what am I gonna call my next album and then he, yeah. and the bulb has gone off over his head yeah
1: so he, he must he's probably run equals I guess is he done yeah. that yet yeah, I'm not sure oh, but he's look. run out of mathematical symbols now yeah. so we'll be moving on to emojis yeah uh, I, hope so, so. I hope so definitely <laughs> But, um, so, yeah, this is off Divide. Also off the album Divide, Tom, um, is the total dog shit Galway you Familiar with that song?
2: I am not,
1: no. Well, you may recall several episodes ago, we spoke of uh, Bewitched and their classic hit <laughs> Roller Coaster. Oh, yes. Um, Bewitched are from Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. And just to let the audience know, Roller Coaster featured a real shit fiddle section about two-thirds <laughs> of the way through. Do yes. you remember that?
2: They were part of the extremely short-lived... Uh, Electro country yeah,
1: yeah nightclub
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. revolution that yeah the, uh,
1: they're borrowing from um, them
2: Cotton Eye Joe yeah, yeah. look you know it was all yep. go for about six months yeah then.
1: they've yeah they were borrowing from rednecks but moving in a unique Irish direction so anyway mm. so that Bewitched song has that sort of oh hey where and if just in case you didn't know where from Ireland here's a little yeah. shit did a little little Two thirds of the way through. So this, so Galway Girl, the song that Ed Sheeran released, um, is that shit fiddle section from uh, Bewitched Roller Coaster stretched out over three minutes, complete with almost every Irish cliche you could think of thrown in for good measure. It's fucking awful. (laughs) Um, And just to really ram that home, everyone from the record label um, to the people involved in the song's production... Friends, family, didn't matter who it was Everyone were like This sucks, total dog shit mm. But Ed, because of the power that he has Insists on including it on the album <laughs> um, And releasing it as a single And you know, he's a visionary really He had this to say uh, Quote, they were really, really against Galway Girl Because apparently folk music isn't cool But there's 400 million people in the world That say they're Irish Even if they're not You meet them in America all the time. I'm quarter Irish, and I'm from um, Donegal, and those type of people are going to fucking love it. My argument was always, well, the cause sold 20 million records. The label (laughs) would say, oh, the cause, that was years ago. But who's tried it since the cause? There's a huge gap in the market, and I promise you, in two years' time there'll be a big folk band that comes up that's pop and that'll happen as a result of labels being like, oh <laughs> shit, we can put a fiddle and a pipe on it and then we can try it as well. So what Ed said is that um, no one likes it, but because the cores were popular mm. and he said, in, he said, quote, in two years' time, there'll be some big folk band that does that. He was wrong. There's no fucking... It's five years later and no one's come along with a fiddle and has torn the world up, but... Um, Is he right, though? Will people in Irish pubs be singing his Galway Girl song every year on St Paddy's Day until the end of time? Was there a gap in the market, as Ed said, and has he filled it with a great song?
2: Well, I mean, you could say there's always going to be an appetite, especially in America, for tacky Irish shite. Oh, no doubt. Uh, But whether I... I'm pretty sure that Gap's got quite a lot of stuff currently rammed into oh, it. Oh yeah. It's, it's full. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, I guess you can only go with numbers. Do you have any idea how successful Galway Girl actually was? Oh, it
1: it made it. It was a top 10 single in Australia. Yeah, um didn't Galway make it to Galway. number 1, but uh the, I think it it's just horrific and the fact that um he was like yeah, I just think that you know, <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day, people get pissed and want to hear this song. I don't know, I don't know, but it's, it's abysmal. It's, um, don't listen to it, just pretend it doesn't exist. It's one of sure. the worst songs I've heard this decade. It, it sounds Putting terrible. It there. So look, um, Ed Sheeran had the name of the song Inked on His Arm. Galway Girl. Yep, <laughs> but yeah. um, only realising afterwards that the tattoo had a typo in it, Tom. So speaking at a show in Glasgow, Sheeran explained that the misspelling was a result of a prank by an Irish actress whom he'd shot the track's music video with. Oh, okay. So this is the quote. We were filming it, and I was meant to get a tattoo of her handwriting saying Galway Girl. It actually says Galway Grill, like full on. She really took the piss out of me with that one. It actually says Galway Grill, G-R-I-L-L. I'm actually kind of proud of her. It's the kind of thing that I would do. So, he's got a tattoo of Galway Grill on there because the girl that he did the music video mm. with wrote that in the music yes. video right that he she got the tattoo. wrote of it in English, though. Yep. She did. She, yeah, she so, did. So, really, the main problem was
2: not reading.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but, here, but here's a twist, Tom. Oh, okay. Here's a twist. Good. Um, Sheeran later admitted that that story wasn't true. So, he's told a story about how he's got Galway Grill tattooed on him because the actress in the music video... Um, wrote it wrong on his arm and then he got it tattooed. Ugh. And he told that story and everyone went, isn't that funny? And then he came out later and went, I actually just made that up. So it's not true. <laughs> so he got it a was planned tattoo. It was plan- No, it's a real tattoo. It was planned for the Galway Girl video. She didn't play the prank on me. She was meant to write Galway Girl. And then I was like, it's going to be funny if you write something different. So she came up with Galway Grill. I think it's funnier to just say that she fucked the tattoo up but it isn't Mm. actually the story
2: well I think that story really demonstrates that Ed's grasp of uh, comedy sense of humour is
1: lacking it's every bit as good as his sense of music but there's a couple of things wrong with that Tom A is it funny to begin with and two if you do tell the story about the Galway Grill about her doing it wrong and everyone goes ha 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 what you gotta do is you don't tell the truth <laughs> the next week because then it ruins this shitty fake story that you've told. You can't so just keep explaining things by going, oh, it was funny. That, and Especially and it's not
0: fake, And then
1: that was true. <laughs> so look, I don't know. One more thing about Galway Girl. Ed said this, it's a love it or hate it song and many hate it. I've never put out a song before that's polarised so many people. People really, really hate it. No shit like I do. Mm. It offends them that the song exists, but I do think, quote... In five or ten years, those same people will be dancing to it, drunk at the bar.
0: Mm. So
1: it's five years later, time, and no one's doing it. Let's no. wait. Te- let's wait five more. Let's wait <laughs> ten years, two thousand twenty-seven, and see where the Galway girl. Maybe it'll it'll go viral on TikTok. Who knows? Maybe it'll hit the the real top of the charts. So, so, what did they think of that song in Ireland? I don't think anyone liked it anyway. I think it was <laughs> universally panned as just being total dog shit. So yeah. Anyway, okay. anyway.
2: Yeah, look, it seems like uh, what Eddie's doing there is deliberately confusing uh, divisiveness uh, with the lowest common denominator. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The internet has conclusively proven a theory as old as human languages, e.g. that at any point X percent of people are fuckwits who like dumb stuff. I mean, Domino's isn't massively popular despite torturing animals and giving you cancer because it's a challenging culinary experiment. (laughs) It's massively popular because a lot of people are thick and or slumming it and or had their sense of taste removed in a workplace accident, much like Ed Sheeran. (laughs) I mean, speaking of, the the music video for this, uh, as you said, I decided not to risk having an aneurysm halfway through and leaving my mum to discover... The song at the top of my browser list, yep. uh, instead of hardcore scat porn, was Ed Sheeran. Yep. So rather than adding my name to the six billion long list who've already watched it, I chose to sample some of the hundreds of videos inspired by it oh, instead. Oh, uh, So yeah, first I tried Shapes of You by the University of Queensland Law Review. Uh, people assume law students are as funny as witness testimony in the Cosby trial... <laughs> But let's remember that some of Australia's best comedians began as law students. Sean McAuliffe, the D-Gen, Ben Gillies, the drummer from Silverchair, etc. Here, the comedy geniuses of tomorrow have come up with a video about shoving a chick onto the floor at a party so that you can get much closer to a box of barbecue shapes instead. Uh, Hence Ah. the shapes of you. I'd give that one a 3 out of 10, or adjusted for uni review standards, a 9.5. Uh, next up was Indian Shape of You, exclamation mark, by Prims. Uh, in a Shyamalan-esque twist, this is a comedy routine by an Indian which is about his mum's cooking, especially that it's not very good and his auntie's is better, for which he's racked by guilt Ben, uh, It's filmed in portrait mode, but on the other hand, it's eight times shorter than the uni review song, so I'm giving it five sacrilegious garlic naans out of ten. Lovely. And lastly, I sampled a little number called Shape of You Bracket Gay Parody End Bracket by (laughs) D-Maintain. If I was in a 2010 Apatow movie, I'd say that Ed Sheeran's entire career is already a gay parody, but thankfully that would never occur to me these days. Uh, In case you don't know, D-Maintain, he has 71 videos up on his channel. Good. And every single one of them is a, quote, gay parody of a song, mostly hip-hop including several by a Lil Nas X who is openly gay already. I honestly can't tell if D-Maintain is an out gay dude who can't rap with an incredibly shit sense of humour or a closeted, self-hating gay dude who can't rap with an incredibly shit sense of humour. But his frequent pejorative use of the word faggot and regular linking of gayness with pedophilia suggests the latter. (laughs) I'd give it one out of ten Siemens, I think. Frankly, Ben, it was only a minor improvement on the original song, (laughs) really, if I'm honest. Did did you watch the official video for this? Yeah. What happens? Does he give away whose
1: cans he's talking about? It's not Gigi Hadid again, is it? No, it's not. I don't know. I don't know who... I don't know who the chick is in the music video but he's um, I'm not going to say it's inspired by Rocky because that would be unkind <laughs> but he's a Ed's a boxer he's doing oh, some oh sure yes so he's got his shirt sure. off that's he's, he's what I fully, think of when I look at Ed Sheeran yeah um, eh? for the blandness of his music he's got a lot of tattoos so um, he's, he's full fully inked all over he's doing some box shadow sure. boxing doing a bit of stuff um, look the, you know the song I guess itself is just basically about a guy being in love with the shape of a person um I don't know whether that means he's in love with them themselves or just the cans um (laughs) so I think in the video he just hangs out with a chick between sort of real dog shit boxing segments um That's about it. It's about as exciting as the song itself, really.
2: Despite that, Shape of You is also the uh, second most played YouTube pop video of all time. Yeah. After Despacito. And the fourth most played YouTube video of all time completely after Baby Shark and Johnny, Johnny Yes Papa by Lulu Kids. Both (laughs) of which are obviously
1: targeted at a more mature audience. Yeah, yeah. Look, um... The last thing I want to say about this song, Tom, um, is when Ed had this to say. He said, I want people to have an opinion, even if it's their opinion that hurts me. I get called beige a lot. It certainly does. (laughs) Um, Because his music's fucking boring. Mm. But I can't be beige if my music's splitting this much fucking opinion. Yeah. Now ed's right i guess in a way you can't really be considered bland if you are splitting opinions so the best way to stop being bland and beige so to speak is either do something really really good or you can do something fucking atrocious Mm -hmm. and ed sheeran has chosen the low road and released galway girl a song that is so fucking bad that people went you know what He's split an opinion. He can't mm. be mediocre. So, yeah. kudos to him because...
0: <laughs> As I said,
1: once again,
2: he seems to be confusing, uh, you know, fucking... To <laughs> divisiveness. <what's>, molecular, <laughs> molecular gastronomy that, you know, look, I put an ice cube on top of an orange, deep froze the whole thing, yep. and then, you know... Now, rolling it towards you—it's a bold culinary experiment. that's going to divide opinion. Yep. And here's some tepid room temperature KFC that's been sitting on a bench for six hours. Yep. You know that one of those things is an experiment. Yeah. The other one's just lowest common denominator. And if you don't eat it, then the cat will eat it. Then, for sure. Yeah, that's not the same thing. Exactly. exactly beige, right. beige isn't interesting because some people like it and some people don't no, like it. There's yeah. just
1: generally no one gives a shit. So, look, um, I don't have anything more to say about this. What about the sublime lyrical uh, content look, of this track?
2: I'm not going to tell you the six people responsible for this because, much like suicide on the news, I don't want to encourage copycat incidents. No. Been. No. No. Uh, this was originally written for Rihanna. Which might explain the pseudo-tropical vibe to the sort of beat, but then they decided that it sounded more like something Ed Sheeran would talk about. Okay. E.g., one week in, we let the story begin. We're going out on our first date. You and me are thrifty, so go all you can eat. Fill up your bag and I fill up a plate. We talk for hours and hours about the sweet and the sour and how your family is doing Okay. Uh, I signed off at the third line where Ed takes his first date to an all-you-can-eat Chinese restaurant to save money, then pours half the Bainbury into his cargo pants (laughs) and spends (laughs) a minimum of four hours, at his own estimation, talking about the relative merits of sweet and sour pork versus black bean sauce. So it's probably a good thing he didn't play this to Rihanna, or he would have copped MSG
1: poisoning via a chopstick to each gonad, I think. Yeah. That's, um, I didn't realize um, I hadn't delved so deeply into the lyrics to realize <laughs> what it was really about. Um, but it's interesting Tom, because um, you may be familiar with a former Hobart eating establishment known as the China Diner. Um, <laughs> no, no. which was an all you could eat, top shelf an all-you could-eat Chinese restaurant um, located in Moona. Um, Mm, mood has mm. been completely gentrified now it's where the cool kids hang out the china diner doesn't exist any longer but it did um back when i was a university student all you could eat for i think it was like eight dollars the price (laughs) it was way too low (laughs) to the point that i no one i knew ever went there and then one day we just went fuck it let's all go to the china diner because why not this won't last forever, let's go check it out. Mm-hmm. Showed up to the China Diner, paid the 8 bucks, um, got the $8 worth of food, I dare say, but there was a guy there who was eating dinner for one alone at the China Diner, mm-hmm. and when he left, I saw him fill up the pockets on his cargo pants with sweet and sour <laughs> pork, much like Ed Sheeran's date in this song, Tom. They were bulging, and he left the restaurant... And then we left about 10 minutes later, drove down the street (laughs) past him on Main Road Muda. He was walking down there just popping sweet and sour pork (laughs) like it was popcorn straight out of the old cargo pant.
2: Was he... Instead of leaving a, tra- a trail,
3: it was down like
1: the yeah, it was like a sort of Hansel and Gretel situation, <laughs> Tom. To find your way back to the China Diner, you just follow the the crumbs of sweet and sour pork. But it sounds like a man who appreciates yeah. value. Ben. So I have a feeling that maybe a young Ed Sheeran was also dining with us <laughs> on that day, and he witnessed that and said, "I'm going to get the old all you can eat Chinese restaurant sweet and sour pork." experience that i saw into a number one song and he's done just that so i'm glad that um (laughs) every time i listen to this song from now on i'll think about that china Diner experience
2: what was that expression we used last week that uh was uh code for what it was got got getting wires crossed or something when uh it was when people offer a song to an artist and then when they're telling the anecdote they make it sound like it was a viable prospect, but they just couldn't make it work because <laughs> yeah. of like scheduling or something. <laughs> it, was, it was like scheduling
1: issues or <laughs> yeah, something,
2: wasn't it? It's like different. Tones and I. I wrote this song for Rihanna, but in the scheduling end, scheduling you know, issues. We yeah. had our wires crossed or something like what, that. Yeah. It was, wasn't wires crossed, goddammit. Yeah. This sounds like one of those
1: situations. Definitely. Know. I'm pretty sure Rihanna has got better sense than to sign on for this shit. Well, also, it's like, like, I wrote Sharon. this for Rihanna, but it's like, was she aware of that? Did she ask for Ed to write her a song? Or was this, a, I wrote this with Rihanna in mind. Yeah. I mean, I could fucking write a song with Rihanna in mind. But it doesn't mean she's <laughs> going to sing it. That's so exactly there's almost no about. chance. that if I said, I wrote this with Rihanna in mind, but then she wouldn't return any of my emails. Um, and she has a restraining order against me. So now I have to record it myself. Mm. That's how mm. it goes. Look, um, 50, I, don't, I don't want to talk no. about this. Too no. Too long. How's right. it going? Um, so, goodness me, we know that Ed's going crazy on the Spotify. This has, um, what does he have? Sorry, of uh, You're right. 75 million, I believe it is. So, something yep. along those lines. And in terms of the Discog's price of this, it is uh, $6. So, there you go. Okay. So seventy five mil I mean we knew that he had a lot of listeners, so it doesn't surprise me, but this would cost you six bucks. Don't don't spend six dollars on this. That's probably not the way to go. No, fuck no
2: alright cool that's actually quite low by today's standards as well I guess you know the yep. success of they must have printed they, yeah probably made they probably made a heap shit. of these even
1: in this non-physical product era they probably just pumped out a fuckload of these so um, cool alright next yeah. next seven? week um, 17th of April so we've skipped straight to the mid, middle of April mm. that's how long the first song of the year was number one yep. this is uh, Harry Styles with Sign of the Times Tom mm, one week one week for this now look Harry, following on from Zayn, we spoke about yeah. Zayn last week. Zayn was the first one to say, "I'm fucking out yes. of One Direction. Yeah. I'm getting the fuck out so of here." So another member
2: of One Direction has scuttled off for a solo career. Exactly right. So this um, is, yeah, yep. as a musical model, Harry here, you know, first straight up, first hit off his first single off his solo album. Yep. Uh, he's chosen uh, Coldplay as a musical model, who were really <laughs> yeah. hitting their stride. In let me just look at the calendar here, twenty seventeen. Yep. Uh, for instance, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin consciously uncoupled in twenty sixteen, oh, last good. year. So even old goopy cheeks herself was over Coldplay by this stage. But yep. Yeah. Harry's gone nah, I reckon you know Chris Martin
1: is the way to go. Yeah. Exactly. Um... Is Gwyneth Paltrow, A, just (laughs) kind of... A, a massive piss taker and it's quite amusing and we should like her or is she just a total fuckwit one we've of the talked biggest, about this before I can't decide Yeah, I can't decide because I'm some of the things she does where it's like we're <laughs> consciously uncoupling it's like is this just taking the piss out of divorce and he being, her being like I'm married to Chris Martin the dude sucks shit yeah. I, want, I don't want to say divorce I'm just going to be a bit of a prankster about it or is it just like I'm a total fucking wanker and I need to make everything pretentious I know happens. what you mean it's hard to tell like since then, she has said
2: in interviews, like, you know, I didn't want to get divorced, you know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, it wasn't my decision. But then, you know, that could be just her stage managing, yeah. you know, I think it's better for my image if I look like the, you know, the victim, because people like that better, you know, mm. and, but yeah, and then at the time, they're saying consciously uncoupled, so what, did their PR agents have a meeting to decide on that? <laughs> like like you say, you know, yeah, it could be a joke or it could... Yeah, it's it's really hard to tell. We've talked about that before. Yep. She's she's a hard one to
1: Look, figure out. Look, I'm on out. the fence. I'm on the fence at the moment. Mm. So I'll wait I'll wait and see. So, <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes I go, yeah, if this is meant to be a joke, that's super yeah. funny, but then I never know.
2: Goop so, is an amusingly dorky thing to call your website. Yeah. If it's meant to be that if it's meant to be something else
1: then it's not it's bad <laughs> yeah exactly who knows alright so look moving on from Chris yes. Martin but um, you're right look this breaks from the shit One Direction pop and look this goes in a classic rock direction kind mm. of I guess Look, for me, this is better than anything that One Direction ever released. But yeah. that's faint. that's faint praise. It obviously. is. Let's face it, everything they did yeah. was pretty bad. So look, uh, this is yeah. I don't really know. Like, it's it really did, long. Like, this song as well. It's yeah. like five or six minutes. So it is. It, it
2: this was written by Sign of the Times. Written by Co co-written by producer Jeff Basker yep. who's worked with Kanye, Mark Ronson and your mates Fun full stop. Oh good. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Favourites. Also on the track are uh, Alex Salibian and Tyler Johnson plus Mitch Rowland and Ryan Nassi yep. who all played various instruments on the track. It's a, you know, it's a real sort of no, it's not a band, but it's you know, no, it's, no, real it's, it's got live issues. instruments on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sure. It's also got a 25 voice choir providing harmonies throughout the song. And they've consciously tried to evoke a sort of timeless, 70s-tinged analogue pop sound. Yes. Supposedly, according to them, reminiscent of Queen, Spacehog, Bowie, Pink Floyd and Prince. Mm-hmm. Apparently when you put all that in a blender, you get Coldplay. <laughs> uh, who yeah, knew? Exactly. <laughs> you, you drain out the quality and then <laughs> that's, that's what funny. you
1: get. So, yeah. yeah,
2: the entire song was cut in three hours, according to Basker, who called it a, quote, instant classic-sounding record from conception to completion. Yep. although it was a bit hard to hear because he was driving straight to the bank and went under a bridge <laughs> at that point so yeah I mean what do you think this sounds like a timeless rock classic
1: Ben or does it sound more like your favourite piano ballad well think? look he, he I'm glad he didn't say this sounds like a, what? sorry what was the quote again uh, an instant classic sounding record yep. so I'm glad he didn't say this is an instant classic no this is, this is an instant classic you think classic he's going to say sounding that? Yes. so yeah. and look is this an instant classic no but does this sound like songs that are considered 70s sort of... Yeah. Yeah. I think this is what I will say. They've nailed the production sound in terms yeah. of... This is what we're going for. Yeah. They've got that absolutely perfect. Does Harry Styles have a good voice? I think he sounds pretty good on this. Yeah. But I've never minded his vocals. No, this
2: isn't terrible.
1: Is he, is, he, is he more interesting than the other members of One Direction? Well, he wears a dress, so let's say (laughs) yes from time to time. That makes you edgy and interesting, so yeah. So in terms of the production, in terms of... Look, as we learned from Zane last week you want to get as far the fuck away from One Direction yeah. as you can Zane's so tried he... to do it
2: by being
1: all sex. edgy and sexy yep. and he's
2: tried to do it by yep. using real instruments and evoking yep. a musical styles from the past it's
1: like it's like uh, when you're in in uh, The Mouseketeers um, as we've <laughs> learned from Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera your second or third single has to be about getting deep dicks that's what it has to be about <laughs> right. and Zane he went that route and said One Direction I'm out of here I'm going to write a song mm. about deep dicking because everyone's having sex as well as what Zane said and then Harry Styles has also said I've got to get the far away from one direction as possible so I'm going to do this rather than talking about deep dicking I'm going to do it in the musical direction that I've taken and And obviously this isn't a through line for him where he just went I'm just going to do 70s sounding shit forever because it was only sort of this song but look in terms of nailing that sound spot on did very well is this a great song not really but is uh, to be fair vocal, as well
2: I haven't heard the rest of this album so nah, I don't know how it actually I'll, correlates I've never heard other any stuff. other
1: song of his, I've only heard like singles and stuff but so I mean I don't anything. know whether the
2: whole album no, had this yeah. kind
1: of retro tinge I, sound or I whether don't know either. but yeah but um yeah look I don't hate this no
2: but and, and I will say too it's also it's not just a break from the sound of One Direction but it's also kind of a break from the current the then current UK pop scene by being played on real instruments not being Tropical House and not being utter shit yep uh, yeah, like you say, personally, I don't mind this either. It is also way too long. Oh, it's like five minutes yes. 40 long, and yep. that's three minutes longer than it needs to be. prog Progrog aside, I think if you want to learn from the 70s
1: hits, then get out while the going's good. Yeah, for sure. Leave
2: on a high nose. Yep, <laughs> so definitely. You don't have to wring the fucking cloth till the last drip comes out. This
1: shouldn't have gone for any longer than four minutes. So I'm sorry. No, no. There you go. But look, um, yeah, credit where credit's due. Um, I think. For a debut single, he's done what he needed yeah. to do. Break away from the dog shit he used to be associated with. And he said to the audience, Hey, expect the unexpected from me. I'm going to be wearing a dress in my next video clip. I'm going to be doing, <laughs> singing about watermelons in a couple of years. Sure. Wait for it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and Tom, in the music video, he's flying. Yes. He's flying all over the place. And I don't mean in an aeroplane. <laughs> he's just physically flying mm. through the air. And, and then there's another part where he's running or sort of walking on water. Yeah. So I think that's a subtle nod to the fact that uh, Harry Stone <laughs> is the new Jesus. Is that what you took away well, from this? He's going to have to join the queue because we
2: already had the new Jesus last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, who was that declaring themselves?
0: We've had a lot of new Jesus over the time. I know, so many. I'm yep. pretty
1: sure Kanye he's always on the lookout for the title. Kanye is, yeah, <laughs> he's he's definitely on that list. But look, um, I think for two, for 2017, Harry Styles is the sure. newest new Jesus. Yeah, look. So, speaking of the video, I don't want to cast dispersions on no. the demographic of Harry's audience.
2: But as soon as I clicked on this video, I was presented with an ad for the new Rainbow High range of dolls for parents who thought (laughs) brats weren't skanky enough. Uh, Six-year-olds aside, the video features Harry doing his best, Chris Martin from Coldplay Impression, in a pseudo-military jacket on the edge of a cliff. Then, as you say, he starts flying around the coastline of the Isle of Skye in Scotland. And when I say flying, I mean obviously being swung along under a helicopter. Yep. That said, the scenery makes it look pretty fucking cool, yeah. if, if a little bit pointless, and also fucking freezing, given yep. that it's Scotland. Like, he's not wearing a helmet or anything, he's just zooming around. The stunt pilot said he went up to 470 metres high and there was no green screen or anything. It's all real. Yep. So, yeah, risking hypothermia was worth it, clearly, because the video won the Brit Award in 2017 for best ah. video. So, yeah. Oh, look, did you see um, Don't yeah. Worry Darling recently? The, no, yeah, that's his first movie role. It was caused a bit of a kerfuffle. Did you watch it? Leading up to it, yeah, I watched it. You know, how was on, it? It was okay, actually. How was he? Yeah, Styles wasn't bad in most of it. Although he, he was is, a leading role. Yeah, yeah, not not uh, not the leading role, but like it was an ensemble piece. He's like the you know the second.
1: Because he was, uh, I saw him, he was in uh, Dunkirk as well. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, he was. So,
1: not, but he wasn't, that was, I mean, that's a very much an ensemble Yeah. Well, he's like one of the,
2: uh, he's a, yeah, he's a supporting actor. Yeah. Uh, although he is playing a thick emotionally stunted hot guy so it's a bit hard to judge how much
1: acting was actually involved is it like Stallone in, in <laughs> the original Rocky where he gets the yeah. Academy Award nomination and it's like oh no Possibly. he's not acting at all I
2: mean he he seems to fit in though I mean for instance Florence Pugh didn't look totally grossed out while doing a long scene with him
1: grinding his face between her legs nice. so you know <laughs> whatever gets the job done yeah that's true <laughs>
0: exactly exactly
1: right <laughs> Oh, it's good to know that that's what he's up to these days.
2: Yeah, um, I, I, was, I had no <laughs> expectations for that film at all, and it was yep. a bit better than I thought it was going to be, and he was a bit better than I thought he was going to be, too. Yep.
1: Yeah, look, um, it's good to know, because the last thing I read about Harry was that he dropped a new uh, Nazi hat a couple of months ago, <laughs> So, following in the Shakira tradition of throwing some third-right imagery on merch. so oh, wow. He released a hat that just had um, HH, ...on it for Harry's house? Oh, uh, it, does it look like the... SS?
0: It looks, looks like it... It, looks uh,
1: like... it sort of... Apparently, um, people drew attention to the fact... ...that it looks a bit like the H.H. Hail Hitler type oh, okay. action. It's a little <laughs> sure. bit different. So, yeah, yeah. so, so I think the hat has been removed from uh, from sale. But <laughs> it's a um, shame, you know. Because
2: yeah. 30 years ago, or even 20 years ago... People would have thought, well, no-one's going to make that connection, but, you know... Yeah, well, that's what the what problem with these... Nazis being apparently on fleek at the moment.
1: Well, exactly. So, yeah, so when I say you dropped a Nazi hat, that's not completely true. He just dropped a hat that had HH embroidered on the back, and then people went, wait a minute, that could be associate. If <laughs> yeah. I see someone with HH on their clothing, I know what that means. I'm like, Harry's house? They didn't Harry's the house Ace of Base and oh, stuff. Oh, they didn't. Stuff. They
2: don't, but, We're you know... joining um joining... Anti-Semitic hate bands or anything like that. Well, I gave
1: someone an AOK symbol the <laughs> other day, and they were like, "You a Nazi?" And they didn't really mm. say that, but you know, <laughs> apparently that is as well. Yeah. So, Jesus Christ, nothing is fucking safe. So, yeah. what about uh, Harry's lyrics on <laughs> sure. this? Um, well, Styles explained to
2: Rolling Stone that quote: "The song is written from a point of view as if a mother was giving birth to a child, and there's a complication. The mother is told the child is fine, but you're not going to make it." The mother has five minutes to tell the child, go forth and conquer. So, you know, that's kind of interesting. See if you can actually get any of that from these lyrics. Uh, (laughs) Just stop your crying. It's a sign of the times. Welcome to the final show. I hope you're wearing your best clothes. You can't bribe the door on your way to the sky. You look pretty good down there, but you ain't really good. Great. I mean, if there's one thing I learned from a religious upbringing, it's that you should constantly remind children they're inherently bad and should stop crying like a little bitch or God will give you something to fucking cry about. Yeah. I mean, it certainly made me the question mark that I am today. But, yeah, so I'm hopefully that Harry's as good a father as he is a good lyric writer. Yeah, yeah. the... um... This is a recurring thing we have with lyrics where... You, you read the explanation and you go, that's kind of interesting. And then you read the lyrics and you're like, there's no way you would get that from those lyrics. You have to have the explanation otherwise. So for nine out of ten listeners, you would
1: just think, this is just a wonky love song. Yeah. You know? Exactly right. Yeah. With a vaguely supercilious point of view, which Certainly is most didn't, of them. didn't pull anything from those lyrics that would, you know, no. as you said, describe <laughs> what it's actually about. So look... Good on you, Harry, for giving it a go um, on the lyrical front. He's got 63 million listeners wow, on Spotify. Wow, fuck. That puts him up in the he's rarefied areas. He's up there. The Sheerans and the Rihannas. He's definitely wow. he's one I of the did most... no not know he yeah, was that big. One but. of the most popular artists going today. Massive. Wow. Um, and a sign of the time, CD single, Tom. it's going to cost you 50 bucks. Mm. So... That's a lot. I but. would spend that money
2: on a sign of the times single by Prince. Yeah, and absolutely on cassette and for sure. More.
1: Now, um, who's up next? Well, Tom. Interestingly, um, two more weeks of Ed Sheeran. So Harry shows oh, yeah. up, sign of the times um, for uh, for a week. Then Ed shows up for two more weeks of Shape of You. People couldn't get enough <sighs> of the Shape of You, so he's back for that. And then um, after two weeks of that, it is. This it's an all-star cast, Tom. <laughs> it's uh DJ Khaled, Justin Bieber, Quavo, Chance the Rapper and Little Wayne. And little Wayne. Um I'm the one. Sure, or I'm the five in this so, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so, for a lot of big names on this, and for all the big names on it, it has to be one of the most fucking boring pieces of shit I've heard in my life.
2: Yeah, look, some have called DJ Khaled the pie fan's tea pain bin.
0: What can you
1: tell me about this enigmatic, spherical (laughs) kebab enthusiast? Well, the DJ Khaled story, it's actually, um... A unique one, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) by unique, I mean one we haven't heard before. It's by no means some sort of crazy, (laughs) wild story that everyone's going to be blown away by. But it is a little bit different in the sense that, um, yeah, look, he started out working as a radio host in the 90s. So like a radio DJ. Yeah. Um, oh, so he was actually a DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, so not a on, on the part-time
2: radio. iPod program. No, no. Yeah. So he worked okay. on
1: the radio, had a radio show. Um, he's from New Orleans. Okay. Um, I just assumed he was from Florida, but yeah. um, no, so New Orleans. <laughs> a, but then he, completely
2: he, fair. He moved
1: to Miami in 1998, so he did it up there, and then he co-hosted a radio show on uh, WEDR called 99 Jams, and he co-hosted that with um, a member of the Two Live crew. Oh, sick. Who, a fucking radical, Luther Campbell. So he did that. (laughs) Then, um, 2003, started hosting his own um, weeknight show called The Takeover. Okay. And during his time as a DJ, you know, he met a bunch of, you know, up-and-coming artists, rappers, performers, and then was able to parlay his radio DJ career with, I guess, the connections that he's made through that. Mm -hmm. I think he sort of... um, helped get a lot of artists sort of started. So young and up and coming artists, he'd sort of like play their songs and encourage, you know, people to go out and check out those new artists. So he was very sort of encouraging in that front. And those connections helped him out later on in life because Mm -hmm. um, he was able to parlay that into a music career. Um, where I guess he effectively lays down some beats of, well, dubious quality and then gets <laughs> in some of the biggest artists that he's become friends with to mm. provide the vocals, which he's done on this track. Um, so looking at his discography, he's worked with just about everyone, <laughs> almost. Yeah. He's worked with a lot of people. And this is his only number one song in Australia, but um, he's had a heap of top, top ten singles, yeah. not only in Australia, but internationally. So, he's yeah.
2: A featured...
1: Guy yeah, a lot, yeah, or featuring, so, or yeah. So if I had to break down his career, it's um tepid beats with celebrity rappers <laughs> over the top, and that's done him well, very well.
2: Yeah, I know it's a pity because it's nice to it's nice to hear about a DJ who started out as an actual disc jockey, yep. and might have even at some point, God forbid, touched a vinyl record with their own hand, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, his music does not really <laughs> live up to that high
1: no <laughs>
2: potential. Exactly. Uh, introduction.
1: But yeah. yeah. So look, he's known um, as, as DJ Khaled today, obviously, but um, he's used many uh, monikers over the years, including Arab Attack, <laughs> Big Dog Pitbull, okay. um, which obviously couldn't continue because I'm sure Pitbull yeah, would have taken some umbrage with that. I
2: was going to say that.
1: Uh, Terror Squadron, he mm-hmm. used that um, during his name with the hip-hop group Terror Squad. Um, Beat Novocaine. Um, which is very apt as his beats do have the effect of numbing part of your body, notably the brain, due to fucking boredom. Uh, the Don Dada and Mr. Miami. Khalid stated that he used uh, the moniker Arab Attack for his music, as in attack with music. Arab Attack. <laughs> But um, it was discontinued after September 11, oh, since really? he felt wow. that using it would seem disrespectful and offensive towards those who had suffered mm. in the 9/11 terrorist yeah. attacks. I, I felt think, sorry for DJ G-Had as well yeah. after that. You know, he I had mean, to change his name. DJ Khalid is such Bieber, a <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you should have just stuck with fucking Arab attacks, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a
2: lot more interesting, <laughs> yep. DJ Khalid. But
1: I do love DJ Khalid because um, he and his wife Nicole Tuck have a son. Uh, son sorry um Ashad Tuck Khalid born October 23 2016 and Khalid garnered national attention cuz he streamed the life birth on Snapchat wow so there the you Snapchat. go <laughs> <laughs> still exists. I hope his son it lives longer than Snapchat huh? <laughs> yeah imagine that sort of um <laughs> Oh, Dad, do you have any photos of my birth? Well, I don't, but there's a video that I <laughs> live streamed on Snapchat. Hopefully, oh, yeah. the fucking you know the company still. As I mean, it's to still it.
2: better than some people. Like Kyle Sandilands would have had a full, um, you know, Nova FM um, fucking radio crew in the. Well, I think he's... The, has he just had a kid
1: Kyle Sandilands, <laughs> or his wife's pregnant or some I shit. I don't hope know. Not. Fucking his hope latest not, yeah.
2: interns giving birth. The one <laughs> yeah. Look, personally, I thought this track would have been improved with more people on it. Uh, <laughs> yes. certainly more brands of celebrity tequila in the video (laughs) oh no Uh, once again as we've also talked about previously every single rapper here all five of them is using a different flavour of shit auto tune. oh yeah but then the producers also put it all over the one person who can actually sing e.g. old Hillsong Bieber DJ Jihad himself so yeah I'm not sure why you would do that Do you um, you know anything about any of the other people? I hadn't heard of some of them. I haven't heard of Quavo before.
1: So, Quavo, um, he's one of the surviving members of the Migos, Tom.
2: Oh, really? Oh, so Um, that shows how little I know about Hickok. Who are the
1: new Beatles, um, as we've heard before, (laughs) um, when Donald Glover claimed that Migos are the new Beatles. Mm, uh, And like the the Beatles, they... One of them recently got shot. One dude. of them got one of them's dead. Mm. Yeah, so there's three migos. One's dead, so there's two migos left. Quavo survived, um, and yeah, look, uh, really one out in the auto tune um, in this song because it was his the wackest sort? Auto- I mean, they all had whack auto tune. Yeah, they they really are. It's
2: so, like they've all got a slightly yeah. different bullshit auto tune yeah. effect.
1: But yeah, he's as bonkers. Um, look. I do like um, Quavo's verse though in this song though because he references (laughs) Crisscross, which is sick. Um, (laughs) uh, So power to that. Uh, I do enjoy that, which is something great. And um, look, this is something perfectly crafted. I thought when you listen to Quavo's verse and the (laughs) Crisscross reference, you think Mm. this is something perfectly crafted over weeks and weeks that Quavo, you know, Khalid's reached out and said, Quavo, come on in, and he's like, okay, I'll sit down with a notepad. ...craft out these lyrics... ...I'll come in and drop something perfect... ...but it's not the case... (laughs) ...this is what Khalid said... ...I hit Quavo up like... ...yo I got this record... ...I'm telling you it's going to be big... ...I need you on it... ...and he's like... ...Khalid whatever you need I got... (laughs) ...now why would Khalid think this is going to be big... ...because this is fucking as (laughs) boring as it gets... ...so anyway... ...but look Khalid you know... ...whatever you need I got... ...so Quavo had his back which is fantastic... Mm -hmm. ...we went into the studio... And we actually recorded in the studio where Michael Jackson recorded Thriller, which is sort of a house of horrors all of its own, really, when you think about it. So Quavo and the whole Migos came through. I played the beat for Quavo, and he was like, this is crazy. The man really took five minutes. Five minutes listening to the beat and then went into the booth and just knocked it out. So fantastic. You certainly knocked something out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's good to know that um, five minutes is all Quavo <laughs> needs for this. So definitely. <laughs> who thought, who knew that um, for a perfectly crafted crisscross referencing thing, Quavo would only need the five minutes, but that mm. he does. So,
2: And what about the other guys? How did they approach the
1: <laughs> The verses. Oh, look! It's a really good question. Um, but what I will say is that, look, yeah. So there's Quaver. Who else? Who else is on this? Uh, oh, Chance fuck. the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. Little Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm
2: always happy to see Little Wayne pop up for some Robertson yeah, yeah. inspired sunglasses indoors, bronze. Yeah, absolutely. So um, see look, what he's got on his head
1: yeah, this, at, today. As I talk about these dudes, I might just um reference their uh. Spotify, listening as oh, sure. I go, so I have to do it at the end. So, Khalid, straight off the bat, yeah. um, he's got 25 million. Fuck. So that's a lot. That's a lot. So it's yeah, a lot more like than I thought. rockstar territory. So I, wow. I think it might be because he does team up with a lot of these dudes. Yeah, so he's obviously, and I'm assuming, as his name out. would
2: suggest, that he's also DJing all over my head Yeah. Exactly. being so on that's tracks that. all the time.
1: Um, we mentioned Bieber at the top. He yep. does. He does. Yeah, he does the chorus on this. Yep. Everyone else is rapping. He does the, the actual singing. Yep. So he's got seventy million. We Fuck. know that. B, yeah, Bieber's fucking. Is that at
2: the it. highest we've had?
1: Um, just before uh, what was Ed Sheeran was seventy-five. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Wow. But pretty fucking oh, that's pretty, pretty close. That
2: must be the second highest. Ever.
1: Uh. So we just talked about Quavo. He's got fourteen million. Wow. Of okay. his own. Plus, he's also part of the Migos. Oh, uh, yeah. And as the new okay. Beatles, they'd have fucking a heap. So, there <laughs> sure. you go. So, that's that. So, that's the Quavo-verse. Up next, um, Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I don't know a lot about Chance the Rapper. Um, it's a whack name. It's have heard not of great, him, but, but I, I, don't, don't, I couldn't tell you another song. But what I will it. tell you is that... Um, in the Chance the Rapper verse, he does suggest that his clothes are going to make the chicks coochie melt. So, <laughs> Is that desirable? I'm guessing, I don't know. I'm guessing he's
2: looking at that as a coochie.
1: He's, he's apparently very fashionable. Um, he's not and, talking
2: about like a long car ride on an uncomfortably hot day or anything like that? Don't think so. Oh, okay. We're
1: going to make the coochie melt, so it's okay. Sure. So, And he's got $10 million. 10 million? On okay, it's I mean, still pretty respectable. Um, and then just in case you weren't completely over auto tune, Little Wayne shows up <laughs> with another auto tuned sure. as fuck thing. Um, Little Wayne story is he's, he's the original face tattoo rapper, I think, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, every yeah, motherfucker really has the them step, now. Man. But um, and look, Little Wayne, yeah, he loves the auto tune. He's got what he doesn't have a heap of big hits but he, he <laughs> guests on it all kinds he's been around for fucking ever he does have an entire
2: self-taught electric guitar album where he just wanted to be a rock and roll guy for a whole album
1: massive respect to that
2: <laughs> <laughs> massive respect he seems like out of all of them he seems like the most fun to hang out with oh definitely Although he seems loose say, as all shit given though. that Khaled's fairly limited musical and production skills yep. he must be a good time in person he must have a I lot of charisma be. and good at like like Acon style, you know, discovering, eg, convincing other people to work with you, talent, which yeah. is, you know, that's like like Puff Daddy type promoter skills where you you're good at, you know, yeah, oh for making sure, connections. He's yeah.
1: obviously very good at making connections because he has a lot of them, and and he's and as I mentioned, when you look at his discography, it's just like oh fuck, it's featuring this person, featuring yeah. that person. So yeah, um, so yeah, so Little Wayne has twenty six million. Oh okay. And oh, then, um, yeah, and then the last one is obviously uh, Bieber does the chorus. Khalid had this to say. Bieber, I got this dream I want to play for you. I feel we're good about it. And he was like, man, let me hear it. And I played it over the phone and he loved it. You know, he knocked out. Now, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he's saying, but I don't believe any of that story. No. There's no way anyone could play this over the phone and the person listening to it going, this is yeah, fucking amazing. a half-finished version without the one person on it who can actually sing it. Yeah, because yeah. there's, there's nothing in this that no. makes me go, oh yeah, I mean, this is si- fucking great. Similarly,
2: if you'd shown me the video for this and told me to guess when it came out, I would never have said it was this recent. No. There's a very 2007, or not even to say 1997 vibe yeah, to yeah. the whole thing like hot chicks in white bikinis in front of a mansion unnecessary credits appearing on screen half up to halfway through the video like you're watching the shortest dodgiest short film at a you know the Canada fucking international rap video festival. Yeah. Rappers in shitty sportswear with fucking giant gold necklaces. Bieber with M hair and a fucking do-rag. <laughs> a chick with massive <laughs> cans riding a horse in a bikini like the start of Casino Royale. Everyone vaping as if it's the coolest shit that just came out. Beats by Dre, headphones in the first shot. Yep. Tequila endorsements everywhere. Yep. Little Wayne, that fucking stupid brute, brute noise... I was seriously wondering when Dave Chappelle was going to show up in you know, a Rick James with, with, with like Jamie Kennedy and a freshly shaved
1: Britney Spears. <laughs> it's just like time travelling. Exactly. Now, look, as you mentioned, the video is wild. Um, apparently it takes place at DJ Khaled's house. Mm, it looks tacky enough. now. Now, um, if this is true, the dude must be doing very well as it looks like he lives on his own island. Yeah, it looks Um, like a little point, spit of land
2: somewhere in Miami, of
1: course. So he he purportedly bought a house in Miami in 2017 (laughs) for $25 million. So he obviously has made a lot of cash from um, his (laughs) dog shit music. And I assume that the house in the video is that house. Mm -hmm. So he's obviously doing very well, despite um, whatever garbage he's churning out. But as you (laughs) said... um, yeah, the video, I think the opening scene of the video is a chick with just enormous tits riding a horse and that sort of sets the yeah. scene for the rest of the video. It, There's it a lot starts, of tits in this. It
2: starts this. as it means to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what I like about this video is that in 2017, pop rap has apparently hit the level that glam metal was at in late 1991. Oh, you yeah. You know, this hubristic, flying directly towards the sun nothing bad's ever going to happen to us you know like this is basically a one-off Not that super group featuring a bunch of stoned, badly dressed, modestly talented wankers waving bottles in the driveway of a tacky McMansion that one of them just bought, bragging about all the strange they're getting while a bunch of day-hire playboy centerfolds bounce around behind them on trampolines or whatever. Yeah. The difference is that the glam metal guys would have played the song themselves and then married the Uh Look, if you fed me a bottle of cognac and asked if I wanted to see Irina Ivanova ride a horse around in slow motion, I would say yes. Oh, so I can't course. blame DJ Khaled for that. At much like the video for, say, Cherry Pie, I just wish the viewer was having as much fun as these chodes clearly did making it oh, on yeah, the day. Absolutely. You know, you say, that's the song as well. You're like, look, I know that it is infectious watching other people have a good time, but, you know, there's only so much I can...
1: You know, psychically infer without the song not oh, being shit. no doubt. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Now, um, interestingly though, I think I captured, uh, as you said, a lot of fucking tequila references. Yeah. Like this I think there might have even been some weed product placement. Did you capture that? Yeah, no, there was something going on with the vaping. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure whether might that have, was yeah. like the brand of the vaping or whether it was like the brand was of the marijuana, weed. Was weed legal at this point in America? Yeah, maybe it wasn't quite. It maybe, been, yeah, it,
2: Colorado. Maybe Colorado,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because um, I sort of looked at that when is that a is that a vape pen sort of product yeah. placement or is that a sort of DJ Khaled's got his own yeah. fucking because now, obviously, instead of everyone having a fucking tequila and a gin and a yeah. sparkling wine and whatever bullshit, yeah, you yeah, can have no. your own weed line Weed
2: was legal in colorado in 2012 so it's possible that it was Mm that but i know what you mean and there was more than one i'm not exaggerating about the tequila thing i was more than there's more than one brand of alcohol so of those five dudes at least two of them have their own product placement i'm pretty sure there was three i think there was at least three i don't even know if they were all tequila i'm just using that as a lazy cliche but there were yeah there's, exactly yeah it's kind of
1: like a just a promotional commercial really for sure now there's so many people singing on this there must be some of the finest lyrics of the year oh, I was just going to briefly
2: say in case you were wondering uh, what is DJ Kelly up to now oh yeah I, I am uh, yeah. well apart from overseeing a restaurant called The Licking <laughs> While refusing to form cunnilingus <laughs> As he's personally stated in public uh, The dude is currently offering a fans t- A chance to use Airbnb To sleep <laughs> in his shoe cupboard what? That's right Ben For the surprisingly low price of 15 bucks, You Fuck. too could sleep in a medium sized room Filled from floor to ceiling With exactly the same 800 Jordans Every other fucking rapper buys As soon as they get rich Sick. Included in that price is Dinner from Khaled's restaurant Which is still called The Licking Since you last checked <laughs> Plus being kept awake all night By a shithouse preset synth beats Stripper moans and orgasmic cries Of I played myself uh, which is, you know, what he gets up to on the So weekends. he's charging
1: 15 bucks a night and it's leaving his shoe cupboard. Yeah, I mean, that's it's se- awesome. It seems like it's
2: like a, a fan contest thing that's open to anyone. Yeah. But why he would charge 15 bucks and not just no dollars. Maybe Airbnb <laughs> has a minimum. <laughs> a minimum. You've got charge. to pay 15 bucks for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite a big. Uh, it's not really a cupboard. It's like, it's a cupboard if you're a multi millionaire. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it, yeah, it's kind of like the size of. A master bedroom in a normal house, but just <laughs> covered in shoes. Look, I mean, I've got to imagine fun. it would probably smell hella nice yeah. if, if, if you put 800 brand new pairs of sneakers in a room. Yeah, it definitely. probably smells fucking great. That's one of definitely. my favorite smells in the world. Yeah. Anyway, uh, lyrically speaking, um, this was written by <clears throat> August 08, January 06, Bobby Brackens, David Dior, Nick Nack, Padwack. Dogbone, Pooh Bear, Eeyore, Quavo, Quervo, Little Wayne, Chance the Rapper, Probability the Statistician, Justin Bieber, (laughs) Anne Frank, and DJ Khaled. Uh, uh, She beat her face up with that new Chanel. She liked the price. She see the ice. It'd make her coochie melt. When I met her in the club, I asked her who she felt. Then she went and put that booty on that Gucci belt. Nice I might be wrong Ben But I think Chance the Rapper Should look past Crystal the Stripper here Because it sounds like She doesn't know how to Operate makeup Belts Fingers nah. Or frozen water Nothing. Frankly Nothing. Maybe I'm just not down With the hip lingo Young MC's
1: still cool right? Oh, He's still he is, pretty he is, good. He is, yep. He's right, probably one of the best I'll, s- I'll stick with him then Yeah. <laughs> Funky <Frankie laughs> Cold Medina Is um oh, no, it's I'm sorry luck, about so... that Shit
2: joke about all The people's names But <laughs> seriously One of them's called Nickknack. What the fuck yeah. Am I supposed to do With that you know who else was called Nick The midget in the film Man with a Golden Gun, which is one of a James Bond supervillain's wacky, four-foot-tall, murderous waiter-slash-henchman.
1: Absolutely. Look, I'm glad that you called out um, Chance the Rapper's um, verse because it's probably the best, I guess. so. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, best I mean, is sort of... You as know. you say, the other ones definitely have the written-on-the-spot vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Quavo did say, we go back, remember, crisscross and hopscotch, so... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if hopscotch is really a time-specific Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Apparently it is.
2: Crisscross, yeah.
1: sure. Um, so yeah, we've read out all those guys. Yep, sorry. Colored 25 mil. Bieber, 70 mil. Quavo, 14 mil. Chance, 10 mil. Little Wayne, 26 mil. And this was released digital only. So not available mm. on the Discogs to re-buy. There you go. If you want this, you've got to download it from some fucking store. Yeah. The Apple store, 99 cents. How much <laughs> do songs cost these days? I don't really know. Probably something like that. Cool. cool. All right. Up next, Tom. Um, for, well, 13 weeks? Yeah. It's uh, Louis Fonzie and Daddy <laughs> Yankee. Featuring Justin Bieber. Again. Despacito. Yeah, we man. talked about that at I'm the, top, just, of the top, I, top of the top episode. So. I'm not
2: sure if there was something going on in 2017 or yep. just if just a coincidence that the two most popular songs of the last decade came yeah. out within like two months of each other. Yeah, it's look, 13
1: weeks in any other year would have been the biggest song of the year yeah, by for sure. far, as we mentioned. Um, mm, that Cullier. would have been a
2: tie for the yeah, longest exactly, song in exactly, the our so. top top yeah. number one spot.
1: So yeah, you're right. A couple of months ago, this would have 13 weeks of despacito would have yeah, equal mm-hmm. equaled uh coolio, but alas um sorry. Yeah. Ed Sheeran got there first. It's so, a shame really because Gangster's Paradise knocks both of these two into a cock fucking yeah. hat. So yeah, unfortunately, Daddy Yankee had to compete with uh, the shape (laughs) of you. Now, Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee—they were both in their forties when this came out. Mm. So uh, they're from Puerto Rico, and obviously, given you know their age, they both started out some time ago. Had quite a lengthy career as Spanish language musicians. Luis Fonsi, more of a sort of Latin pop guy. Mm. Um, Daddy Yankee, Daddy Yankee, sorry, a reggaeton. Yep. Dude, We've had which that is on the sort of um, yeah, yeah, so that's sort of like a Jamaican style music, yeah, reggae. Sh- yeah,
2: Sean Paul was it? Sean yeah, Paul? Mixed he was some, yeah, mixed with some
1: yeah, mixed with some dancehall, um, yep. Latin American sort of vibe, some hip hop. Daddy Yankee is um, he's one of the originators of that style mm. coming out of Puerto Rico. Yeah. So now, Tom, I know that you're at the um, basically every Central and South American festival that happens in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. you know if I ask you know you want to catch up on the weekend, you're like, I can't. it's the Guatemalan festival this weekend. What about next weekend? Oh, there's a Brazilian festival you know week after that. No, there's a Suriname festival on and I'm like, you know what's Suriname and you're like it's a small Dutch speaking you know country at the very top of South America, you know sort of <laughs> a remnant of the Dutch exploration in the 17th century. Um, then, you know, there'll be a Panama night that you're at, you know, a Bolivian film festival. You know, you're at all of these things. You love that sort of vibe. <laughs> so my question is, how many Daddy Yankee shirts do you see at these things? And um, what would be a good English language equivalent of Daddy Yankee? <laughs> uh,
2: well, it's got to be Uncle Cracker, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah, definitely. It's really the only option. So. Yeah, In fact, sure. I'm pretty sure those two cunts are related. I mm. think they're... Have they done a duet
1: before? Probably have <laughs> done sure. it.
2: They might have, or it's possible the opposite could be true. Uncle Cracker might have been guilty of sending out white nationalist death squads yeah, to find Daddy yep. Yankee. So Daddy um... Yankee might be using that name as a cover to throw you yep. know, white nationalists off the scent for his illegal. So, immigrant status in So America. Daddy
1: Yankee it, it would be unfair To say that um, He's the sort of Puerto Rican Macklemore Is that sort of Would that be selling him short Do you think or, I mean It could be It could be He's the Puerto Rican Little Wayne I'm not sure But anyway Look so He released his seventh album mm-hmm. This year Titled Legend Daddy oh, Okay Which is <laughs> fucking great Because it's a play on words Of legendary uh, But I legend see. daddy Because his name's Daddy Yankee mm-hmm. You see it works on A lot of levels um, and he's retiring from music, which is a huge loss for the reggaeton community, but Bad Bunny, okay. who I believe is actually the most streamed artist in music as of every, <laughs> I think for the last five years, wow, the okay. number one artist on Spotify every year. Um, he's there to take the crown, but when you look at his output, um, he's at a shitload of number one and top 10 singles on the U S Latin charts. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's daddy Yankee. That is. So, he's obviously very successful. Yeah. Um, but, dare I say, the reason that Daddy Yankee is able to retire from music after his seventh album would be uh, this song. Is that a fair assessment, Tom? Yeah, it seems likely. And I think Louis Fonzie's, uh the same. He had a string of number one hits and top ten hits on that US Latin chart. Yeah. In their 40s. Look, they're successful. They're having good careers. Yep. But then they drop this and all of a sudden, boom, it just goes fucking apeshit. Yeah. Well, and now... Yeah. Not
2: quite, actually. Okay. Um, I mean, close. I know what you mean. Like, it almost... with When a song is this huge, it almost seems redundant to say what the artists have done beforehand because... It doesn't really matter what they did beforehand yep. or do afterwards because they never need to work again. But they
1: didn't. They didn't. They didn't say this is our second single. it's sold a billion. No, we're good to go. at like they'd both had twenty-ish years of. Yeah. Media. Yes. They weren't. They weren't like flash in the pan. They weren't of like things. tones and iron. No. Popped up. No. Dance monkey.
2: Uh, the original version of Despacito is a reggaeton song about the act of having sexual intercourse. Of all things, oh, being is reggaeton? It? I know it's okay. weird to imagine. Uh, moving slowly on the rhythm and dual attraction between the male and the female listener.
0: Oh. Apparently.
2: Uh-huh. I know no one's ever thought of that before but they were the first. So it was moderately successful. It yep. got to number 44 on the Billboard charts and topped the hot Latin songs chart Ooh. however this version is the Bieber remix oh. and that exploded in a couple of weeks it hit number 9 the week after it came out and went straight to the number 1 spot staying there for a consecutive period of 16 weeks Wowzers. making it a tie with the only other song to do that at this point which we have mentioned before do you remember what it was? Oh, the shape of you! No, no, oh, it no. was well, uh, Mariah Carey oh, and shit. Boys to Men.
3: Oh fuck! She had so, the
2: she had the number one and the number two spot for like a decade of longest songs at the number one spot. So that's
1: on the US, yeah. Okay, so that right. was
2: that was like our us with the shape of you. They yep. had Mariah Carey and Boys to Men's One Sweet Day. That was sixteen weeks, and then this came along and tied. With, okay, wow. So yeah, so this is. This did better in America so this than is the, this is you. the this is the equal biggest song at this point of all time yes, in, the, in the US. Yes, on the yeah. US charts, yep. yeah. Uh, I mean, given that, something that people may not know about this song is that it originally started life as an homage to the character Despo from season six of the seminal Australian <laughs> 90s show Heartbreak High, played by Mario Gamma, who would later go on to worldwide fame with his role as salesman in Head Start. <laughs> Uh, Lewis Fonzie and Daddy Yankee were huge fan of the high-stakes on-again, on off-again on, on off again sexual relationship between Despo and Drasic at the high yeah. and felt compelled to pen an ode to the unlucky lovers in their native tongue of Puerto Rican Spanish. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it is possible that I've confused Lewis Fonzie with someone else, but I don't think that's very likely. I think that
1: sounds about right. Um, and obviously the success of this song... Was the nut was sort of enough, a bit of a spark to get them to do the remake of Heartbreak High yes, sort of come out yes, this year? So. it
2: sure has.
1: Definitely. Um, I I was watching um, ABC News Breakfast one morning. Tom, they mm-hmm. had the cast of the new Heartbreak High on to talk about it. Um, there was a girl on there, one of the the young actresses who who minced her words a bit, and they said, um, "Tell us about the show." And she said, "Well, when we were coming up with what." You know, when we were talking about the scenes and stuff, um, we read about a school that had an incest chart, and I was like, Ugh, Ugh. "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> oh, and um, that sounds. I a think lot what like... she meant was. People there were there was a school that had it. Someone had drawn up like everyone who had banged each other, Oh, okay. and, it, and it was a bit incestuous, yeah. is what she meant. But it no. came out. She said, "We read about a school with an incest chart." I went, "That's fucking you weird." You give that so, to a current affair, and you're going to get seven weeks of stories about the
2: incest scourge sweeping our playgrounds. Oh, yeah. tell me about it. Exactly, right. like one kid goes to a party and does a bucket bong, and then three weeks later, they're talking about. Rainbow sex orgies taking over our
1: primary schools. That's exactly right, exactly. Now, um, so. This is possibly about Heartbreak Eye We don't know exactly we n- I'm not sure yeah, I might probably. be
2: confusing it
1: Now um, Excluding Baby Shark Tom You've talked about this Before uh, at the top yeah. of the show um, Obviously a highly annoying Fucking kids song Goes for And the thing about Baby Shark Is that <laughs> it goes for I think two minutes Or less yeah. than two minutes So Imagine a child They hear that It goes for two minutes And they're like Put it on again Oh mum Put it on again And the parents are probably like I'll put that on a fucking loop And then I'm gonna go And do something <laughs> no. else And that's why it's had about 10 billion streams because it goes for such a short period of time and parents just get the Mm. fuck out of there and don't turn it off. Whereas this, so, excluding that, this is the most sort of played song on YouTube. um, Yeah. Which, but once again, look, there's nothing wrong with this song, but what is it about the song that sort of projects it to the level where it's like, yeah, got to hear that again? Well,
2: I mean, yeah, as you say, I'm in... July of this year, Despacito became the most streamed song of all time, with 4.6 billion plays across streaming platforms. Then in August, the video became the most watched video in YouTube history, surpassing See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and becoming the first video ever to reach 3 billion views. Currently has over 5 billion views, but is still not as popular as the Baby Shark song or Johnny Johnny Yes Papa by Lulu Kids, yep. as previously noted, intended for a much more mature audience. As we said long ago with good old Shakira Shakira, though... If you can conquer the Latin American charts plus the Western charts... Yeah. You end up with double the audience and you really can rule the world, I reckon. Yeah. Albeit, in this case, for only one song. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but for but sure. I, I reckon it's that. I reckon it's those two things combined. Those yeah. two. If you can get the North American audience, you've got the Western world. Yeah. And if you've got that plus the South American audience, you know, then you can go... You can be just huge. Like, I, yeah. co- I could not believe how successful Shakira was when you look at the figures. Like, I remember her being huge, and she still pops up now, but when you look at the amount of money she made, Mm. you know, and the amount of... the, The numbers her album sold, like, she was... Huge, yeah, and I reckon it's that. I reckon it's the, the, you know,
1: and unfortunately, she uh, paid no tax on any of that. I think she might (laughs) end up going to prison after the Spanish court. No, well,
2: she's got a very high
1: IQ, and as we all know from Donald Trump, uh, smart people don't pay any taxes. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, exactly. So, um, look, one of the co-writers, obviously, the the song. This song was written by um, Daddy Yankee. Yeah. The other guy, Lewis Fonzie, and they had a co-writer, Erica Ender, who was, um, I think, Lewis Fonzie's sort of co-writer. They collaborate a lot on various things. And she said, it's a song that talks about sensuality, of seducing, of sex, as you mentioned, Tom, but in a very classy way. I think that's the way we express it. It's very elegant and very respectful. Um, As uh, we can see here... Daddy Yankee's lyrics, they're in Spanish, but we've translated, I've put them into Google Translate, sure. this is what I've come up with. Daddy Yankee here, world's best rapper, gonna fire my rock hard rocket, straight up your snapper. I'm not like Elon, sending my rocket to Mars, mine is earthbound, straight for your ass. So, it's very classy. It talks about Dang. sensuality, seducing of sex, but in a classy way. That's true. So, it's a, it's a great song, and I'm glad that they've kept it very, very classy. <laughs>
2: yeah, according to the aptly named Lewis Fonzie... Uh, When you write songs you have to put a face to the lyric a little bit But it was such a sexy song that there wasn't really a person It was a scenario more than a person I went to that place and that place was in a club somewhere Mm. When you get to a club and you just start making that eye contact with this beautiful girl And that's kind of how the song starts It's really a story No Lewis, no it isn't that's called a bunch of boring bullshit based on the idea that Despacito rhymes with bandito and sounds vaguely horny. Yeah. I just don't understand how many of the, so many of these guys are such boring cunts. Don't oh, they exactly. realize that you can tell reporters anything? Yeah. Rock journalism is dead if it ever existed. Nobody's going to check your shit. When someone asks what a song is about, say it's about anything you want at all. Say it's about Drake's mum bent over a washing machine Or oh, exactly. the time. You banged Melania Trump at the Vatican or something. You know. Just make it up. Exactly. Yeah. People will tweet about that. That shit for weeks. You'll be doing them a favour by distracting them from Elon Musk or atrocities in Ukraine or whatever. Exactly I right. I mean Daddy Yankee's seems like a dodgy cunt, he's got a terrible fucking name, he but does. at least I'll remember those lyrics longer than I remembered that incredibly tedious story about
1: oh, for making sure. up
2: some shit about an imaginary nightclub where you met a chick that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. Now, Tom, has Bieber pulled a Timberland on this and sort of <laughs> injected himself into the remix? and done minimal to sort of score a number one? Or is he responsible, you think? As you mentioned, was it him that sort of... Because the original version hadn't really gone gangbusters. The reason I ask is because um, the music video, as we've mentioned, most streamed music video on Mm. YouTube, second most streamed video after Baby Shark, the one that's streamed um, all those billions of times that you've mentioned, Tom, it's actually the original not the Bieber one. So if you go onto YouTube, look oh. at the video that has like, um, I think you said, six. I, th- I looked recently, I think it's up to 8 billion now. So wow. it sort of popped up an extra bill in the, um, but you know, it's obviously streamed a lot. But yeah, so the, the version of Despacito on YouTube that's been straight streamed 8 billion times um, is not the remix with Bieber. So I'm not really sure, does he, how does that work? Yeah. He was obviously a catalyst in, Getting the song to be popular in it's the first strange, place. Isn't it? But now, when people choose to watch the song on YouTube, they're going just well, for that. This
2: um, happened twice last year where he dug a song out of someone's, th- out of Ed Sheeran's rubbish bin. Yeah. yeah and, you know, out of the 400 songs Ed throws away as not being good enough every week. Yeah. And got them both to be massively successful. Yeah. The one he did with Calvin Harris and Ed Sheeran, and another one with just Ed Sheeran. Yeah. And. It's like that. You sort of have to think, well, I mean, he didn't write the s- lyrics or the music. Yeah. And he's not really a producer. No. He, he sings on them, you know, through a computer. But like but then again, the song would have stayed in the bin if he left it. Mm. You know, like this it's hard to imagine this would have gotten this level of fame without at least in America, without you know True. Bieber's name attached to it. True. But then again, you'd so say that doesn't necessarily mean it's the better actual song. It so just means that's the guy that people like, know. So. In 2017,
1: he helped them sort of the song to become known and become popular. But then, yeah. on the long run. People are just like, I'll just listen to the original yeah. without him on Or there, so. you might also say, but nobody remembers
2: that he was on this song because he doesn't make enough of an impact. No. So when they're typing in, they're not
1: typing in Justin Bieber Despacito, they just type Despacito. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. Exactly. So look, Bieber himself, he actually received a bit of a backlash from fans after a bungled performance of the song um, at an appearance at the One Oat Nightclub in New York in 2017. Now, Tom... He'd forgotten the lyrics. <laughs> he, Bieber's got a lot of songs. He must forget sure. some of his own lyrics. So, Are there lo- the s- lyrics in English or um, in the Spanish lyrics? Well, this is what he sung. He got up and yelled, I don't know the words, so I say Doritos. I don't know the words, I say Doritos. I don't know the word, I say Doritos. Despacito, I ate a burrito. I just want a burrito. Mm. So he got up and sung that and apparently um, people weren't super happy with that but Louis Fonzi, who um, obviously is a co-writer of this song <laughs> yeah. he said hey I'm going to defend the, I'm mm-hmm. going to defend Bieber he got up and said it's not an easy chorus to sing even for fluent Spanish singers like myself it's got a lot of lyrics it's tongue twisty Sure. so that's one way of putting it it's <laughs> difficult to see. it's tongue twisty he had a problem with it um, the other thing is you could say that's just straight racist just him just going it's a Spanish language so I'm just going to say <laughs> Doritos burrito yeah. fucking, who cares so, anyway. I
2: mean you, if you want yeah if you wanted to be charitable you could say well those things rhyme with despacito if you Wanted it to be less charitable, you could say the first thing he thinks of when he thinks of Spain is Paris. No, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> That's the top thing that pops into his head for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, uh, I think that um, you'd have to say that Daddy Yankee by now, he probably owns about a third of Puerto Rico. You'd have, uh, to, you'd say. have to think. The, the Just the sort of the money they've made off this just must be completely <laughs> insane. Um, Fonzie and Yankee did a spicy performance of this song at the Grammys in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, James Corden was hosting that year and he quipped this, Tom. He said, wow, that's a catchy song. I've never heard that song before. If they can just get that song on the radio, they've got a hit on their hands. And that's the sort of shit comedy I expect from him, Tom. The sort of uh, yeah. very... Played out, yeah, real popular song. I've not he's heard this definitely. Before. The Domino's Hawaiian pizza of comedy, uh, James Corden. He's he's absolutely dog shit. I can't, uh, it's it's sort of amusing now that it's coming out that he's a total cunt. <laughs> so I just assumed he was really unfunny, but now mm. that he's unfunny and a cunt, it sort of makes it extra extra good. So, yeah, um, yeah, look outside of this song, um, obviously. Which we know is one of the best song of all time mm-hmm. from a from an audience for you watching YouTube and you know I'm I'm going to agree with the general public on that one. It's very good. Do you have a favorite um, Louis Fonzie or Daddy Yankee <laughs> song outside of Despacito, Tom?
2: Well, look, I'm not that much into dancehall or reggae, Ben. Okay. You know, it's not my scene. Yeah, I much prefer future bass and UK funky myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was good to see Daddy Yankee collaborating with Janet Jackson on Made For Now uh, the year after this. Oh, did he? Which got her back on the Billboard charts for the first time in, you know, more than a decade. Fantastic. On the flip side, it only got to 88. Uh. So, you know, maybe she should have collaborated with someone a bit more culturally relevant, like (laughs) Bill Biv
1: DeVoe or the Stray Mob.
0: perhaps.
1: Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. look, um, that's yeah, look, I think a collaboration of um, Daddy Yankee and Janet Jackson is, is very good. Um, Unfortunately,
2: the song's not very
1: good. She's no, the best no. thing in it and still not
2: very good yeah, I see, I It's see. like this, but you know, with Janet instead of Bieber, really.:
1: Yeah, well, my favorite is um, the Daddy Yankee song uh, Con Karma." tom
0: uh,
1: which is a reimagining of the 1992 (laughs) snow song informer which uh, is one of my (laughs) all-time favorites and i can say that um the cover is better than the original daddy yankee says this quote informer was one of my favorite songs growing up and to do this right he needed to get the guy on the record you just got to give honour to a classic in order to make a new version of true, it. True, true. And after showing it to Snow, he replied that he would 100% be on the song. <laughs> Snow was pretty excited to get oh, on he
2: wasn't busy that week? No, he
1: wasn't. <laughs> oh, okay. I think the wow. fact that he received a call from fucking anybody that said, can you come and rework your original informer, Snow would have agreed to anything. Mm. So the fact that Daddy Yankee just had the biggest song of all time... Yeah. With Despacito, it's like, yeah, I reckon I can sign up to that. Um, Daddy Yankee described the situation as, quote, a Canadian and a Puerto Rican making Jamaican music. Two pioneers, two people pushing the culture. (laughs) He wanted to transmit the best Mm. energy and freshness in both dance and music, unifying the music of his teen years with today's modern sound.
0: Mm. Now,
1: Tom, would you describe Snow as a pioneer pushing the cultures? Yeah, well, judging by the lyrics to Informer, he was definitely
2: pushing balloons of coke up his ass at one (laughs) point. But maybe not pushing culture so much as pushing a giant ball of shit up a hill to the top where yeah. it can roll back down and squash
1: him at the bottom. Absolutely. Look, yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm I also,
2: I'm not sure that I'd be bragging that you're a Canadian and a Puerto Rican making Jamaican music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's so much as pioneering as cultural appropriation at some level. Oh, I mean, not that I give a shit, but like, you know, I'm not sure if that would be the line number one of my interview.
1: Yeah, yeah, but look, I mean, I listen to Con Karma Tom and what I would say is that it appears to transmit the best energy of freshness in both dance and music. So Mm, I think that, mm. um, you know, that's what I said. And then I read Daddy Yankee's (laughs) quote and went, whoa, it's exactly what I was thinking. Would you say it was better than Despacito? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I'd probably rather listen to Informer by Snow than
2: Despacito, so, you know.
1: Well, Con Karma has Snow coming up and doing a verse, which is um, the same verse he did in the actual original Informer, but Mm. um, so he doesn't have any new material up his sleeve. But look, yeah, uh, that's my favourite Daddy Yankee, I would say. But look, I don't know a lot of Daddy Yankee, let's face it. I mean, mm. that Janet Jackson song, you've told me not to check it out, so I won't bother. <laughs> um, what about the lyrics? Um, okay, well, I, you, a you translation
2: me, me? I love a translation. Yeah. Despacito means slowly, okay. by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to undress you in kisses slowly, firmly in the walls of your labyrinth, and of your body I want to create a manuscript. Let me trespass your danger zones until I make you scream. Come try my mouth and see if you like its taste. I want to see how much love fits in you. Let's start slowly, then savagely, step by step, soft then softly. We come up against each other, little by little. We're going to do it on a beach in Puerto Rico until the waves scream, oh lord. Then meet me behind the cafeteria. Tell me you're selling discount hypercolour shirts. Your cousin said they fell off a truck. Despo, let's bang after the swimming carnival. Good. yeah, that part confused some people in Spain, they weren't quite sure about that.
1: But Yeah, yeah, yeah. look, I guess not everyone's seen the original Heartbreak High. So. Yeah, well,
2: he made such a huge impact that a lot of people forget that Despo was only in half of one season, I think uh, it was the 1997 one, but fortunately at the concerts, uh, Lewis Fonzie and Daddy Yankee were selling... Uh, DVDs yeah. at the merch table and know, I think so they'd explain
1: could... it as well before they'd get up and they'd go this next song's is everyone, and, and then he would be like <laughs> and just for the context this is what yes, part of it's about that's and everyone's right. like okay good 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 um, yeah excellent now have you got anything more to say about this? no no Fonzie Louis <laughs> Fonzie 18 million all right Daddy Yankee, 43 million Fuck, yeah See, this is what I mean He's obviously got a massive hometown audience
2: Like, you know, like a
1: Exactly Yeah,
2: Latin American audience
1: For sure So there's a lot of people A lot of these artists I mean, as I mentioned Bad Bunny Every year On Spotify Number one most streamed dude is he that popular in Australia? No. Probably not. But no, I mean, I reckon everyone here would have
2: heard of Despacito, but five years on, I'm, if you said, who did Despacito? Yeah. I'm not sure how many people could name both of those
1: guys. Yeah, yeah. You but know? people forget that, yeah, obviously, um, South America, Central America um and i'm sure these artists are also very popular in the u.s on the latin I mean, charts it's, all, it's just
2: a massive population yeah. of people you know and they have their own sound and stuff
1: but if you can cross over yeah exactly can... and then people in europe as well i mean people in spain that are like oh cool i can yeah, hear some, totally. some music that's actually in my language so yeah obviously massive 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 so that's huge this of course is fifty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: probably about right um, yeah, twice, <laughs> twice that, as much as Shape of You. I'd not, say. not that anyone <laughs> needs to buy this, but um, look, maybe you want to copy. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's, not, it's not my favourite song, but I will say I can. The appeal of this makes sense to me. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, it's I, sort I, of, it's like a kind of Spanish-flavoured fucking, you know, yeah, uh, Maroon Five or you know, bloody a, a bit of sort of neo-Santana kind of shit something yeah. like that whereas compared to the shape of you the, that just baffles me this the appeal of that baffles me this it's not my bag but I can understand why it's popular whereas shape of you I just I honestly don't understand why that's any more
1: popular than any other edge here and so absolutely yeah and look the music video features uh, Miss Universe 2006 Ooh. Um, <laughs> who is from Puerto Rico how
2: so. does she compare at riding a horse in a bikini?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> to that. Trip so from she was. <laughs> DJ <DG> Kelly, <she, Cullen, laughs> yeah.
0: Who um, is actually a Playboy. I play don't think her cans are as
1: big, but I think it's very hard <laughs> to compete in the can department with that, the person in the DJ <laughs> Kelly video. I was a little so. bit worried about the horse's safety there. Yeah, I thought It I was going to so. get knocked out when it went her in a corner. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Tom, up
2: next. Mm. Um, pink. Speaking of female empowerment. <laughs>
1: like. Like fucking clockwork. Two weeks. Two weeks. What about us, Tom? So here we are, another year, another boring Pink song for (laughs) 50-year-old divorcees. Is that about right?
2: We still, yeah, I think the conclusion we've come to is that Pink has a large under-15, over-50 audience, but yeah, we've we've established that you love Pink, Ben. How would you rate this compared to your other favourites of hers, that one
1: from Alice in Wonderland 2, or the one with the boob-milking terrorists in it? The boob moving terrorist is a high point. Um, the Alice in Wonderland one, probably a low point, but this is actually worse than the Alice in Wonderland one, I yes. dare say. So, um, look, this could be about a relationship breakdown, as it's pink and every mm-hmm. fucking song seems to fall into that sort of territory. But um, it's actually appears to be a bit of a... Oh, no, what's going to happen to free spirits like us now that we've elected a right-wing business dude, man-baby as president? The authority has let us down in the past and now it's going to be even worse. There's like a yeah political sort of bend on, what about us? What about me and my... Sort of, yeah. if bas- it's basically a song saying, oh, look, if you were an artist or gay or, you know, I guess a minority... Yeah. You know, everything used to be okay, but now, oh, we're going to be forgotten about. No one's going to care about us yeah. anymore. And look, she's not wrong. No. Because, um, you know, under the Trump presidency, I don't think that uh, no. any sort of minority group was given any sort of consideration. No, I mean,
2: there were but, a lot of musicians kind of, you know, getting angsty. About, I think this was around the same time when Eminem did that long and... Mm. indecipherable rap about how much yep. he hated Donald Trump. I mean, there were a lot of people trying to articulate, you know, frustration and that sort of thing. But the problem is that she takes... There's no specificity in the song no. at all. It's all so generic. Yeah, exactly. Like, that it never... it never, Like, even the title, you know, it doesn't... What about us? Like, who, who is us? You yep. know, this, this is what happens when you take a protest song and strip out all the specificity, legitimate anger, and sense of purpose... And leaving just a vague shell of, you know, whoever they is can't keep doing whatever they're doing to whoever us is, or we'll all definitely do something at some point. We're going to yeah. rise up and question mark, do something. I mean, like, flavorlessness aside, it's also a confection nearly as old as pop music yeah. is. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I found myself longing for the concision of the Madden Brothers' We Are (laughs) Done, which is basically this song, but a bit more shorter, or the vivacity of, say, Debbie Gibson's electric youth bin. I mean, at least she had a stated goal. Sure, it was getting a lift to the mall to buy a new beach volleyball cap in neon chartreuse. But we knew where we stood. Yeah, it was still less wanky than this sort of half-assed, you know, nonsense. Which is a shame, as you say, because... Buried under... Well, not buried, <laughs> you know, <laughs> behind this kind of vaporless this kind of vapoury cloud of not much is a legitimate frustration. It's just not present in the song, really, yeah, yeah.
1: you know. I think um, when you're pink and you're an artist of this size, the best thing to do is not record this song and then just come out and say, look, I'm disappointed with whatever and blah, blah, yeah, blah. And yeah, yeah. And hopefully it'll rally her fucking 50 million Spotify listeners or whatever to go out yeah. and vote next time against the thing that she doesn't really I mean, like. It must be frustrating as an artist because oh, if
2: you course. if you state your if you straight up state your opinion in interviews or you use your platform at you know yep. the you know the Emmys or whatever to you know, to encourage people to do stuff, you're immediately shot down as being a, you know, privileged celebrity, yep. using your talking points, blah, blah, blah. Ricky Gervais complains about you using his platform as a overpaid cunt to do the exact thing he's complaining about. But, you know, people go, well, what do you know about anything? But then if you write didactic music that differs from your normal stuff, then it's yep. like you've changed your whole style and that sort of thing. And it also dates... Yeah. Your your stuff, you know, like, unless that's your thing, like Rage Against the Machine, or, you know, you, yeah, uh, I don't know, I mean, like and it... also then you've got the general fear of offending yeah. part of your audience, or pissing off the record company, and that sort of thing, True. it seems a bit gutless to me, but I can sort of understand
1: why... They would be, you know... By keeping it bland and boring, she's not pissing people off. And, yeah. And, and people will be singing this in 20 years' time, Tom, about sure. something else, probably.
2: Well, I mean, there is also just the argument that people don't like being told what to, do, to yeah. think and that proselytising art never really makes much of an impact. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it. I, I find it a bit frustrating, personally, but maybe that's just my my way of thinking oh look absolutely look, either way um, look I know you don't like Pink much but you've got to give her some credit oh ben, for sure for a chick who started out as a sketchy one woman white TLC yes she's lasted a surprising length of time at the top of the charts I mean, do you remember back when we were talking about the Lady Marmalade video from Moulin Rouge? That was 2001, believe it or not. That's 16 years before this. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen Christina Aguilera, Lil' Kim or Maya popping up in the charts a lot lately.
1: No, not at all.
2: Not only that, that was her second Aria number one after Most Girls in 2000. And this is her ninth so not bad for someone. with She a pops fucking up every. She pops up every two name. years, a year oh, or two. Totally. She pops
1: up all the time. We've so, seen it before, but
2: her. it's not just being, like, like Australia really does seem to like her. She appeals to something in the Australian temperament. Yeah. Whenever she yeah whenever sweary, she tours here, pissy yep. kind of persona, people just like her. And when she here, tours yeah. here, there's always fucking five shows. Oh yeah, totally. Really. No, she does. People eat up. They love their. What did you
1: call it? The Cirque du Soleil. For drunk chicks, or <laughs> yeah, basically, that yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've had you know four passion pops or whatever, um, yep, yeah, a couple of vodka cruises, you'd be <laughs> fucking eating up this pink. I, I, of I
2: honestly was impressed with that. I did not realize how long it's been. That's 17 fucking years. Oh, I mean, definitely, definitely. That's definitely. pretty
1: good <laughs> for sure. Now, this was re- co written by the people. Um, ...that co-wrote The Shape of You... Uh, yeah. ...so it's fair to say... <laughs> they ...have had a pretty solid 2017... Um, yeah. ...I'm hopeful... ...that they'll retire from music... <laughs> ...Daddy Yankee style... ...just off the back of the cash... ...that they got yeah. from this year... ...yeah...
2: ...this was written by Pink... ...producers Steve Mack... ...and Johnny McDade... Uh, ...he's the guitarist of Snow Patrol... ...oh Jesus Christ... No, <laughs> know... Uh, ...he played session tracks... ...and did production for people like... ...Robbie Williams... Alicia Keys and DJ Snake before being <laughs> yeah, sucked into fun, the yeah. nightmarish vortex that astronomers call Sheeran's Hold. <laughs> uh, Co-writer Johnny McDade... You can escape you once can't, you've passed once that. Once you the event, horizon, horizon yeah. Yeah. Uh, He said, uh, Working with producer Steve Mack is always a masterclass in pop music. Steve is a wizard <laughs> when it comes to crafting pop. He and I together work really well because you'll always fight for the connected simplicity of... Look, it's not simplistic at all. It's simple in the sense that, as Einstein said, it's as simple as it can be and no simpler than that. Steve really fought for the chord changes in the song to be almost like a mantra, you know, that they musically just repeat and repeat and repeat to give Alicia the stage, to weave the melody into a place where it would soar into this epic celebration and the unity that comes from it. The repetition in the song, the idea that it would become almost like a heartbeat as it got inside you and become integral when you listen to it. We need to question more, and I love that the song's premise is a question. So just to clarify, one, (laughs) this song is basic as hell, so Einstein definitely would have liked it. (laughs) Two, it wasn't basic enough, so I demanded it be more repetitive. That was definitely on purpose. And three, questions are good, which is why this song is a question, and definitely not, because we couldn't think of an answer to our own question proposed by the song.
1: Look, um... (laughs) You know, I don't want to say that. Remember
2: when I said artists should just make up anything when interviewers asked them? Well, yeah. this is what this is what you do get when that happens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you get allusions you kept to all Einstein. You wish for. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm just saying that's more interesting than saying it was about a fake club. Oh, I never
3: Absolutely, went
1: to. absolutely. Look, um, <laughs> it's mad. Will I am has said some <laughs> whack shit, but he never <laughs> mentioned He's Einstein. He's not afraid. To... He never drew some sort of connection between <laughs> no. his dog shit fucking you know new dance that whatever mm. he's doing and Einstein so he was a fan um, of
2: that theory that less is more but yeah, yeah. personally what was, what I was tend the to Einstein, was the, Einstein more...
1: the exact Einstein part uh, well
2: it? It's a, it must be an Einstein quote it's as simple as it can be ah, and okay. no simpler than that
1: good, good, Einstein good.
2: was probably talking about how the I, I'm assuming the ideal Mathematical
1: equation sure, is yeah. as simple as you can get yeah, it to yeah. be. You want to get it as yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. I'm not. Sure I don't think he was. T- to <laughs> <shit pop music. laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think Einstein was probably yeah. talking about the theory of relativity. And oh, yeah, not... you don't think <laughs> Einstein would have liked boom boom pow? Oh, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's as simple, That's as, as, simple as, as you can, as can get. get yep. Be without um, slapping two rocks there was together. There's about eight things in that quote as well. I love how he also refers to it as Alicia. Like oh. You know, oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. we're first name basis. So Alicia, you know, it's just like, I don't know who the fuck are you talking about. Oh, Pink's real name, great. I like it how they're always talking about how someone fought for something
2: to be in a song even though they didn't want us to do it. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it was us against the man. You don't actually, weirdly, hear that very often with songs that no one likes that were a massive flop. Yeah, exactly. You know, I fought for the recorder solo to be in that song. Yeah. They said, Tom, you're crazy. No yeah. one wants to hear a recorder solo put in the middle in. of hardcore trance. And I yeah. said, yeah, and then the song was a huge flop. So I guess they were right when they told me not to do that because it would <laughs> sound I dumb as
1: shit. fucking wrong. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. The music video was directed by um, Georgia Hudson, who also worked on Ellie Goulding's uh, Love Me Like You Do. Oh, yeah. You may recall from um, Fifty Shades of Grey
0: a few weeks
1: ago, which is um, obviously a a stone cold classic at this (laughs) point. Now, Pink Pink joins a diverse cast of disillusioned young people Mm. in the music video, Tom, expressing their anguish through choreographed dance (laughs) routines in the streets of a desolate city. As you do. The video allows the dancers to express their real-life frustration with a political climate through the interpretive dance. Her favourite sequence involves a powerful confrontation between a gay couple who work out their emotions through choreography, Tom. It's probably happened. Absolutely. Now, I'm a fan of the arts, and by arts I mean, um, you know, Pink's music, music yeah. Pink's Pink's music specifically, Pink's music videos, um, Daddy Yankee, um, sort of YouTube <laughs> yeah. cats in boxes videos, etc, etc. So I enjoy all of all of the, mm. all of the arts, that sort of stuff. Um, but one thing I, I probably don't know whether I'll ever get on board is uh, the emotional interpretive dance you know yeah. where someone's like hey you've had a bad day can you express that by sort of you know yeah running you know going <laughs> to give someone a hug and then pushing you away and then you back pedal really quickly into a wall and push your hands up against it and then sort of move your hands around your head really really quickly and then flop onto the floor so I think it's just sort of for me a lot easier to just say look yeah I, you know I've had a bad day, or look, I've just found out that you know, you know, my sister was in a car accident. She's in the hospital. I hope she's going to be okay. The words do speak volumes more than someone sort of like <laughs> doing a sort of walk against the wind, going
0: aah,
1: aah. so. And this video is basically just all that—just yeah. people going, "Ah, oh, look at me! I'm so emotionally anguished." So, uh, as the director said, it was absolutely electric filming it, Tom. <laughs> The idea was to illustrate a condensed version of the course of a relationship.
2: Which is also this... not what this song is
1: about. No, not anyway. at all. Putting that aside, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this scene was a loosely guided freestyle, <laughs> and each time it grew in intensity, didn't it? Mm, what? Once again, Noel Gallagher's yep. words about music video <laughs> exactly. direction spring to my mind. We wanted to set a space in a story for them to be animalistic in. For this to be raw and unexpected. For their guts to spill. It was absolutely fucking insane. We had a helicopter flying overhead to light them from a spotlight. The track booming like a monster against downtown LA. Gunshots going off from the neighbourhood. Our steady cam on Brian behaving like a hypnotised snake. A total acid energy. Did you get
2: that from the video, Tom? It looked like a bunch of uh, drunk teenagers on the top floor of a car park yeah having a minor scuffle to me exactly um, you know, exactly right. I, that I was in a lot of those situations just growing up and it, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I'd call it electric
1: I don't know whether um, total acid energy really <laughs> applies to someone getting in a dance headlock and then moonwalking into a wall. I mean, yeah. I'm not really sure whether that's sort of what Howard described it as. Yeah, so. I'm
2: not sure whether the uh, adjective acid comes in because no. it's not reflected in the music, the vibe of the druggy sense, or yeah. in the literal sense, unless, you know, the acid they've got, you know. Acid going on inside their clothing That's causing them to dance it's
1: Certainly citric acid I can't (laughs) imagine it's any sort of drugs Now do you think um, Donald Trump Do you think he would have seen this video Struck by the power and emotion Of that interpretive Mm. dance um, And decided to change his ways And stop grabbing people by the pussy Do you think that would have been the result of this video (laughs) Did Pink achieve her purpose Look, I'd say this video changed at least as many minds
2: towards the cause of progressive activism as that Pepsi ad where Kendall Jenner gives a cop a wristy in front of a billboard (laughs) for a soft drink. True. Uh, This video somehow has less impact than that one. Yeah. And about 5,000% less impact than the video for Out of Control by the Chemical Brothers, Mm. directed by WIZ. Which plays with the tropes of media driven protest footage, features Rosario Dawson rather than a bunch of random teenagers you've never heard of. Yep. And impressively manages to take the piss out of that Kendall Jenner commercial ten years before it actually existed. Yeah. Have you seen that one? That's yeah, it's a good really good really video. Good, yeah. yeah. So I'd say <laughs> if you did want to change Donald Trump's mind, play him that one, you know, maybe Rosario Dawson's Sweaty Cans will change his mind better than whatever the hell is going on here (laughs) interpretive dance I mean I know Trump is renowned for his love of interpretive dance
1: yeah look when I was a teenager Tom um, I went to see Stompin' Dance uh, <laughs> the the dance troupe in Launceston mm, yes, because I think I may have seen because I was a teenager and I think when you were sort of 15 it was like oh you know what do what do what do, what do ups do what do mature people do you mm. go and you go to you go and um, you drink coffee at a cafe. Yeah. Um, you go to the theatre you, the you go and see like dance stuff and um <laughs> this was down at Inveresque remember when they had yeah, the shit you the know the rail yards the yeah. rail yard, sort I think of, um, I
2: actually did go to that yeah, thing. I yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. saw a da- an interpretive dance thing at the rail yards so this point. is
1: getting a bit sort of um, for people that don't Uh, unfamiliar with Launceston in Tasmania there's a a rail yards where trains or trams used to be but they hadn't had trains or trams in Launceston for Mm. fucking decades by the time you know I was a teenager so but the rail yards (laughs) just outside the city centre were still there and then they were looking for ways to repurpose that and but there's a museum there now, and, and a few, and the University of Tasmania is relocated there. But in the 90s, before they were figuring out what to do, they were just sort of empty sheds that yeah. things would happen. And it's of a course, a good place for photography students to go and take <laughs> photos because it's lots of big ruined old buildings with yeah. you know barbed wire exactly. And would have been Bruce a great girlfriend. place for people to put on raves. I'm not sure whether yeah. they did that. I'm sure they would have. But yeah, and then occasionally, um, as I went to see, it was in interpretive dance pieces by <laughs> Stompin' yes. dance. Youth theatre company And when I was 15 I was like Oh this is what people do And then I went yep. and went That was The worst thing <laughs> I've seen in my life But You probably don't say that At the time You just go Oh I loved it and Loved it st-
2: Was am I, is, Was Stomp and st- Was
1: that the one Where all the people Hit rubbish bins and Or was that Stomp that was uh that's that the people hitting rubbish bins was like a stomping was like a local yeah, Tasmanian yes, thing. Sorry, I Sorry, no, yeah. yeah, no, I did. Yeah. I think I did see, but Stompen, the people hitting rubbish bins is yeah, they probably that was stomped. Around, they were yeah. yeah, but they were Australian. Yeah, that, was, that sucked as well. But, yeah, that um, was a dance troupe. Yeah. It's not
2: inconceivable that they would have been performing at the rail yards. No, well. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so
1: this music video just reminded me too much of that, like sort of an industrial wasteland of yeah, people doing yeah. shit interpretive dance, like so. something
2: that looks like it's halfway to being a rave but without the fun part. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a bunch of heavily tattooed people
1: pushing each other around in a friggin' car park. If I could travel back to 1995, I would have definitely been on drugs before I went to see that. <laughs> it might have been somewhat better. Um, what lyrics did Pink throw out sure. to really hammer home yeah. her uh, sort of, you know, distaste <laughs> for the new political environment, the new mm. sort of, you know, the Trump era?
2: Sure. Well, uh, sticks and stones, they may break these bones, Mm -hmm. but then I'll be ready. Are you ready? It's the start of us waking up. Come on. Are you ready? I'll be ready. I don't want control. I want to let go. Are you ready? I'll be ready. Because now it's time to let them know we are ready. What about us?
3: Okay. Now, do
2: you see what I mean? Like you can sort of get, you know, knowing the context that you do, yep. you can. You, you, but if you, without knowing that this came out the year after Trump was elected, it just sounds like any sort of generic vaguely sure protesty pop song. It doesn't even contain the sort of aimless but visceral anger of something like Head Like a Hole yep. by Nine Inch Nails, and it certainly doesn't contain any of the actual <laughs> names or places that Rage Against the Machine or someone would use to put into a protest yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't even contain any clever allusions to a fat orange guy or, you know, 2016 or, you know, voting for a rapist or something like that, which you would think you could at least come up with some double entendres for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it doesn't even say who us is. You just assume it just means, you know, people that look like the people in the video...
1: (laughs) Yeah, look the song's pretty it's it's too generic, I think, yeah. for it to have the yeah. impact that was sort of intended. So I mean I like it felt something, but it just sure. doesn't it's not really communicated in the song but this for me this is a, as you mentioned though I guess there's a lot of backlash against artists that do have a strong opinion one way over the other but you the can't all, win but then I'm the saying, alternative yeah. to that is just this sort of like tepid response to like yeah. I'm angry about this but I'm not going to be specific <laughs> about it So well in a
2: perfect world Pink would be a good enough creator of music that the anger would come through in the song yep. but not in a direct didactic way Yeah, but n- Also, not in a vague half-assed way, and you would be able to infer it through the actual song, which wouldn't have to literally be about that. But yeah, Yeah. sadly, we don't live in a perfect world, and this is Pink's ninth number one. But I guess she's seventeen.
1: But she might just be looking to trot this out in eight years' time when you know someone else comes in to power. I hope,
2: I hope it's just from a lack of talent and not because she's scared
1: of offending. Walmart shoppers. I think know. it's probably from a lack of talent. I'm <laughs> sure sh- <assume> it's that. <laughs> let's give her the credit of saying she's just because. Let's look at Pink's audience. Maybe she, yeah, maybe she would be alienating because there'd be I, a lot I of conservative. Don't know if. I, there'd yeah. be a lot of people there just going, "Hey," because when Pink plays the whole, "Oh, look, hey, you know, I'm the underdog and I'm just like you and we're yeah. you know all to all in this together and I love you guys." That could be, um, you know. Democrats or Republicans, I guess, you know, yeah. when you look at it, it could yeah. be sort of the the down, the down downtrodden or the forgotten, no. you know, that's sort of who she sort of plays to, doesn't she? The people that have, oh, your husband's a dickhead, but don't worry, I'm yeah. here for you and whatever. So yeah. It's a
2: long way from... Even... But she's
1: always been quite political with her sort of well, pro, um, you know, gay marriage sort of songs yeah. and those sorts of things. But so again,
2: have... it's not
1: in the song
2: nah. it's pro-gay you know it's pro-gay marriage because she says it and then it's alluded to in the video which is not true, written, true. not directed by her I mean She's, she, she gives off she has a kind of and her videos do like even this one still continues into 2017 they have a kind of grungy vibe yeah. she likes that kind of you know, that's what separates her image from your Lady Gaga's and your Britney's... Who are going through a Swift. very
1: sort of... Yeah.
2: Polished or they have different variations, but her, her shtick is that she's a bit grungy, she's a bit rough and tumble, she's a bit punky and that sort of thing. But when you actually think of the, where the word grungy comes from, like, you know, after what Nevermind came out, Kurt Cobain came out and said in an interview, you know, if you are homophobic... Or you don't believe in feminism? Don't buy our fucking records. We fucking hate you. I mean, yep. this is not. I'm not reading between the lines. He said this And I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that's a good idea, but I'm saying there's no there's no misconstruing it. And at yep. that time, that was a genuinely quite you know edgy thing to say. Like some of his audience probably didn't like that at all. And, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It but just, if you don't, just if, if you don't stand for something, for you stand
1: for nothing. And I think sort of the yeah, Kirk yeah. Cobain thing of like... But also, um, Kirk Cobain and obviously Nirvana. And in the grunge era, there was a very much sort of like... We don't want the success. We don't care about the money so much. Yeah. We just... We just want to play music and whatever, you know. Whereas I think with Pink, it's sort of like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to alienate this, you know. That's what when I When mean. I come to Melbourne, I, I don't want to only be able to play three shows yeah. at Rod Labour. I need to play the full five because my husband's, um, you know, he needs fuel for the motorbike, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so it's I, I Monster know. Energy. But yeah, I can't, but, I can't
2: feed my kids on but, Monster Energy. Drinks.
1: Correct. When, when artists come out and they say, look, yeah. Don't buy our shit if you, if you are this sort of way or whatever. You, you know, mm. I What I mean is, that. she respect could have, that.
2: instead of writing this song, she could have done one interview where she said, if you voted for Trump, I hate you, don't buy my records.
1: Exactly. But
2: then she would have lost heaps of money. You know, she yeah. would have, you know, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Even though everybody knows. I mean, but then would she have fucking... So, this is a weird question. I, yeah, I genuinely, I'm not sure. Like, the, like this song. I'm not sure whether this is generic out of... You know, out of worry, out of fear, or whether it's just generic because that's just how she writes music.
1: Oh, it's like let's do a let's do a protest song, okay? But well, let's keep it as bland as possible. So, or, yeah. or maybe they knocked it out in an afternoon. Who the fuck knows?
2: Or what maybe was. I mean, I suppose if you really wanted to be charitable, you, she maybe she was thinking like, oh, you know, the the more people this applies to, then the more people will enjoy it. Yep. You know, the way that Taylor Swift seems to have a knack for writing songs which although they may be about one thing could technically apply to the largest possible.
1: Group it's about of it's about people. Jake Gyllenhaal's nutsack, but it could also <laughs> right. be about anything. Any boyfriend so, you've yeah. ever had, yeah. For sure. So right. look, twenty seven mil for Pink, we know that, nine dollars for this. Wowzers 27
2: mils not yep. that high no. that's only 2 million higher than a little wine <laughs> oh,
1: true but little wine has a pool so there we go that's true um, anything else to say about this no no no, no. no. alright great it. moving on next week it's uh, Taylor Swift is back she is. She's back in the saddle, Tom. With um, "Look What You Made Me Do." Yeah, only for two weeks this time. Though, two weeks, two is, weeks of Taylor. Yeah. So, I mean, she can only have two weeks because you know Ed and Desperado <laughs> took up the whole fucking yeah. year. So, look. Yeah, this um, is
2: the first single from her first album, back after she was away for an entire year. She,
1: <laughs> look know. out, GD Salinger. We've I got
2: know. another fucking mystery <laughs> recluse in the building. I, I wonder know. what she looks like yeah. after a yeah. year. I man. know.
1: People did mention that um, she was away for a period of time, but I had a look and it didn't appear to be that yeah, long. so I was, sure.
2: I was thinking, oh well, that's obviously my shit memory. I must yep. have forgotten that she'd gone yep. away. Then no, it's like no, it's like
1: eleven months or something. Yeah, <laughs> I know. The albums, <laughs> look, I'm not gonna lie. This is pretty, fu- this is pretty catchy. This one. Yeah. Um, the chorus, I like that. The chorus is just um, a drum loop with heaps of hi hats, like a sort of um. Old school sort of hip hop thing, quite minimal. no, yeah, no other instrumentation in the in the sort of chorus, and it's just Taylor sort of talk singing. Look what you made me do, um, and then a sample of what sounds like Taylor getting dicked by someone's a bit of a ah in there. So, um, would you hazard a guess as to who she's getting dicked by in that? Or it could be literally anyone by this stage. Yeah, I if guess. I started naming potential candidates, yeah, so it's take for the sure, rest of for night. sure. So look, um, yeah, like this one. It's I, I just like that the chorus is just super minimal mm. of just like her going, look what you made me do with just a yeah hi-hat going fucking crazy. So look, yeah. um, <laughs> but interestingly, Tom, <laughs> and this is something I didn't know me, before me, I researched yes, no. this song. And I think... If anyone did know this, um, the Swifties would know. Yeah, because the Swifties yeah. know everything. They've, you know, they, as we know, it's like you know, Easter eggs. They're analysing the lyrics, yeah. they're like trying to find the Lost City of Atlantis or something. No, if, if you if bullshit, you could so. get this by merely listening to the yeah. song, I take my hat off to so you. So this is purportedly a reworking of um, <laughs> the right said Fred hit "I'm Too Sexy," <laughs> so. Um, it must be a loose reworking, and by loose, I mean fucking very yeah, loose. Yeah, looser now, than
2: parts of the Right Said Fred twins, I reckon. Oh, because, exactly right. I mean, to be fair, like, half of Taylor's audience would be too young or more even to have ever heard that in its original form, you yeah. know? Yeah. Even if they've heard of it, but uh, I yeah I I know what you mean I I never would have picked that so the hook this is the rare occasion I reckon where they could have just stolen it and nobody would have ever noticed oh fuck no exactly right And, and if they had it really it doesn't sound anything like it it's I think it's like more of a tempo sort of thing yeah. And like, even if you know exactly where it kicks in, which is one minute and five seconds of the song, to be exact, you'd impress me if you could sort of point it out. I
1: yeah. So, look, um, the, the song's hook apparently follows the rhythmic pattern of I'm Too Sexy. So Swift look, is what credited. What you made me do. Yeah, is, look, what you made me do. What you made so me do. So that's I'm too sexy for Sexy for, for this my, shirt. Oh, I mean, too sexy for... It's, it's Sure, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I guess, it's sort so of like... Yeah, so <laughs> that that's basically all it is. I Her yeah. just saying, look what you made me do follows the I mean, really pattern of I'm as, too sexy for
3: my shirt. I mean, they're credited
1: as writers, so they're getting money from this, so it's a it's a yeah. prop of credit. So they've so. got that. Um, so the the Right Said Fred dudes, yeah, get a writing credit and get royalties from this. Right Said Fred, frontman Richard Fairbrace. Um, uh, explain to NME how Swift uh, interpolated their tune this is what he had to say Mm -hmm. the title of Look What You Made Me Do is based upon the verse of sexy that's basically it what's weird about sexy is that when people sing it they sing the verse and not the chorus nobody sings that I guess (laughs) everyone sings I'm too sexy it's the verse that people have latched onto and not the chorus so, in Taylor's song, they adapt the rhythm and attitude of the sexy verse as a chorus. So they've interpolated it differently. That's it. It'd be an idiot to complain about it, wouldn't fucking, wouldn't you? We've been really lucky to have had picked <laughs> by someone like Taylor, who's obviously very cool and very successful and open-minded about. And relaxed about it. She's not like some people. Now, Tom, this raises one very salient point for me. You, are, They are very lucky to get a songwriting credit on Taylor Swift's song <laughs> because it's free money for them, yet this song sounds nothing like the song that they wrote. So when they say no. stuff like, she's very cool and relaxed about it, some people aren't, it's like... What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she's just went, I'm going to give you guys songwriting credits on this song. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, you have to. Thanks, Taylor. It's great that she's been so cool about mm. it. But she has been cool about it because they could have given a fuck all. Because let's face it. well, There's no, there's nothing about this song that I listen to it and say, no. if she hadn't have given them songwriting credits and they had have sued her, yeah, how, how successful would that have been? That. No,
2: you, you really can't pick it. It's just the tempo thing. Like you say, the tempo of the verse part matches the tempo of the chorus I suppose it's vaguely interesting what he's saying is that people do sing
1: I'm Too Sexy which I guess yeah. is the verse whereas the chorus because no is, one sings "Armor, am model, model you know what I mean yeah he's, no. he's right it's the, she's taken the verse of I'm Too Sexy to but, make it chorus but even the chorus, then, that's but even, probably people probably sing that bit because the song is named after
2: the verse whereas usually the song is named after the chorus yep. the lazy song title is the first line of the chorus and the chorus is <laughs> shitty in that song yeah, anyway if it was called like, I'm a model, then people might sing that instead but yeah I mean but, it yeah. is weird I suppose at this point speaking of being very cool and very open minded uh, they're lucky that they're getting anything because they both recently came out as fervently conspiracist anti-vax twats oh great so yeah so they should be pretty lucky they're getting anything although to be fair they had a massive hit in the early 90s so it's possible they're still living off the royalties from that yeah. and I <laughs> no think that, that fucking one of the guys in their band got heaps of cash from crazy frog somehow as well. Oh fuck. We really? <laughs> we talked about that. Oh, that's in the past. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Just three of the most annoying songs of the last 20 years anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean like you say, if if you hadn't told me that I never would have picked it.
0: But
1: yeah. Yeah, look, exactly. Um, all I can say is that um they probably want to stay on a good side though, don't they? When they sort of say, "Oh, it's a great experience. True. I've got yeah. nothing but good things to say about that." She's no nice because you know. I guess they're probably hoping that they'll use part of "Deeply Dipping" <laughs> on one of Taylor's later albums. I assume so. She'll just be you know sampling. Was that your though, vote yeah. for worst song of the decade? Oh, it's fucking abysmal. <laughs> yes, it's one of the one of the worst of that decade. So yeah, um, look. And also, right said Fred, they don't want to get on the wrong side of the Swifties because uh, no. they'll, they'll fucking kill you. Yeah, they will um, call in a bomb threat to your workplace and have you yeah. fired if you they're, talk they're badly on, on Taylor. Out. So, um, I did read that a couple of Swifties are, are suing um, Ticket Tech because. Yeah, Taylor I, I was guess going to talk about quite that later yeah. On, sorry, but yeah, yeah, but her recent tour um, was announced, and yeah. no one could get tickets. And some Swifties no. are like, ah, so there
2: unprecedented you go. demand.
1: Absolutely, apparently. absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's the weird thing about this song. Super catchy chorus. Mm. Quite like it, as you said, the first song off um, her her album Reputation, I believe that album. Um, but yeah, the whole right said Fred connection didn't, didn't see that. At no. All, so. What else you got to say about it?
2: Um, look, this was produced by Jack Antonoff, uh, Jack off to his mates. <laughs> uh, he'd been working with Taylor on and off since 2014, sometimes as producer, sometimes as co-writer, sometimes both. Yep. Uh, although her new album Midnights, the one that just came out mm-hmm. a month or two ago, that's the first one where they've done an entire album together. Uh, people have credited slash blamed Jack off for pushing Taylor towards a more synthy, digital, somewhat sort of retro and hip-hop tinge sound. Okay. Uh, right at the time, she seemed to be heading in a more confessional, lo-fi musical direction. Yep. I mean, you know, her early stuff was country, she can play the piano, she can yep. play the guitar and that sort of thing. Which version of Taylor do you prefer,
1: do you think? Oh look, um, definitely the um, the more poppy stuff, the nineteen eighty nine, sort of shake it stuff. off type thing onwards. Um, I couldn't give two fucks about sort of the the y ballad stuff or Fair enough. country yeah. sort of singer songwriter type twangy shit. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, that's just not my thing. So um, she's definitely someone that. Can write a catchy pop song, so yeah. yeah so I, I prefer I prefer the catchy pop song stuff compared to some of the other things. But look, each yeah. to their own. The thing is, she's got quite a diverse catalog, so I'm sure there's people that love certain yeah. bits and not other things. So Absolutely. I don't know if you go and watch a Taylor Swift concert these days, whether What is... does she? I, I don't know whether she pulls a bit of that. Here's some from uh,
2: yeah, I was a never country twanger, five, so I some fucking
1: pop stuff. Yeah, so. yeah I'm this sure this it's a was full just thing, the so. album thing,
2: but yeah. yeah. Personally, I don't mind both. Although, from listening to Midnight's, I think she does better with a blend of producers as on these earlier albums. People have pointed out that the seven bonus tracks for Midnight's, all of which are produced in a different style by a different dude yep. are some of the best in the actual package okay. and maybe she should have sacrificed consistency for something a bit less like the shit she's been doing for the last three albums already Yeah, uh, because, you know, she is pretty prolific. She cranks out an album every year or two. Yeah, On the plus side, at least the whole album isn't about what people are saying about her online unlike... Reputation, which is the album that this song comes from, which is also the subject of the lyrics in this song My least favourite version of Taylor Swift is like my least favourite version of Pink and Gwen Stefani uh, the hip-hop bad girl who came up hard in the Dawson's (laughs) Creek projects (laughs) I reckon it's even less convincing here than in Bad Blood where at least it sounded like she was annoyed at someone in particular you know, Jackoff's low-key electro production style uh, I don't know if it really suits this type of song for me. Yes. I don't mind it in general. I just don't know if it suits this particular lyric. Like it's neither sharp and punchy, nor sort of maximalist and bombastic. Yeah. So the sort of thin threats, thin delivery, and the sort of minimalist production add up to not much more to me than a three ply tissue of sort of sub girl power posturing stuff. Yep. A Jackoff claimed that a lot of critics seem to have missed the camp in the song, oh. which sounds like a man either doing damage control after the fact or demonstrating once and for all that straight people can't make camp on purpose. So, yeah, if there's a camp here, it doesn't seem like any more than her normal camp
3: no, no, of no.
2: being a bit
1: of a theatre student who takes herself slightly too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, um, like all of her songs, Tom, there are clues... Easter eggs, hints (laughs) throughout this in the lyrics, in the music video, Swifties and all that. Yeah. So, um, some say that there are parts of the song that reference uh, Kanye West. Oh yes. Look look what it's sort of like. Look what you maybe do. I guess it's sort of a song about it's directed towards somebody about what what she's doing. So, some say there's a bit of Kanye's. um, Obviously, she still harbors some feelings against yeah, Kanye yeah. for getting up on stage and well, interrupting well it wasn't her just that too. he did that
2: music video he that had he her did. in it naked yeah exactly he, he, he talked about it in a song he claimed that they'd made up and then she said that Kim Kardashian had rung her up and told her to get fucked or some. Yep. there was some weirdness going on. So it's
1: on. good that at the time people people were just going, oh, Kanye can do what he wants. Fast forward five <laughs> years, it turns out <laughs> that he can't do exactly what he wants. People have some limits to what they're going to <laughs> allow him to do. I so. saw
2: a pinned tweet last week that was uh, was one of those ones where someone has circled the date in the mm. corner. It was 2018 and it was just some, some rapper I've never heard of saying, I'm getting off the Kanye train right now before he gets to the Hitler was a cool guy stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: That
1: guy was five years in. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. (laughs) So. It's, um, when someone's get, when Elon's saying you can get back on Twitter and within three days you kicked off again, you know that something's <laughs> yeah, gone awry. So, right. But anyway, so some say that this song may be referencing uh, Kanye. Kanye, others say uh, Katy Perry. Yeah, they had um, a bit of a beef. They had a bit time. of a fallout. Um, specifically, some of the lyrics in this reference the Katy Perry song Bon Appetit. Oh really? Which we've talked about before. Which that. is um, the song where where she gets eaten out by the hopefully three hopefully not the deceased one <laughs> of the amigos. So <laughs> sure. she might have been when he was alive though. He, mm. you know, I think I oh, assume that would have happened. And um, look, yeah, if you solve all the puzzles and clues, uh, I don't know what would happen. You might find the city, <laughs> lost city of Atlantis or something like sure. that. We don't really know. Well, but yeah,
0: lately
2: I suspect that the key to understanding a lot of Taylor's decisions. Is yep. to keep in mind that sort of despite her demigod level of fame and implausible physical beauty, she is just a massive dork. Yeah, you know, not an adorkable hipster dork like Zooey Deschanel or that guy who plays Spider-Man, but an actual dork yep. with like a large part of her personality, like Michael Jackson or Mariah Carey, just permanently lodged at the age that she first became famous. Yeah, which in her case is about seventeen. You know, for instance, rap video. Aren't inherently dorky, but if you're white and you can't rap, should you make a rap video? If you're a dork, then yes. Yes, Absolutely. Is appearing in the movie Cats a good decision? No. You were a dork? (laughs) Then it seems like it would be. Hmm, perhaps I should avoid the limelight and retain an air of mystery about my creative processes and the meaning behind my art. Oh, hang on, there's a reporter on the phone. Should I talk to him for three hours? Ah, Total Dork says yes, I should. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. And I think, like, you know, Ben Elton springs to mind as well. There's a temptation on behalf of cynics to look at people like that and go, Ooh, "This is all chin strokingly calculated, and that this all must be part of a plan that we can't see." And it's designed to, especially when the person then goes on to have monetary success. Yep. You know, which is not always the case. Like no one's, you know, piling up to see cats around the block unironically. Even. No, no. But, but yeah, I think not. Not all decisions are made you know, from a purely financial or cynical thing, like, it's quite possible to just have a bit of a lack of taste in your fundamental upbringing, you know, or the seven, internal 17-year-old go, that sounds like fun, I should do that, you know.
1: Oh, look, yeah. I think you're right, Tom. There's definitely artists where it seems like every single thing they do is extremely calculated and it has, mm. we can't break from this thing. But then there's other artists that are just like, oh, you know, this, I just want to do that or yeah. whatever and it doesn't you see, really matter you how with dirty it is.
2: actors sometimes, you know, where people say, you know, you'll get someone who's not a particularly good actor, like Mark Wahlberg, but mm. he's in heaps of rad movies. Mm. And then you look at, you know, someone who is a good actor, like Naomi Watts or something, but then, you know, they've a lot of their movies are crap. Yep. You know, and you're like, why did they never hit it big? They never found that thing. And it's tempting to blame it on the agents or whatever, but it is quite possible to have, be good at doing something, but not having good objective taste in the thing just because you're a good actor doesn't mean you have good taste in movies Yeah, you know and just because you're a good musician doesn't mean you're good at picking like as many interviews that we've talked about said with people like Katy Perry for instance they can't even they don't even really seem to be able to tell what the appeal of their own
1: Style of music is, you oh, know, like <laughs> for sure, exactly. <laughs> like, they don't even know. Yeah, when Katy Perry's well, coming, them... <laughs> talking about, oh, my love for old school hip hop, I like, you, fucking got no idea That's what the hell quite... you're talking about. Talking about her sort of outray edgy perspective that she's got on things,
2: of like Linda Perry talking about herself like she's this lost grunge rocker or whatever. Like, no, you're right. You've been, been, you've been writing songs,
1: pop songs you... for thirty years at this yeah. point. So anyway. fuck off. So, look, um, the music video sees Taylor. She's in a bathtub <laughs> filled with a uh, um, Oh, Ten million dollars in diamonds. Fuck, were they real? Yes, Holy real diamonds. Fucking shit. So she had to. Um, oh my god, that's so much. She went to the. Oh, I can't. So I wish I could remember the jeweler, but um, she contacted them and said, "I need some diamonds for this music oh video." My god. The dude went into the vault, pulled out ten mil of diamonds, and she's in the bathtub with real diamonds. Fuck so it's pretty hell. amazing. It looks like broken yep. glass. And this is one of those music videos where it's obviously just like um budget is no constraint because it's so <laughs> many set pieces. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's like yeah. the bathtub thing with the ten mil and jewelry, then there's another bit where there's about a mi- like seems like there's a hundred people in the sort of yeah. setup. Lots of stuff happening, lots of different... Like, it's only yeah. 10 seconds of this, 10 seconds of that. But know, oh, yeah. um, yeah. it's crazy. And then she, at the end, there's heaps of old... There's heaps of tailors at the end. Oh, she, yeah. She plays yes. herself across different eras, yeah. which is kind of cool as well. She
2: said that the idea for the video was, quote, What if everything people said about me was true? How ridiculous would that look? Again, yeah. that's quite dorky, eh? Yeah. B, it isn't even the first time she's done that, and it worked a lot better in Blank Space, which is a similar idea, and it's also a better song, to my, my, my personal opinion. To be more constructive, I reckon this would have worked a lot better if she'd gone the Britney route, the Oops, I Did It Again type thing, and juxtaposed her old sort of cutesy gel pen unicorn diary Christian image with sort of accidentally on purpose avenging herself against say, a prominent musical artist who once shoved her off the podium in an awards show <laughs> yep. to make a twat of himself, instead of this sort of unconvincing bad girl shtick. Even if you know that it's supposed to be crazy, it just looks like someone unsuccessfully trying to parody a pop, a, a, a hip-hop video by maxing all the settings out. Yeah. But hip-hop videos, as that DJ Khaled thing maxed all the settings out 10 years ago already. You can't push the settings no, anymore. Exactly. <laughs> lying, her lying in a bathtub with $10 million worth of diamonds just doesn't look any weirder than the last Nicki Minaj video. That's no. just what they look like now. There's one where she's like crashed a gold... Bugatti into a pole and it's on fire and you're like, yeah, that would be crazy if the last Little Wayne video I saw didn't have him jumping up and down on top of a gold Ferrari, literally shooting money with a money gun at the screen. (laughs) And also, she's saying oh this is a parody of what people think I'm like, but I don't know if people really do think that Taylor Swift is at home lying in a bathtub full no. of money I don't think that again this is like she's talking about this view of what people supposedly look, think of her on social media but it's filtered through her own weird perception of social media so it's like this weird game of whispers yep. where you know like does anybody really think that Taylor Swift spends her weekends hooning around in a gold Bugatti like, th- that's but, her I mean,
1: bag. Probably When she's got some free time, she's probably just hanging out at <laughs> fucking home, just I'm, chilling out. Yeah. Because she's touring all over the place no. and playing shows, in studios <laughs> recording. It's probably like, I've but got he, a week off, I might just yeah. fuck. I'm, I'm not fucking <laughs> driving around in a gold fucking No, parties. I'm sure she could afford one Oh, if she no doubt, to. yeah, yeah. But, uh, hang on, Ben,
2: that's weird. I clicked on the video for this and I'm watching an ad for Rainbow High again look Jesus. my favourite is Charlotte she's got rings in her hair yep. man. I hope they win the rock battle of the bands against Shadow High am I going to end up on some sort of watch list <laughs> 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 alright I'll give you a quick quick yes or no questionnaire yeah, man, yeah. ready yep. uh, does Taylor Swift look good in a black latex bra yes is she even vaguely convincing as a bad girl no has the hip hop video genre been largely self satirising since 2007 (laughs) yes (laughs) is it worth a million bucks to do the same thing other cheap ass rap videos do by default no yeah I don't think so either that's you know look Uh, what was uh, one other thing I was going to say yeah as you mentioned before a group of Swifties are currently suing Ticketmaster over the recent debacle to secure tickets for her eras tour next year Uh, Ticketmaster had to cancel the public on-sale date for the tour due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand. Uh, They're suing them for fraud, price-fixing and antitrust violations, alleging that intentional deception allowed scalpers to buy the majority of tickets. Uh, Prior to the planned public sale, Ticketmaster put tickets on sale through its verified fan program, which is supposed to root out bots and scalpers, Ticketmaster claimed that more than 3.5 million people registered for the program. It's pretty mental. It's nuts, yep. And that it sold more than 2 million tickets that day, fielding more than 3.5 billion system requests, four times any previous high for anyone. Wow. So, I mean, obviously a lot of that is robots and shit, auto-clicking and stuff like that. Yep. Still, the company blamed it on historically unprecedented demand... Within hours of the sale, tickets were being resold on secondary seller sites for as much as $22,000. I saw them for more than that. I saw front stage tickets for people asking for 90 grand. So, like 180 grand for two tickets next to each other. Wow. Whether anyone bought that. Nah. You no. Know? Uh, the lawsuit acknowledges Ticketmaster's monopoly on the live music industry. Because no other venue can hold half as many people as the stadiums and venues through Ticketmaster, Taylor Swift and other musicians have no choice but to work through Ticketmaster. The fans accused the company of stating that it has taken steps to address this issue, but in reality has taken steps to make additional profit from the scalped tickets. Swift apologised to fans and basically said the same thing, e.g. that everyone knows Ticketmaster sucks ass, but the one thing they are supposed to be able to do is handle volume, yep. which is exactly what they failed to do here. Now, I mean, I know you hate scalping, Ben. Yeah. But would you make an exception if you could on sale two tickets to the Jam and Spoon reunion show for twenty two thousand dollars <laughs>
1: each? Do you think? Yeah. Look, it's a tough one. I, I, I think. Um, yeah. No. Look, I probably wouldn't be <laughs> trying to. Oh, Screaming Jets, maybe Tom, <laughs> twenty two grand no. But yeah, look, it's or it's a fair point. Grand. It's a fair point. I guess there's some people that are like. I'm gonna buy these two tickets, and I'm that. This is gonna get me in America. This will get me through college. You know, what yeah. I mean? or, You know, so it's quite, but with but something thing- like that, I'd be willing to just have a go
2: on the basis of going in the lottery. Yeah. EG I don't even like Taylor Swift but if I get these tickets, oh it'll be such a fluke yep. that I get through that then I'll just maybe But I these
1: resale sites no, when, it, when no. it's like $90,000 nobody's paying that, you know, no, like this it's it's sort of it's, it's insane but yeah, absolutely. But um But yeah, their accusation is that
2: Ticketmaster are they're, dub- they're two-faced. On the one hand, they're saying, oh, we're trying to stop this happening and on the other side, though they're taking money from the on site sites of course,
1: yeah. as well. Everybody, Ticketmaster yeah. is, is a fucking scam because some, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they- some people
2: pointed out that Eddie Vedder was accusing Ticketmaster of predatory bullshit and boycotting them back in the oh, 90s. yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, nobody could tell what he was saying. Don't use <laughs> Ticketmaster.
0: You suck a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I
2: don't tea, mm, so, yeah. By the time I they figured it out, it was too late. Yep. And... Exactly. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> I didn't um, even know who Ticketmaster was then. I lived in and I was like, is that like when you go to you know, Irish Murphys and they make yeah, you pay a yeah. cover charge.
1: Well, we didn't have to worry about it because <laughs> no. nothing ever came to Tasmania. Well, no, that
2: was pre-internet too yeah, as well. Yeah.
1: So the idea that people would be using artificial intelligences to yeah. auto-spam fucking sites, you know. But yeah, yeah, and it's sort of insane to think about the fact that, you know, 1993, imagine you're a massive Pearl Jam fan and they come to Australia. you got you got to physically go and line up at yeah. like, Ticketmaster. It's like... I'm lining up to get these tickets. Like nowadays, it's just like jump on the phone, buy no. the tickets. You're good to I go. Think, so. I think probably a lot of older people like me and boomers and stuff
2: still have this image of scalpers as like cheeky guys outside the AFL, yep. running up and down the line, going, oh, "I got two for Collingwood. he's going to give me fifty bucks or yeah, whatever? Yep. You know," and not just some fucking quasi legal international you know fucking conspiracy thing with just robots just trying to pounce on the biggest tickets I mean obviously people know Taylor Swift's going to be the biggest concert of the year so you know (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, when I was living in the it UK, it, it was still shit. I still I saw a heap. It was all it was scalping all the time in the UK. Like I definitely remember selling tickets to scalpers when I lived in London because <laughs> I'd buy two tickets to go see something and you. But know, that's if, what I mean. I was like, gonna that's go, kind
2: of valid. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, of course. You know, I'd show up to the it's venue. Not that.
1: I've got two yeah. tickets. The dude that I was going to go with couldn't make it, um, or you know, me and a mate and someone else couldn't make it. So, uh, you know, scalper would say. This is sold out. You got a ticket. It's like, yeah, I've got a free one. He's like, I'll give you twenty quid for it, and then you'd go, okay, and then you'd get it off him. You'd hmm. make the money back on the ticket you'd bought, um, and then he'd probably go and flip it to someone yeah. for double that, you know. And that was just the sort of thing. And it was oh, sort of, it was a weird sort of thing. But hey, you know, I don't know. Hey, but hey, buying something for a hundred bucks and then trying to sell it for ninety thousand—that's a yeah. different, different sort yeah, of world. Yeah, just isn't? like
2: automatically using machines to buy, max out all the ticket buying you can possibly do. With the specific purpose of just on selling them online, yeah, is exactly, you know? exactly. It's a different thing. If you can't go to a concert and then you sell it to someone on Gumtree, you know that's
1: it's a you know, different thing, yeah. yeah. As a, rather than a professional biz, exactly. So, um, lyrics. Yeah. What's Taylor hit us with? <laughs> um, okay, what did uh, what did we make her do specifically?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff, uh, with Rob Manzoli, Richard Fairbrass, and Fred Fairbrass from that. Uh, sexy (laughs) Jim yeah yeah. Uh, but I got smarter I got harder in the nick of time honey I rose up from the dead I do it all the time Mm. I think that's just a reference to her coming back after a year I've got a list of names and yours is in red underlined I check it once then I check it twice oh Chilling, Ben. I believe she's Who? booked to headline the three AM slot at the next gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> I think so. Intense murder rhymes <laughs> that she comes out. Do with. we
1: know whose name is underlined well, and in red? And... It's not
2: even. That's what I mean. Like again, it sort of goes back to that pink Probably thing Kanye. a little bit. If she was just a bit more obvious about Kanye West, it'd be way more fun. Oh, you know? and oh, it's not course. like it's going to annoy her fans. Like yeah. no one's. She, but yeah, she just sort of. Yeah. Well, Tom,
1: um, I will tell you this: eighty-two million. That's as high as we've had. (laughs) So that's uh, how many Spotify monthly listeners Taylor has. This will cost you $15. The weird thing
2: is, you know, she can do specificity when she wants to. One of those cool bonus tracks from... Her last album is called High Infidelity, and it's obviously weirdly for her. Probably this is why it's a bonus track, not on the album. Is it seems to be very much just about cheating on one specific dude. Okay, and it and it has it actually contains like dates and places. Oh, nice. You know, so it doesn't say exactly who it's about, but you know the Swifties are all over. Oh, they're onto it. it, Yeah, yeah. it seems to be about. I I can't remember who she was going out with at the time, but she pretty obviously seems to be about cheating on him with. What's that guy's name? Tom Hiddleston.
3: Oh, like she just went to a party definitely. and
2: just and it just sounds like getting out of a shitty relationship and sort of and it's not unusually for her, it's not sort of playing the, the victim, it's just saying, you know, yeah, but I cheated on you, but you were also a dick. Yeah, so, exactly. Which is sure. weird. And that's the kind of thing that's missing that song has more edge to it yeah. and more sort of genuine feeling than this kind of you oh, know, for lazy sure. sort of fake attempt at doing a hit, another diss track. Yeah, that was the thing. She just can't do diss tracks. No, I'd, I'd, I'd much journey.
1: rather listen to a song about her getting finger slayed by the next Spider-Man under Brooklyn Bridge. Mm, than, exactly, know, sort of than forever. some sort of
2: weird hip-hop. Me- exactly, me- exactly, me- yeah. exactly. Oh, okay. So, all right, time off for
1: two weeks. Uh, next, oh. it's Sam Smith. Oh, God, it's <laughs> Sam Smith too good at goodbyes. Sam Smith was some boring Not shit. Good enough. Now at goodbyes. Question. First question, Tom. Where are the beats? Exactly. This has got the only. This has finger clicking. I think yeah. it's got that in the whole song. No beats. Replace that finger clicking with. 140 BPMs, 150, we might be getting somewhere. But unfortunately, this this sucks shit. This
2: is exactly the kind of thing that led to the Eurodance renaissance we're currently experiencing. Absolutely. As further demonstrated by the sublime use of 2 Unlimited in the latest Rick and Morty episode. (laughs) I'm claiming that as part of the renaissance. (laughs) It is. By contrast, this is a kind of old school retro soul ish tinged thing but it doesn't have the catchy hook that that sort of song needs Terrible. his voice is quite nice and I don't hate the choir bit in the chorus Mm. but there's not enough actual song for my liking really and they give him way too much space to indulge his kind of vocal flourishes you know his voice is better than your average X Factor winner but he's not fucking Mariah Carey he doesn't need to be doing trills and what are they what's it called vibratos and
1: weird no none of that bullshit exactly Yep, for sure. Now, Tom, I know you're a pronoun Nazi, so I just want to say that, yes, I know Sam Smith has indicated his pronoun. Sorry, pronouns are they and them. Sure. Okay. So if I'm speaking quickly and not thinking and say the wrong thing, please don't phone up my place of employment, demand that I'm fired, um, or purchase my hacked Medibank data off the dark web and send anthrax to my house... And by that I mean, you know, the the chemical compound of anthrax or recorded material from the band for the last three decades. Okay. Sure. So they and them. I'm sorry if I make a mistake. I'm just, you know, it might be talking quickly. So anyway. Sure. So look, Sam Your Smith's private
2: story. data is as safe with me as with any major Australian corporation. <laughs> Fantastic. Good to know. Also, I probably just called him. him.
1: You know, 400 it's like, it's, I
2: honestly didn't know that until you said this, you know. Well,
1: I'm spelling it out, Tom, because sure. I don't want to get cancelled by I'll, anyone. I'll so. probably do it again okay. within the space of
2: this piece. So, so
1: look, what's the Sam Smith story? Um, he released his first single in 2008 called Bad Day or Week.
2: Oh, okay. Which
1: is um, a stock Aiken and a Waterman level piece of shit that surprisingly yeah. didn't get any traction at all. It sounds like it was recorded in... Um, 1992, using the worst technology of that time, Mm. didn't take off. But look, fortunately for Sam, he severed his ties with that label and signed up with um, a new group of dudes. And the album that uh, they recorded with his original record label was never released. So basically it went, I don't want to be part of this. Never released. Got rid of it. Fast forward a few years, and his fe- his vocals are featured on a few electronic tracks before uh, his debut album in the Only Hours released in two thousand and fourteen. Okay, and he's been doing boring shit ever since that. So yeah,
2: I think this is his second album with that yeah, yeah. record yeah. label. yeah.
1: So Sam's first sort of. Musical, uh, I guess, when he... Oh, that went, is interesting. So he's been around longer than I thought. He's been around for 10 years at yeah, this yeah. point, basically. But, but got big off... Um, I th- well, the first sort of uh, songs, had, yeah, there was a bit of an electronic music mm. dance sort of tinge, but then yeah. when the album was released, it was very much in this sort of boring as fuck yeah. action. Now, I know you're a big fan of his James Bond <laughs> contribution, I believe, Tom.
2: Yeah, look, this was, as you say, this was uh, his first solo release since the 2015 James Bond theme, Writings on the Wall. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, look, I mean, he stirred up some controversy uh, when Writings on the Wall, which was from Spectre, won Best Original Song at the Oscars, Uh, Not because it wasn't, obviously, but because he claimed to be the first openly gay person to win an Oscar while accepting his Oscar. Right. Uh, For the record, previous openly gay winners include Melissa Etheridge, 2007, Best Original Song, Stephen Sondheim, 91, Best Original Song from Dick Tracy, question mark, Sir John Gielgud, 1981 for Arthur, John Schlesinger, 1970, Best Director for Midnight Cowboy, Howard Ashman, Bill Condon, Dustin Lance Black, Elton John, John Carigliano, Alan Ball and Scott Rudin, the producer of No Country for Old Men, a film that some consider to be slightly better than Spectre. Oh,
0: but, yeah. yeah.
2: so um, <laughs> it was kind of a little bit of a... wasn't so much a flub as just something that's so weird that nobody got too offended. It's just like, yeah. well, he must have just been super pissed. He or something must have been, like been on that. crack. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... Um, Look, in a Beats 1 interview, Sam explained that only four songs on this album, The Thrill of It All, are personal, and Too Good at Goodbyes is one of them. Uh, Quote, the song is about a relationship I was in, and it's basically about getting good at getting dumped. I'm still very, very single. I think I'm even more single than I was when I released In the Lonely Hour. So, yeah, do you have any relationship advice for Sam, Ben? Because it seems like life is tough for the Oscar-winning professional musician. Maybe you should try that George Michael technique. You know, smoke a massive bifter, drive your Range Rover through a hedge into a park, and hit up the public toilets. Yeah,
1: look, I think that's probably. Which are probably the way unisex now. I mean, bloody woke brigades ruined all the best glory holes. I reckon. Yeah. Oh look, I think you're right. Sam Smith's issue is that, um, as we mentioned with George Michael's passing, a lot of that gay toilet knowledge was lost.
0: Mm, so.
1: Mm. Maybe George had a handbook somewhere. He had the best ones down there. But I think for Sam, if Sam spent some more time probably perusing those gay toilets, take the Oscar with you, obviously. You take that along. (laughs) And then you're in the public urinal. You have that on the ground so that people that come in will see the Oscar under the toilet door. They'll know that Sam Smith's in for the night.
0: Mm. And
1: I think that way, there's probably a good chance that you know, love will be found. It'll take some time. That's but as true. but George, you know, he said George said he spent a lot of time in public toilets. He knew the good toilets <laughs> to go. He knew which ones That's to go true. to. So you gotta put the hours in. Love doesn't happen yeah. overnight time. A relationship doesn't occur out of nothing. You've got to put the time in That's so right. sam needs to spend the time he needs to get you up don't to don't make the ellen jones mistake do you just no. pick the first public toilet in london no. you phone
2: and start waving the flag no
1: no 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 so i think sam find that george michael knowledge Find the best public toilets, mm-hmm. spend some time in there, yep. and love will find a way. That's my advice. And when you advice. come to a
2: generously sized glory hole, just stick the end of the Oscar through that. Exactly and If that right. doesn't,
1: you know, get one on the hook, I don't know what will. <laughs> exactly right, exactly. So, I think that's my advice, but, you know, it's not for everyone. <laughs> no. I will say that.
2: Did you uh, did you watch the video of this, speaking of videos? Oh, uh,
1: yeah, it was boring. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it achieves the not-very-difficult twin distinctions of making the UK look grim and depressing and making Sam Smith look like Jude Law's creepy cousin with a five-head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I may be too focused on looks in the pop arena, Ben. I guess at some level I don't think someone should be able to get to number one unless they are, at minimum, less fugly than I am. Mm. You know, if they've got massive talent and a third arm, then they won't be on the charts either. They'll be off doing something more interesting in a musical genre that only the most far-sighted aficionados are paying attention to right now like eurobeat for yeah of course instance. yeah yeah look, look um, no i know it's so as that last paragraph indicates it's so boring that i struggle to think of anything to say
0: about it. yeah this,
1: this is this this is a nothing song for me yeah um, no it's really nothing dull. to say about it at all yeah. um lyrics anything that stands out <sighs> barely
0: because nah, every time to.
2: you hurt me, the less that I cry. And every time you leave me, the quicker these tears dry. And every time you walk out, the less I love you. Baby, we don't stand a chance. It's sad, but it's true. I'm way too good at goodbyes. Like this song, it's not actually terrible. It's just not really interesting enough to stand out. Yep. I'm happy to hear someone with talent at the top of the charts. I just wish it was doing something a bit more interesting than this. Yeah, no doubt. Look, yeah, um, you don't have to look like Taylor Swift to be at number one, but if you, you know, you should be with something more interesting. Look, he's obviously a good
1: vocalist. Yeah,
3: he um, can sing. But but there are a lot of people who can fucking sing. Yeah, exactly. Not he's, on Exeter, obviously,
2: better. but in real life, there are.
1: For sure. Um, let's get on to someone who can Look, he's got 70 million him. listeners, which is fuck fucking me. insane. That is mental. Yep, so he's got a lot. And. How and
2: the fuck? 70 million? Yep. He's
1: massive. He's massive. It's like. It, not He's quite tap- Ed Sheer, and that was as big yeah. as fucking... Look, he knows what... People like boring shit. He's tapped into that market. God. People like and, I was bullshit. just saying that at the start of this episode,
2: and now clearly... It still takes me by surprise yep. sometimes.
1: And there's but none for sale companies. on Discogs right now. If you want to buy one for a loved one for Christmas, there's none available for sale. No. Uh, but as an indicator, the last one that sold, sold for $39. So they save your pennies. probably
2: didn't make many of those. No doubt. I wouldn't no have doubt. thought. Because he's no still doubt. an unknown quantity. Although, you know, winning an Oscar is going to help. But then you look at the list of people who've won Oscars for Best Original Song... You know, three, six, Mafia spring to mind. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> guarantee you a lifelong musical career. Not at all, not I at all. I think those guys are drinking cough syrup in a basement with Little Wayne right now. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, who have we got next? Someone with some real skills. I please. hope so,
1: I hope so. More talent, is that what you're after? Was that what you were yes. sort of begging for? Someone with some real vocal chops. Yeah, definitely, with well, vocal chops. We've got um the new Vanilla Ice Tom in Post Malone. With Rockstar for... How many weeks is this? Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Fucking oath, yeah. Um, seven. Once again, seven weeks in any given year would have been a very sort mm. of great run. But for Post Malone, it wasn't to be... Um, no, as yeah. we've known, he was defeated by, you know, Daddy Yankee uh, mm. with Despacito and Ed Sheeran. That's so, right. look, seven's no good this year. So, look, look, it's probably not entirely fair, to my knowledge, to say that Post Malone is you know, the new Vanilla Rice. That's sort of, you know, obviously <laughs> he's a white rapper, but that's not... No. ...not polite thing to say. You know, because as far as I'm, you know, aware, Post Malone is not featured in his own film or performed with the Ninja Turtles, but has admittedly had more than one popular song. So <laughs> they I tell think, me, sure. I, I think, from what I understand. So Post Malone is sort of um winning in that front. So, look... Mm-hmm. um. At first, I was hoping this was going to be a cover of Nickelback's Rockstar, Tom. That's what I sort <laughs> Sadly of uh, not. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Um, but unfortunately, this is much worse. <laughs> Post Malone operates in a trap-pop, cloud-rap environment, I guess, which I'd describe as tedious. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, look, it, clearly, it's a guy that... Has some musical ability, I think. Like I don't. I think that you can sort of probably say. I'll take it on he, faith. I, sure. I take it on faith that he probably can do something musically. It's just that he's explored areas that I couldn't give two fucks about, and um, he's working in a pretty bland and unexciting space. So. You no, know,
2: I mean, look.
1: Okay, maybe I'm old, but yep.
2: objectively, this has no melody, no, no. bass line, no hook nothing to say and if there's a decent flow I can't detect it in no, the lyrics for no, a song no. called Rockstar it features zero rock and zero star
1: yep it's, I, <laughs> sure
2: you know I don't know what else to say about it um, yeah
1: well cloud rap um, I guess across the board has that sort of um, put you to sleep vibe yeah you know what I mean like it's sort of
0: it, I do and- know
1: I mean, I don't really. I'd hate to say that cloud rap is um, sort of ambient house plus rapping, but you know what I Like, there's sort of like a uh, sort of. That's being is there a dreamy house. is there a dreamy element to it or is well, it just a sort
2: of? It can't be a coincidence that half of them seem to be addicted to prescription pills. Yeah, because I sure as fuck feel like I'm on them when I'm listening to this stuff. Yep. I mean, sometimes it's a nice feeling, but generally I don't come to hip hop for the same reasons I come to a cup of milky chamomile and a snuggly blanket. Yeah. You know? Correct. Yeah. This exactly. Is, I mean, it's, this is cloud rap. Is, is SoundCloud and cloud rap the same thing? That's well, I, what I was I, I
1: think they're different things. Because um, he
2: did start out on SoundCloud. Yeah.
1: Correct. Yeah. But,
2: but they're not the same thing. That's no. just a coincidence. Thing.
1: I think SoundCloud rappers is sort of like lo-fi dudes that are uploading sort of stuff yep. to SoundCloud. Whereas Cloud, Cloud, rap, Cloud is Rappers that, sort of has that sort of what I'm ethereal, nodding off on Andy <laughs> yeah, Dreamy sort of <laughs> yes. uh,
0: you know, 5 Xanax
1: kind of thing.
2: For so, sure. So how could this guy have gone from SoundCloud to Stardom Been Putting aside option A entire generation of Wiggers hooked on social media and prescription drugs yep. we're left with B DJ a Kardashian's birthday party and met stable genius Kanye West, who introduced <laughs> him to the world's favourite middle-aged lesbian impersonator, Justin Bieber. Uh, mm-hmm. After hearing Malone's mystifyingly popular first single, White Iverson, <laughs> Earl yeah. sweatshirt, tweeted, just heard the song White Iverson, man's, who mans is this lol, who let this slide, LMAO, I'm a grown-ass man, you'll have fun slapping that one. <laughs> Turns out if there's one thing Kanye West loves it's publicly slapping it. So yeah, I'm with Earl Sweatshirt yeah, on yeah. that one. Exactly. <laughs> just this just makes me feel old, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and not not in the interesting way of like I'm offended and I don't understand this. It's just like I don't understand where the song in this song is at all, you know. Yeah,
1: like I remember listening to this and sort of um went this this is shitty uh, and then yeah, not knowing where this guy came from. Mm. Read about, yeah, his first song was White Iverson. Went and listened to that. That was fucking no, terrible. terrible. And just sort of was like, okay, so it's sort of a non-rap sort of rapping thing. Yeah, sort of, about
2: yeah. nothing in particular from the point of view of a guy He, I mean, unlike Eminem, doesn't even really seem to have anywhere coming from, you know? Yeah. Like, he doesn't have an angle lyrically that I could detect. But
1: it's sort of, um, it's almost... In the... uh, I mean, look, we sort of spoke about, you know, Sam Smith being pretty bland. This is almost like a hip-hop-ish equivalent of of that. You know, like it's sort of... (laughs) it's, It's rap, kind of, but it doesn't really do anything and it's just sort of... Is it... Do you reckon this is popular and gets all the streams off sort of background music? You just put it on and it's just on in the background. It yeah, I mean, plays and it's like... Oh I right. feel
2: like more it's just... We were talking about it last week with, you know, the this style of hip-hop that it just... It's just the dominant style at the moment and it yep. just doesn't... It does nothing for me. But it clearly does something for someone. And it, it sort of... It reminds me a tiny bit of like the sort of warbly, non-melodic kind of stuff that, like, Ariana Grande does... Yeah. ...which is... Th- her stuff's hip-hop influence, but it's obviously not hip-hop. But she moves in those sort of circles. But, like, it just sort of... I just keep waiting for a melody to show up. And it's yep. weird because I know she's got actual vocal talent yep. and there are smart yep. people doing the production on the songs. So then I can only deduce that it's just not... It's not for me. It's obviously not intended for me. No,
1: exactly. But, Look, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean it's necessarily good though no no oh, but just because it's not for you correct it doesn't mean that it's, it's good no but, um, but
2: then I you know I'm tempted to think well maybe I'm just missing something here because I'm too old and I'm not the audience for this but
1: Yeah. For sure. If
2: there's something in this song that I'm missing, then squinting at it very hard from close range, I could not detect it.
1: Yeah, sucks shit. Um, Look, Post Malone did do a Nirvana covers set (laughs) live from his house during lockdown, uh, featuring the most stable Kardashian current or former husband in Travis Barker (laughs) performing uh, drums, and apparently that was very well received, so shows that Post Malone... He's not only capable of doing some of the blandest sort of cloud rap out there. He can also do Nirvana covers with a guitar. So he can play an instrument. So I'll give him that. Yeah. And people people seem to enjoy that. So good on him there. Look, I'm starting to think, though, that Tom, the origin... You know how we read about the origin stories of songs? And someone's like, yo, I was in a taxi and then I got a phone call from, you know. And you just sort of take them as red as being like okay yeah. that's what it is but I'm starting to think that almost every one of those is complete bullshit because we've sort of <laughs> learnt that someone will say something and then another artist will be like oh this is how the origin of that happened oh, and, you know, know and, and it's no different with this song so artists are obviously asked in interviews how a certain song came to be You know, they either forgot or the story is just so boring that they make something up, as you said, they probably should. And um, look, so with this song, Post Malone said this. I was in New York, Rat Quad Studios. Some kid came in and he was like in the next session next door, in another session next door. He said, hey, can I play you some beats? I'm like, I guess so. You know, I'm a nice guy. I like music. I'll listen to your beats. He played the beat and it was incredible. His name is Tank. He's a really young guy and a really talented producer. So we did that and Joey Badass was in there. We were just vibing on it and the melody was sick. We cut a little scratch vocal, took it back to LA, I finished my part, sent it off to Savage and there it is. <laughs> so that's Post Malone sort of. Now first of all, no one's listening to this beat and saying it's sick cuz it's no. fucking boring as shit. But well, then so anyway, how
2: old was Tank? Was he like oh, 7, about seven that ten or something?
1: <laughs> so then Tank God he said... Thank God is a good name. So that guy, yeah. You know. He said, "I he said, uh, I was, he used a chance meeting with Postman at a sneaker store. He said, I was like, uh, I met you in LA. And then he was like, at Flight Club? I said, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm a producer. Can you play, can I play you some beats? He was like, yeah let's get weird that's what apparently Post Malone said so Post Malone reckons that he was recording and Tank was just next door and popped in and played him some beats mm. Tank's like I met you at a fucking sneaker shop which one of these is real Tom I don't know and I think it's really important because was this song born out of a sneaker shop meeting or was it born out of a chance studio meeting yeah, I don't two feel like I can things. really engage with it until I have
2: that question settled in my mind
1: exactly but... and do you Really think Post Malone went? Yeah, let's get weird. (laughs) I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, according to some weird factoid I read, he was at school. He was voted uh, most likely to become a, you know, become famous. Well, so it's it's possible. It's possible that he is in person really a charismatic and fun dude to be around. DJ Khaled style, where you think there has to be some. Reason that does not appear in his music or in his videos that explains why people like him so much. Well, he must have done because... something in high school that endeared
1: people and went, oh, he's the yeah. most likely to but be But what I mean so.
2: is maybe he is a nice enough guy or he's taken enough pills that he's some random kid comes up to him and goes, can I play his beats? And he's yeah. like, all right, fuck it. I'm not doing anything else for the next yeah. half an hour.
1: Now, Tom, I know you're going to get to the lyrics later, but I, I just feel like I need to point out that the opening <laughs> lyric to this song is I've been fucking hosing, and poppin' pillies. I mm. feel just like a rock star. Yeah. Which is, you know... It makes
2: him feel like a rock star, apparently, as you say. It's weird because he looks like he grew up in a trailer park But he obviously didn't, because if he had, he would know that that behaviour is available to anyone who has 20 bucks and lives near hose and pill supplies. For sure, absolutely. If he was doing coke and fucking attractive women who aren't prostitutes, it would seem more like rock star behaviour to me.
1: And is the stupidest thing you've heard in music this year the bit in the song where he does the gun going...
2: It's every bit as stupid as the bit in that DJ Khaled song where the guy keeps going brruh, brruh, like he's some sort of weird pigeon.
1: Yeah, from 1997. that's true. <laughs> that's awful. And but when yeah, no, it's terrible. The, the gun. Yeah, brruh, 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 that's like it's I don't really know whether he's been involved with guns really. Like I, I don't. No, really, I, I don't, really don't get think so that either. That's all, what so. I mean.
2: I don't think he even has the sort of trailer yeah. park. Um, Reality of Eminem. I think yeah. he's more like Kid Rock, where he thinks if he has enough shit tattoos, people will assume authenticity yeah. on his behalf. When in actual fact, he grew up in the fucking suburbs like everybody else did.
1: Exactly. So look, yeah. so he starts off that he does the pot fucking hose, pop and pillies. <laughs> he's going a pop pa like fucking. Like, he's a little <laughs> drummer boy or some <laughs> shit. It's like fucking... man, I mean, it's, it's like fucking garbage. Before. And then 21 Savage shows up and <laughs> sings about getting into a pool with a chick not wearing a bra. It's like... Mm. A fu- yeah, of course. Like, she's probably wearing a bikini top or something. <laughs> She might be going topless. I, I no. don't. I don't know Twenty One Savage, but it's like it's less yo, sexy yo. than Desposito. Jesus, it's fun. Daddy Yankee it, yeah. would be think this so was bullshit. It's pretty bad. I I don't know. <laughs> this is off the album "Tom um, Beer Bongs and Benleys, which is a clever title. If you think juxtaposing two very different socio-economic interests is interesting, yeah. I don't know.
2: Again, as I said, that's like Kid Rock. It it's a, it, it it assumes. That you'll read that and go, oh, he's come a long way he from this, yep. but it doesn't actually mean anything. Like no. every fucking frat boy does beer bongs. It doesn't mean that you were poor. Half of those frat boys' parents are fucking trust. You know, their you rich. went to, you you drove to college in a Bentley to get the beer yeah. bongs. I don't know. His dad ran a con- ran the concessions for a major American fucking football franchise so I okay. doubt that he grew up in a fucking trailer park yep. I did have a bit of a look but I couldn't find much about it look in August 2016 the year before this Malone issued an apology for his previous album Stony, being late Malone later went on to call the album Mediocre <laughs> Uh, still waiting for the apology for his subsequent four <laughs> albums and contributions yeah. to Pokemon 25 colon the album and XXX colon the Return of Xander Cage soundtrack, which is, <laughs> were
0: apparently... <Jesus laughs> so
2: I can only imagine Stony must have really sucked <laughs> shit. Good Lord. Yeah.
1: Fucking nice. Uh, look, yeah, I respect that he um, apologised for his first album, <laughs> but um, where the, is that the triple X sequel? Uh, when did that come out?
2: There's three. There's three. Okay. Yeah, there's the there's the first one. Then there's the one with Ice Cube playing oh. Vin Diesel because oh, of their incredibly close physical resemblance. And then I think Vin Diesel came back. Did he? for a third? Let nice me just one. check it. I don't want to. I don't want to get wrong with my triple X.
1: I think um, most. I think almost all listeners of the podcast are very big triple X fans, so they wouldn't want any sort of um, incorrect triple X action there. But um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. no,
2: that was twenty seventeen. That was this this year. Okay. So, so, yeah, so Postline drops
1: the... dropped some um some <laughs> some knowledge on that, did fantastic. And also Pokemon the movie. <laughs> Good to see. Now look the thing about Post Malone is, though, I do like the fact that he keeps you off guard, Tom. You, you, mm, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So, as we saw with DJ Khalid and his posse in that song, a yeah. lot of tequilas, a lot of... Yeah. G- like, it's it's spirit-based, yeah, isn't it? Definitely. It's all spirits. Whereas Post Malone, uh, he launched his own line of French rosé called uh, Maison Number no. 9, named after his favourite tarot card, the Nine of Swords. So, um, (laughs) sold out in two days and, um, look, obviously shows that he's classier than just the beer bongs, Tom. Mm. So he said, I'm going to release some alcohol. It's going to be French (laughs) rosé. That's what I demand. I'm not going to do beer. I'm not going to do a fucking cheap ass whiskey has to be French rosé and to keep it classy, to keep (laughs) it as classy as it gets, I'm going to name it after a tarot card, Mm. the nine of swords. So respect to that. And look, I think what I like about Post Malone, Tom, is that in this day and age, authenticity can be difficult. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it can be sort of, how do you know that someone is really committed to the music and hasn't just sort of discovered, you know mumble rap and sort of mm. I guess sort of because the barrier to entry for some things is quite <laughs> low yeah. so someone might just go oh I hear this is popular now I'm going to get in there mm. I'm going to go on TikTok do a video go on YouTube and people are like oh wow you know so how do we know that they're authentic how do we know that they're really committed to the cause how do we know that they haven't just, you know knocked out something over the weekend and then you know next month they'll be on to the yeah. next thing so look how much you know has an artist put into the art, so to speak, Tom? I think so. Look, yeah. Um, and look, Post Malone's name comes from a rap name generator, oh, so God I think almighty. you can assume that he might not have it be that invested in hip hop. Mm. The fact that he just typed in his name, Austin Post, into a hip hop generator, spat out Post Malone, and he went, "I'm going to run with that." God, so you might think that you know he's not that invested Mm. in hip-hop because of the fact that he has just done that sort of... He's doing like a sort of cloud, um, sort of SoundCloud rap where, you know, maybe he's just put it together really quickly on the weekend, put it out there. His name's through a hip-hop generator. But the one way I think that you show that you really are committed to the cause of hip-hop is to get about 25 face tattoos. It definitely seems to be the way of doing it now. Because there's no fucking way back from that, is there? No. You're committed to the cause then. It's like, I'm a rapper. Yeah. My whole face is face tattoos. Therefore, I can't yes. just go back to working at Kmart up Ideally, this you should do that, I reckon, while you've got exactly
2: one and a half SoundCloud EPs. Yeah, exactly. You still live with your parents and you've never actually held a real job yep. in your entire go life. Go fucking you know, all in with that's the face right. tattoos. Get a full Takeshi 69 forward piece, I exactly reckon. Exactly right. Then when you find out he's a pedophile, you just cross out the Takeshi part.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right, sure. in, I
2: love instead, you know. Now,
1: um... Post Malone has this to say, I feel like the face tattoos make me interesting to look at. So where I might lack in handsomeness, I make up for intrigue at least. Now, is that a good fucking idea? Is that a good reason to get a... If you're sort of like going, yo, I don't think I'm very handsome. If I get heaps of face tattoos, that makes me interesting. It's not
2: entirely wrong, but I am immediately brought to mind of the Dimitri Martin sketch about the guy who shows up at the hipster party with a dragon tattooed on his face, so it goes around his cheek, so it looks like his mouth, so when he opens his mouth and you it's see strange. him, and all these girls come up to him and people are talking to him and stuff and there's a kind of montage of him showing up, and then the door opens and just another guy comes in with the same tattoo. <laughs> <And> it just <laughs> kind of ruins the entire thing. Like, I mean, the the face tattoos, it, if, if everyone in hip-hop that's your age or younger has face tattoos, then it stops being fucking interesting to look at, doesn't it? For sure, it's not super complicated. I mean, if you're the only one, then yeah, it's more interesting than a normal guy with a beard.
1: Yeah, but you're you're sort of. um, I suppose you could try wearing an outfit that doesn't
2: look like hot dog shit, but you know, I'm just throwing ideas out there to post Malone.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I guess he could get sort of a full Rihanna tattoo down the side of his (laughs) face, but unfortunately, Aaron Carter's done that. But he's in the ground now, so he can sort of (laughs) he can probably definitely take that on. But look, it's it's an interesting reason, I think, to say, I don't think I'm very handsome, I'm going to go face at it. Here's the thing, if you don't think you're very handsome, that's okay. Because he's getting wealthier, I'm sure get a stylist, <laughs> you know, maybe hit the gym or something, mm. you know, get someone to do the hairstyle. You know what you can't do, though? Easily remove facial tattoos. No, no, <laughs> but look, um, they're all very good. Look... What's Do you have a favourite Post Malone face tattoo, Tom? Have well, you, do you have a favourite uh, one? Yeah, one of his newer ones. On his right
2: cheek, like yep. where you'd have a large sideburn down to his chin, he has a medieval knight's arm oh. and gauntlet sort of holding a mace, which is like a big spiky ball on a yeah. chain. Yeah. It's actually quite well done from a technical perspective. It looks like something from like a Victorian armaments manual or something. Yep. I mean, if you were highly into Dungeons and Dragons and it was on your shoulder instead of your face, it could be cool. Yeah. You know, oh, and I also like that dotted line across his chin that says rest nuts here as well. That's pretty good. <laughs> good, good,
1: good, good. Yeah, what about at, you? What's your uh, look, for me, Tom, he's got always tired tattooed under his eyes. <laughs> he's got always and tired tattooed <laughs> under there. And the reason I like that is because if, if you meet Post Malone, you see Post Malone, <laughs> yeah. and you go, How you doing, mate? And he's like, mm. Yeah, I'm okay. And you're just like, I wonder what's up with him. Yeah. He's, not, he's not very talkative to her. Then you look at his face And you see it says Always tired And then you remember You yeah. go That's right This guy is always it's tired It's a good thing he He's not, not there he Because otherwise get... The rest of his physical appearance yep. Would have just made me assume He has a yep. fentanyl addiction For sure For sure <laughs> Now so, I know he's merely jet lagged Exactly So yeah. I might think This guy's a fucking total cunt He won't <laughs> talk to me Look at this piece of shit And then I go No no He's just always He's always very snoozy <laughs> He's real sleepy. He doesn't have a lot of energy. So then you just go, that's okay, mate. I understand you're a bit tired. And then he walks off and you go, saw Post Malone today, looked a bit tired. But according to his face tattoos, he's always tired. So I didn't take any offence at the fact that he wasn't really reacting or you know interacting with me at all. So that's my favorite. I think it it means that you don't have to communicate as much. So mm. I really respect that. That's my favorite of his for sure. Um, he's also got an ace of spades on his forehead, so that's great too. Because so, I love cards. I wonder if that's his favorite. Not type sure. Normal card. I don't know. Probably is.
2: The thing that impresses me most about old Post Nasal Drip is that he looks exactly like he could be headlining day three of the Gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah. From his mullet down to his signature army camo Crocs that he put out, yep. And yet his music is so soft cock it would almost certainly get him bottled off stage at such a venue. Yep. Like dance hall or Ariana Grande's a melodic underage sex warbling. This sort of music is clearly not for me. Uh, Which makes me feel old, which is not great, but it also makes me feel musically talented, well-dressed, hyper articulate, and excellent at decision-making, you know, on the plus side. Decisions like, should I get a cartoon dick tattooed onto my forehead under a Xanax logo and a picture of SpongeBob SquarePants? You know, even Taylor Swift isn't enough of a dork for that shit. No, not at
1: all. (laughs) Exactly right. Look, um... The music video is like uh, some samurai action in that. How are you feeling about that? I couldn't. I couldn't tell. I got. There was one. I think
2: I got. I ended up watching the White Iverson one, which was him sort of standing around in a desert with yeah. a limo. Sort of lethal weapon one style. Unfortunately, yeah. um, Riggs doesn't show up with a sniper yeah. rifle and shoot him at any point. For sure, yeah, yeah, I d- yeah. I didn't see the video. I heard the song, but yeah. So what I happens could, it's uh, some
1: samurai act? I couldn't isn't? tell whether it some was army like a disposal real swords. Getting uh, swung around? Yeah, I, I didn't know whether it was like a real, sort of like weak kill bill style kind uh, okay. of. Yep. Um, sort of uh, <laughs> homage or there's like another like um, sort of 70s sort of Japanese um, film. But It was all white in the video clip as well so mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether it was sort of... <laughs> anyway, it sure it was wasn't oh, all white. Fuck, it was garbage. <laughs> anyway, so look, um, Post Malone's got 49 million listeners which is way too fucking much. 21 Savage has got 48 mil so fucking they're real. both doing pretty well. I've never even this.
2: Heard
3: of
1: 21 Savage. So 21 Savage is... Um, He's another rapper. So uh, He's apparently, be cologne from Johnny Depp. <laughs> apparently, on the original version, um, T Pain was on here, but they scrapped the T Pain verse. T Pain would have fitted very scrapped well in it. Here yeah, I know. Scrapped it. Yeah, no. Scrapped it. Scrapped that, and mm-hmm. Twenty One Savage stepped in and did his verse, where um, yeah. he sings about. Um, a chick with getting in a pool with someone with no brass so that's mm. okay and um, this is going to cost you $20 on the Discogs for the CD single Thanks. now yeah, talk much. me through these lyrics these must be fucking as yeah. good as it gets
2: well yeah as you said uh, in December it was revealed that Joey Badass had co-written the track as well as pinning an extra verse after Music Mafia leaked the original version of the song with oh, T-Pain no. on it oh, okay. hence this is credited to Tank God Carl Rosen Joey Badass Lois Louis Bell, Louis Bell, 21 Savage and Post Malone. As I said, this music isn't for me, and it's not meant to be, which is fair enough, but I can respect a new genre if, even if I don't like it, yep. when it has something new to say or something real to say, you know? Yep. Uh, I've been fucking hoes and poppin' and pillies. Man, I feel just like a rock star, A a. All my brothers got that gas, and they always be smoking like a raster. Fucking with me, call up on a Uzi... And show up, man. Them the shotters. When my homies pull up on your block, they make that thing go. Insert idiot pigeon noise. So. In short, just the same old NWA gangster rap shit from 1986 fucking hoes, smoking weed, shooting guns, except dramatically worse from a musical perspective. And oh, yeah. Total bullshit coming out of the grill of a white suburban cock lord. I don't say this often, Ben, but I found this song to be derivative of Kevin Federline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt like his experience on the streets were more believable than this twat and his Kmart crocs. Fuck's yeah, sake.
1: this this was it's it's pretty bad, and unfortunately, every post Malone song I've heard subsequent to this is actually worse than this one. Like it's, it's so just bad. super bland, and um yeah, I sort of, I don't know, like maybe I'm wrong to sort of still consider that. You know, the whole point of being an MC and being a rapper is to sort of maybe have something to say and trying to come up with interesting, right? And look, and I think in underground hip-hop, that sort of still exists, but certainly in the pop charts, no one seems to care about that. It's like, yo, it's he's a rapper, but it's like, but what's he talking about? Like, popping pills and banging chicks and shooting guns. It's kind of like the loose frame. You could write a song
2: about, you know, I'm not a fucking rapper, but you could write a song about... Hey look at me, I'm a weird looking guy from the suburbs, now all of a sudden I'm fucking getting famous and people want to know who I am and it's weird and it makes me kind of uncomfortable so I deal with it by getting off my face and having meaningless sex with chicks but I don't think they really are into me, I think maybe they just like me because I'm famous, you know, better get another face tattoo Exactly. and I think well at least that sounds plausible. But pretending you're fucking doing drive-bys with Vanilla Ice in his 5.0 from 1992, I mean,
1: Jesus Christ. I think it was probably the late 80s um, when Ice Cube said, when I'm in your neighbourhood, you better duck because Ice Cube is crazy as fuck. (laughs) And after he said that, it's done. You know what I mean? No one's going to beat that. No No, one can top that. No, that's right. So I think that... um, he got the lyrics spot on there. You know, that. that's what we're talking about. Uh, anyone else that's going to come out about, I'm going to fucking shoot you. It's just like, look at what Ice Cube said 30 years ago. It's fine. Sure. It's crazy. Because he's crazy as fuck. and That's that, true. And, and duck and crazy <laughs> as fuck is, um, you know, I think um, NW also mentioned, I think they rhyme like something about being in a rage with the go and get the twelve gauge. So I'm pretty sure. I mean, you <laughs> know, they're they're fucking classic lyrics, and any and now that Post Malone's coming out and going, it like, doesn't have the same sort of effect. Um, I'm pretty sure NWA were exaggerating shit. Of I'm course, course
0: they One were. of them
2: probably did own an Uzi. I mean, oh, fucking no. Axl Rose did own an Uzi. Did Post Malone own an Uzi? No, no I don't exactly. believe he moved out of his mum's basement. Frankly, like,
1: yeah. It it's probably is, um, yeah, you know, ob- yeah. like you sort of, you look at that sort of NWA stuff and you know, Easy E was sort of, I think, you know, sold drugs to sort of get money to, oh yeah, to I you mean, know, make the records and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, I don't really think, you know, doc, a lot <laughs> of the a lot of the dudes in N.W.A. They weren't out there like popping caps in people's, I mean,
2: arses o- authentically murdering people doesn't make you a better of rapper either, no, either. Nor no, do you have, know, have to exactly. talk about that stuff. It's just the question is, well, if that's true, then why are you doing that? Like, why are you pretending to be this tired old cliche? Yeah.
1: you know, for fuck's sake. But stuff? with N.W.A., it was like it was gangster rap was a new thing and yes, it was yeah. brand new and, and the imagery of like connection the danger to their reality of, yeah, for yeah. sure they grew up in you know the, the, the in Compton and that sort of reality yeah. you know and it, and it created an image but now sort of having Post Malone yeah, coming out right. to sort of do a similar thing 25 years later yes. and uh, if you're going to
2: be that unoriginal then you think oh well then they must be compensating for that with Musical and... skill and production But no, no Or a really catchy song No
1: <laughs> Terrible now Anyway, anyway so, Alright uh, Tom up next is um, Camilla uh, Kaleba, uh Sorry Cabello Featuring Young Thug With Havana Three now, weeks th- Three weeks for this one Now look, look Tom I know you're a huge Fifth Harmony <laughs> fan You're about as big as it gets On sure. the Fifth Harmony You've got that uh, 5H tattoo on your ass <laughs> How did you feel when Camilla announced that she was leaving Fifth Harmony to go solo? Oh, look,
2: it was like when I heard that Zayn was leaving one Direction.
1: Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I know you've said to me, the thing about Fifth Harmony was that the whole is Mm. so much greater than the sum of the parts. Mm. Um, You know, (laughs) so was it, you know, oh no this is the end of Fifth Harmony, or I guess some excitement to see what Camilla would, would offer up solo. Probably the latter, I guess.
2: Yeah, or? well, much like when Zayn left One Direction, but then Harry did too. Yep. Originally, I was more of a Normani fan, but after I realised that the basketball she hits with her ass and the video for motivation was CGI, I, oh. I lost a lot of respect for oh, her. Oh, really? Then, you know, okay. So. Yeah, but yeah, look, definitely. (laughs) I mean, not for me, obviously, because I'm a huge fan, but could you remind our listeners uh, one of Fifth Harmony's many massive hits?
1: Um, there's there's too many to mention, Tom. There's so many, but look, um, Camilla. Here, not for me. No, obviously. no, not for you. But for the look, I let I let the general public do their own googling. Um, sure. there's, there's there's so many. It's sort of they're they're sort of um, the Destiny's Child of the modern era, some would say. So sure. Look, um, this is more more Latin flair, Tom. Oh uh, yes, this song. Yeah, so, that was having a moment. Too. Uh, I'm I'm not. Would this have been a hit without the success of Despacito? Do you think that? Um, you know, Daddy yeah. Yankee paved the way for, you know, sort of artists such as Ricky Martin um, and whoever fucking sang Amigos Para Sempre." <laughs> uh, do you think... I think that sort of... That Despacito was big and then people were saying I need more Latin influence in my life and then they sort of came across Havana, do you think? Or do you think it, this is just a song that stands alone as being a, 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 just a great pop song?
2: Well, I think a lot of that sort of... I don't even know what it's called, but the, that Miami club sound, the Derulo... Yep. Your, um,
0: yeah, <laughs> Derulo, okay, Derulo yeah.
2: Flowrider, Timberland yep. stuff, that sound from the last five years, that has Latin flavour to it oh, as yes. well. And this kind of, this sort of just seems to be like across, you know, a, a blend between that. You've got the start and the um, chorus, which has that sort of real Latin sound, but then the verses are very much sort of... Club, kind yep. of, that, that that particular production style. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me that someone would go, hey, why don't we just try this with a bit more, you know, Latin?" it worked for Gloria Estefan oh, in the 80s, let's no have it another go at it. And you know, Gloria it works for J-Lo too, she yep. did that as well, the sort of dance, Latin...
1: Latin tinge dance. And That's as we cool. know, Gloria Estefan um, went on to teach Shakira English. So That's
2: right, yeah. yes. You just have to be careful, though, because the rhythm is going to get you, Ben. <laughs> it
1: will, especially if the at... rhythm doesn't teach you about tax <laughs> and <laughs> how right. you need to yeah. pay it. She yeah. should have got that from
2: fucking Shakira while she was teaching her English. Yeah. She absolutely. wait, get her fucking bank account in the co- Cocos Island.
1: Yeah. Now, this was co-written by Pharrell.
2: Ah, that makes sense.
1: It is catchy as fuck. Look, you know how people used to say shit like, um, if Bill Gates dropped a hundred bucks on the street, you know, it would cost him more to to pick it up than it would to work, Mm. you know, that sort of thing, (laughs) which is fucking stupid because that's not how money works. Um, You know, it doesn't really work like that. It's not like if Bill Gates stops to pick up the hundred dollars, he stops earning the money that he would (laughs) have, you know, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. But look, Do you think that Pharrell, if, say, his car breaks down and he's like, oh, fuck, I need to get this towed then you know, take it to the repair place and talk to the dudes about getting it repaired and, you know, my car's sort of like a vintage car, rare sort of car. He'd probably have a very sort of, you know, nice vintage car, hard to get the parts for. Do you think that for Pharrell it's just easier to sort of, you know, get an Uber home, leave the car there forever, maybe torch the car, just sort of get home immediately, <laughs> write a new song, and then you know, offload it to someone like, say, Camilla, Camilla, and then use the proceeds to, to buy a new car. Do you think that's sort of where Pharrell is, where it's somewhat easier to just write a song mm. and get the money from that to do something than it is to repair some broken <laughs> bullshit? Well, maybe like five years ago when he was. When, he,
2: when Ed Sheeran was going around to his house to write number ones, and he was doing two other number ones at the same time yep. by putting on a false moustache, <laughs> pretending exactly. to have diarrhoea, going up and down in an elevator, etc. Oh, got to go. Um, <laughs> Charles in Charge style. For sure. Like, maybe then, but at this point, it does seem like he might possibly be on the downslope a okay. bit, you know, like... I mean, like so many things in the world today, can we blame Ed Sheeran for that? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, Pharrell's still a big name, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he might have peaked a bit. Yeah. Or maybe the sound that he was best at but he's
1: always reinventing himself Tom we don't know what's going to happen
2: next year I don't (laughs)
0: know that's true maybe
2: he is I I am only familiar with mainly the one style plus his one style plus that time when he heard Daft Punk and started doing a bit more Daft Punk but I think the last time he appeared on these charts was doing the song for Despicable Me
3: yeah for sure
2: yeah anyway look uh, Havana is about Camille uh, falling in love with this bad boy from Havana is also an ode to her hometown. Uh, Camila was... Am I pronouncing her name right? Camila or Camilla? I'm just going to say Camila, if it's something else there. I think it's yeah. Camilla, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. She was born in Cojumar uh, which I'm also probably pronouncing wrong, Kohima, which is a district of Havana. Camila immigrated to the US when she was still a kid. Quote, I was almost seven at the time, born in Havana, Cuba, My papa is puro Mexicano and we lived back and forth between the heat of Havana and the concrete jungle of Mexico City. I didn't realise it then, but boy, does it hit me now. I realise how scary it must have been for them. Uh, Not sure how much nightclubbing Camilla was doing in Grade 2, but those steamy Havana nights (laughs) clearly made an impression on her. Um, Either way, this stuff definitely does well in Australia, even when it's not in English. Uh, Despacito was the first Spanish-language billboard number one since... Uh, the Macarena But on the Arias We also had the unforgettable The Ketchup song Oh yeah And of course La Bamba A song which is in Spanish The same way the Swedish chef From the Muppets speaks Swedish But still big hit You know I mean yeah It's like Pink We clearly have an affinity With those fiery Latinos ben. Oh
1: absolutely yeah. No <laughs> doubt But I mean yeah. the
2: question is Do you think this song Evokes you know Steamy Latin American nights South of the border uh, look
1: metaphorically and literally look tom i'm a big fan of um dirty dancing Two havana nights <laughs> and uh, i think it's probably <laughs> sure. the the superior film in that sort of um you know sure. in that the dirty dancing universe if mm. i can say that and this song's probably better than anything off that soundtrack so yeah i how, dare say that this how do you feel about good. the forbidden dance bit oh the La labamba yeah it's mm. it's the lambada, I, not I, the, the lamb. <laughs> it's easy to confuse the, the two. Lambarda, as a kid, yeah. I'm pretty sure I thought no. they were the same Look, thing. I, I do like, yeah, exactly, yeah. No, it's it's it is forbidden for good reason. Um, <laughs> but I do enjoy. It's so that forbidden as well.
2: that I think at the time there were perhaps three uh, movies full-length motion <laughs> about pictures about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Same, not exactly in a right. cheesy
1: attempt. To no. Not at no, 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 not at all. Yeah. That's right. Um, look, this was used in a Mastercard commercial, uh, Tom. Shame. Where um, what happened was we saw uh, Camilla walking through Manhattan, oh, okay, paying for people's cupcakes and coffee, yep. um, using the, her Mastercard. And the spot ran during the Grammy Awards <laughs> shortly after she opened uh, the broadcast. What an imagination and what I like have. most about incredible, isn't it? Yeah, what I like most about that ad placement is that it so effortlessly matches perfectly with a song about meeting a guy in Havana, doesn't it? So Because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, what's the tiny... Oh, I'm in New York City. I'm paying for people's cupcakes and, and coffee. Oh, great. Mirrors... <sighs> Perfectly. Imagine on the how song. much
2: some fucking cocaine nostril twat got paid to come up oh, with. Oh, exactly, right, exactly. So look, look, um look by comparison, yep. the video for this I quite liked. Oh, I yeah. have to admit. Did you see this? I one? did, I did, yeah. It's uh, Dave Myers directed it. It starts off for quite a while looking like a, a telenovela. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Mexican sort of uh, soap soapy. And it's pretty elaborate as well. It's not terrible. There's like, I think, I don't know if it's someone from the band or maybe it's uh what's his face young thug playing a sort of stereotypical south american mother yeah yeah just was just a guy wearing a muumuu basically but he's quite amusing and it's got and then it sort of cuts to this other bit which is like this alternative life featuring um uh cabela as a sort of um kind of uh what what do you call it um uh you get about five a minutes Cinderella of action. Cinderella figure, yeah. yeah before, there's the, like before the video, yeah, the song there's kicks like in, The yeah. joke telenovela, then there's the, her real life, which is living this, and then the song actually starts, which is, unfortunately, it then immediately kind of ruins all that fun premise by setting up this ridiculous meet cute where she bumps into
1: a guy oh. who
2: runs into her on a 10-speed on the footpath and yeah. then, oh, look, let's go out and be in a romance. And I
1: guess that was sort of trying to sort of connect into the first bit about the sort of telly novella thing but it didn't quite work yeah yeah.
2: i couldn't i couldn't tell whether it was supposed to be bad on purpose or whether it was like supposed to be realistic by comparison you know because like the wacky parents are going oh stop watching that romance and get out of your house and get get
1: outside and yeah Yeah, the the first part of the video was way more interesting than yeah you're right when the song actually kicked in yeah yeah. like you say it's nearly as long as
2: the actual song though anyway unfortunately as soon as she meets that guy, they go into a club and then it turns into the usual sort of oh, Derulo nightclub.
1: Exactly, very generic
2: yeah. after that. So I've got to say, they, I quite like this song, man. Yep. It's it's not terrible. I say this is in my top three for this year, at least, although given the competition, that might be like <laughs> bros, yeah. Dave the Hobo is in my, <laughs> my
1: top three piss flavours. But Yeah, look, yeah. no, I think I agree. Yeah, it's definitely pretty catchy. Um,
2: and it's got more life to it than like Sam Smith or something. At least it's trying to make you...
1: Have exactly. Fun and move your feet, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Right. No, I'd agree with that. So yeah. So Cumulus starts the track off. Um, then you obviously the the catchy sort of um,
0: mm-hmm. uh, chorus. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And then Young Thug shows up and um, sings this line, Tom. (laughs) Shorty cakin' on me, got the bacon on me. So fuck knows what he's talking about. It sounds
2: like he's been bitten by the Katy Perry cannibalism fetish. (laughs) And he's turning himself into a delicious croak monsieur for Shorty to nibble on. Yeah, I don't
1: really know what he's doing. But look, unlike Post Malone's rap name generator, Young Thug (laughs) probably just went, well, I'm young, and I'm a thug, so I'll use that. Um, hey, it's he was expe- more interesting
2: than most of the lines in that DJ Khaled song.
1: I know. He was expelled from school in grade 6 for breaking <laughs> a teacher's arm and spent four Ooh. years in juvenile detention, but he had hip-hop to fall back on, so that was okay. Mm,
2: well, that is definitely thuggish behaviour. So, yeah, so,
1: look, at least his name is apt. Um, although in 2018, young thug felt the need to rebrand himself as sex. Uh, for a <laughs> short <laughs> amount of time Just called him out sex In all capitals <laughs> oh, He just said I'm no, now known as Sex um, Unfortunately This was like When Snoop Dogg Went Snoop Line It just couldn't last mm. So now he's renowned As his Young Thug again But look he, Young Thug is a fashion icon Tom Yeah uh, And I'm not talking about The way that uh, Kanye West is a fashion icon um, Young Thug's wearing All kinds of crazy shit He's just, he's all over the place with the fashion. He's a fashion icon. And he was interviewed about this and asked about that. And he said this quote, Tom, I am fashion, end quote. So there you go. So that's the last word on that. I don't need to say any more about it. He said it, I am fashion. I won't disagree with that. You know, you can check out, just go to Google Images, check out Young Thug, you'll see that he is fashion. And that's all you need to know about Young Thug. That's right.
2: That's that's the most convincing putting your foot down that I've heard since Fuck
1: yeah
3: uh,
2: That guy saying I am fucking colour me bad <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I am colour me bad <laughs> <laughs> When I believe there was a dispute about
2: who was the remaining members of colour me
1: bad <laughs> I am colour me bad Now I am fashion The only thing I hope though for Young Thug is as we've learned from other hip hoppers that are fashion they can go off the rails <laughs> So let's hope that Young Thug doesn't go Rogue Kanye song, stays on those fashion so, yep. <laughs> sure. uh, lyrics uh, yeah I mean that
2: probably the most interesting one that you mentioned here uh, she comes up with uh, he didn't walk up with that how you doing when he came in the room he said there's a lot of girls I can do with but I can't without you I knew him forever in a minute that summer night in June and Papa says he got Marlow in him, which just means he's the bad boy, Ben. Okay, Yeah. But yeah, that's about as interesting as it gets. Fantastic. You know? the que- oh, there was one thing. Um, at first I thought that Hav- Havana Una Now nah, was just some nonsense and she couldn't be bothered thinking up with a better rhyme for Havana like banana or yep. manana or vagina <laughs> Whatever. but I think I think "Una Na" nah is the the Spanish version of "Ooh La La." Oh, it's like okay. an expression. It's like "Una Na," nah, nah, nah. nah, nah. so like, yeah. Ooh. So it's okay. not
1: quite as silly as I that's, had imagined. That's good. Okay, should have written it with manana though, because everyone, everyone knows what that is <laughs> Yeah. Means, so. Anyway, so, I'm, so I'm not here also. to write. I'm not here to write the songs for these guys.
0: So <laughs> no, gonna...
1: no. Um, 38 mil for Camilla Obviously, she's got a lot of fans from her Fifth Harmony days. <laughs> sure. uh, young Thug, 25 mil. You know he. Is fashion, so of fucking course hell. he's got a
3: lot of he's people out. Well, he's, he's
1: fashion, Tom. People love <laughs> that's that. That's true. And this will cost you $14. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Mm. Uh, last song of the year, Tom. We're there. Sure. Um, I don't want to talk about this very long because it's fucking more Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck me For those that didn't get enough Ed Sheeran at the start of the year, he's back with another number one at the end of the year. And this is so. So so, it's so much worse than the shape of you. If you could possibly believe it's that, perfect. This is it's called perfect. Mm, appropriately um, named. Eight weeks, three Jesus three weeks this Christ. year, then five more next year. Um, yep. Look, um, hell. I often quote other people on this on that. So I'm <laughs> gonna. Uh, this is my quote time. Quote. This is written for the weddings of people with acquired brain injuries. End quote. Oh God, yeah. It seems like a wedding, like a wedding <laughs> song, but for just total fuckwits. Was that you, you quoting? That's yourself? me quoting myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Look, I can't argue with that. Is he, written, is he Is this just like, oh, people are going to need wedding songs. I'm going to do this.
2: I know like, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. The Perfect is an old-fashioned love ballad inspired by and dedicated to Ed's then fiance, now-wife, yeah. Cherry Seaborn. Uh, it's the fourth single from his 2017 album, The Divided By Button on a Calculator, <laughs> uh, which yeah. seems clever if you're Ed Sheeran. Uh, he explained his motivation for writing Perfect in an interview with Music Choice. Uh, I think the song Perfect is actually better than Thinking Out Loud. Right. <laughs> I think there was always a scare that thinking out loud would define me and define my career. I mean it kept me up at night certainly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I wrote a lot of songs trying to beat it and now I think I think I have beaten it. Uh, in case you've forgotten thinking out loud, well done, skip this next part. Uh, that was the one where he talks about how he'll be loving his girlfriend till he's seventy yep. and then they broke up six months later. That's true. Uh, that was his previous go to wedding song for people with acquired brain injuries. <laughs> ben. So yeah, it's so he's really on. so really he's taken the title from himself in a completely unnecessary move you know yep. I mean I suppose an artist needs to push themselves but normally you don't push yourself by you know if you give yourself diarrhoea by eating a curry that's way too hot by going to the Indian restaurant next week and trying Getting to ask hot. them if they've got a worse one that yeah. you can... Yeah. I mean, also, what aspect of Ed Sheeran is perfect, Ben? Did this remind you of the film starring Perfect, starring Jamie Lee Curtis in John Travolta? <laughs> it did, yeah. Did Absolutely. that remind you of the video for Call yeah. On Me and make you a wish you were talking about that instead of this fucking hot dog shit? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it reminded me of, um, uh, I think, that Hoobastank song where it starts off with the lyric... I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> if you remember that, yeah, which is right. um, fucking. Remember when? Uh, remember there was a period where alleged even new metal, which was weak to begin with. Remember when it got to the point where it's like was just like soft rock. Yeah. But they were still like going. Yeah. Bro, we're in. I'm in like a fucking hard as as new metal yeah. band. Just dudes with like pants that were like those. With the the flared things that were wider than regular flared. It reminded me of that fucking
2: song, Delilah, which is theoretically supposed to be a punk song, but in actual fact just sounds like the dodgiest, creepiest, stalkeriest shit. And it also manages to wank on about how good he is in the song as well, like that. There's all these kind of... Un, unasked questions and statements yeah, about you know garbage. I'll be making history and stuff like that and yeah, yeah you'll be making history
1: with this song about how shit you are writing songs exactly right yeah. exactly look you're right Tom though about when Ed talked about um Thinking out loud. You may recall that was co-written um, with Amy Wadge. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> Amy Wadge.
2: Oh, was that the one where she yeah, couldn't she did, afford yeah. the
1: mortgage payments yeah. and went round to yeah. his house and yeah? He's, she's like, "Yo, um, I can't, yeah, I can't pay my mortgage. Can you put some old song we wrote together on yeah. your album?" as like a bonus track so I can get yeah. some songwriting and he credits. managed to he and then the wrote. Story. and then they wrote a song together and it was real big and so yeah. so I think yeah as you said like Ed's so at the that was his biggest song but he had there was like a co-writing credit on that yeah. so he was like I actually want the biggest song of my career to be just me just yeah. Ed just uh, just me on the songwriting thing no co-writing but unfortunately um the biggest song of his career ended up being um something that he co-wrote with TLC Mm-hmm. Well, um, not really, but, you know, that he sort yeah. of borrowed from. So, yeah, look, uh, the music video for this, though, Tom... Have you seen <laughs> the music video for this? Um, oh, It's <laughs> like a <that> Richard <laughs> fucking Curtis movie. This is ridiculous. He said, I came up with the idea... Uh, for the video because I like Christmas.
2: Boring, um, boring,
1: can't. There's God. not enough Christmas music videos out nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted snow and romance. The song, <laughs> but but this is the best part, Tom. <laughs> the song's cheesy anyway. No shit. So I thought we may as well go like full-blown Swiss cheese on it. So look, at least he's willing to admit that it is. Just some fucking garbage cheese fest. I like
2: the idea that he thinks the cheese level in this song is any kind of deviation from the songs he normally does. (laughs) Of course. Which are like diving face first into an Olympic swimming pool full of fondue. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, Ed. Now there's fake snow in the music video. You've really sprinkled an extra handful of parmesan into the deep end there.
1: So yeah, so despite the song having no references to Christmas or snow whatsoever, he opted for a wintry theme for the video, but he did say this. Um, He revealed that 1990s boy band East 17's hit Stay Another Day inspired the (laughs) clip. Quote, that's not a Christmas song, but it has snow in the video. Mm. They're all in their puffer jackets in the snow and it's become a Christmas song. I'm like, that's really clever. It oh, yeah. so gets played every year because it's got snow in the video, so with perfect. I thought, right, let's put snow on it. So every what we've what I've learned today about Ed Sheeran <laughs> is that every decision he makes appears to have some sort of financial end goal. Yeah. I.e. Galway Girl, song's garbage, but fuck, they're gonna play it all the time on you yeah. know Pat St. Patrick's Day. So let's get that in there. This song here, perfect. It's got yeah. nothing to do with Christmas. Let's make a wintry Christmas video so they play it all the time yeah. at Christmas, even like that, East 17, so I can get some even money even off it. viral video of him when he's drunk in that in that
2: alleyway with that other fuckwit doing yep. white rap to someone else's beat. That was called the Nando Skank. You know, maybe at the back of his drunken brain he's thinking, hey... If this gets picked up, Nando's commercial, yep. straight, you know, that's another million in the pocket. I guess you could say that this is kind of like what we were saying with Taylor Swift, where it's hard to tell whether he just has appalling taste in music, as all of his songs well, I would think suggest, he does, yeah. or whether he's actually cynically
1: calculating. I suppose it can be both. I think it's, you know? ca- I think it's calculating. I think that every decision he makes, and yeah. that explains why the music's so bad, because it all has a sort of financial end goal of how can I yeah. monetize this, and he's sort of writing songs yes. that he thinks people will, yeah. you know, stream yeah. on Spotify. So therefore, quality is out the window, yeah. or innovation. It's just bland bullshit it's that really he
2: gets. It, it's like he's got the sort of
1: mind, personality, and
2: physical appearance yep. of someone who should be in an office writing songs for other people. Yeah, you know, he turns out. <laughs> songs and you know if he writes 10 a week and one of them's half decent or 100 a year and one of them's half decent yeah then you know that's enough to get money you know but instead of doing that he somehow become a fucking front of the stage performer yeah you know just sort of gormlessly slouching playing at acoustic at a weird angle yeah and then doing interviews where he says shit like that like, I was trying to write a better wedding song to beat my other shit-boring wedding song, and then I thought, hey, if I put snow in the video, maybe it'll be a it Christmas time. wedding song as well. Fuck I off. Mean, I mean, you don't just listen to a recording of yourself and thinking, gee, I sound really, I sound like a really basic wedding. as fucking yep. vanilla as shit in this. <sighs> yeah, yep.
1: anyway. Why would you... What sort of artistic decision inspired (laughs) you to make this video? Oh, I hope they'd play it at Christmas time all the time. Once again,
2: again as well, if you had a sense of humour and you realise they have the self-awareness to go, hey, I'm really famous, it literally doesn't matter what I say. In fact, the weirder I say, the more publicity I'll get. Then he could have said, that's supposed to be cocaine Mm. or something. Like, you know, what, you're going to lose... Like, some 12-year-old's parents aren't going to like you anymore. Yeah, People
1: exactly. People have been
2: talking about that for a year. Ugh.
1: But no. Anyway, this sucks. This
2: is the dullest possible answer to a dull question about a dull video for a dull song. What uh, lyric Lord.
1: highlights you got, Tom? You got something? Hit me oh, with it. Oh,
2: God. Okay. Baby, I'm dancing in the dark with you between my arms. That's shit writing. Jesus. Barefoot on the grass, listening to our favourite song. Presumably not this pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> when you said you looked a mess, I whispered underneath my breath, but you heard it, darling. You look perfect tonight. Right. Again, very heavy emphasis placed on the physical appearance of his partner. Yep. Obviously, in Eleven, like Ed, the Nando skank, Sheeran can't settle for any old butterface off the street, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's in love with the shape of you. Yeah. Mm, look... I don't know what else to say. Apart from anything else, it reminds me of that fucking... What's that incredibly saccharine Ed Clapton song? The Darling You Look Wonderful Tonight. Uh, Oh, yeah. From like 50 years ago, which is basically this song anyway. Oh, man. It's just this this kind of thing. I read that thing you said about E17 and I was like... Man, I wish I was listening to the best of East
1: Seventeen. Right oh yeah,
0: alright, alright. Oh yeah, I'd oh, take right. ten
1: listens to that over one of these, for fuck's sake. Yep, for sure. No, absolutely. Um, Seventy-five mil, as you mentioned at the top of this episode, with The shape of you. This will cost you three dollars. So this is half, This this song is half as good as The shape of you, based on the <laughs> the resale value on Discogs. Um, yeah. So look, anything else to
2: say about that? no no this year was tough I mean there was not there there wasn't many songs but you know the quality level there
1: were well there were you know um, an Ed Sheeran song at 15 weeks we had Daddy Yankee and uh, Louis Fonzie at 13 weeks we had a 7 week um, Post Malone song so what's that 15, 13, 28, and... 17. Yeah, so 35 weeks out of the year were taken yeah, up by three pretty shit songs. Yeah. So, yeah. look, 2018 should be... Will it be better? There'll probably be more Ed. Well, Pink it, will probably <laughs> fucking show up again. It starts oh. off
2: with five weeks of perfect by Ed Sheeran, so it really can <laughs> only go uphill from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, yes, very much so. Yeah, look, there's there's... Must be better songs than that. so mm. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, check out the uh, YouTube playlist. You yes, can watch all the music videos. To There's an Instagram where I don't do anything on there at all, but please sign up. I'll probably post something on there one day. Uh, yeah. And yeah. we will see you next week for 2018. Um, I should just mention real quick that um, Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran was the top song of the year to reach not number one so that only made it to number two so more Ed Sheer in the (laughs) videos to talk about Um, but also uh, something like this The Chainsmokers and Coldplay also only reached number two terrible and also um, I should point out Thunder by Imagine Dragons which is one of the worst songs I've heard probably of the whole 2010s (laughs) Lightning and the thunder, if you know that I don't one, Tom. I know that one. Oh, it's it's absolute oh dog man, shit. So this is a tough times, yeah. So I'm just looking at the songs that didn't hit number one. Um, Quavo shows up again, so good on Quavo. Um, but yeah, just just I, a bunch I of garbage. I was
2: legit so, yeah. keen to do a special with the uh, the last the last four decades most played songs. Oh, we might do a Spotify, talk. which are running, don't, we're running Which bear almost no resemblance to the charts at yep. all, which just goes to show, you know, there was, the, the U, there was a UK version published. We've been trying to find the Australian one, but
0: yeah. It's
1: we'll track hard. it down. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll try and do that. Um, enjoy your holiday festive season. We might not yes. have another podcast up to the new year. Um, so take care and... Happy holidays Yeah
2: listen to that Mariah Carey song Just give up You're going to hear it anyway Lean into it I say Exactly And wham (laughs) Farewell See ya